It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with The Mixed Martial Arts Hour back in your life. On this Monday, February 16th, 2016, I lied. It's actually February 15th. I'm so excited for February 16th. That is, in fact, my son Walter's second birthday, so I'm thinking about the 16th. It's the 15th. My bad. Hello again, everyone. I'm Ariel Hawani inside our New York City studio. Happy birthday to my son Walter. I love him dearly. He'll be watching this in 10 years. Why? Because this is a historic day, my friends. This is a big episode of the MMA Hour. You see him right there. The hottest free agent in sports today. The funk master himself, Aljamain Sterling, in studio, live and in living color. We'll get to him in a second. So just keep your hair on. Yeah, I was going to say keep your hat on. Um, we'll get to him in a second. Let me run down today's show because there's a lot to get to today. By the way, today is actually a holiday here in the United States. So if you're celebrating President's Day... Uh, if you're at home, kicking back, relaxing, uh, celebrating George Washington's birthday, I hope you're doing so, watching this show live to find out where this man will be fighting next. If you are in the great province of Ontario, Alberta, British Columbia, it's family day. Did you know that? Yeah. It's family day. Did you know that? Yeah. I have a very big family. Okay. Yeah, that's right. We learned about that uh, last time you were on yeah. the show in studio. That was back in April. Anyway, uh, it's family day in uh, Alberta. In um, PEI, it's Islander Day. In Manitoba, it's Luis Real Day. In Nova Scotia, it's Nova Scotia Heritage Day. But here on the MMA Hour, it's Funkmaster Day because, as I mentioned, Aljamain Sterling is going to announce in a matter of moments where he will be fighting next, which promotion he has signed with. On top of all of that, at 2 o'clock, we'll be joined in studio by... Damien Maya, legend himself, Damien Maya. Let me press uh, play right over there. Okay. Um, we'll also be joined at 310 by Phil Baroni. 330, we're going to be joined by Chris Holdsworth to talk about his future. He's now coaching, as you heard last week on uh, this very show. Chad Mendez told us that he's uh, more of a full-time coach these days at Team Alpha Male. We'll also be joined by the World Series of Fighting Bantamweight champion, Marlon Moraes. Will this man be fighting Marlon in the upcoming future? We'll find out. And at 4 o'clock, to keep with this theme of free agency and whatnot, Alistair Overeem, who just announced at the top of uh, the hour that he has re-signed with the UFC, he alerted the world via Twitter, he'll be joining us at 4 o'clock Eastern time to talk about why he has chosen to re-sign with the UFC, what's next for him, all that good stuff and more. We'll also hear from you throughout the show. Hit us up using the hashtag Hour or leave a question or comment in the comment section below. But first, let us get to the man in studio right here, Funkmaster himself, Aljamain Sterling. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. So you're about to, in a few minutes, announce where you have re-signed. Have you actually put pen to paper, or are you going to do that later? We've actually put pen to paper. So okay. So it's, um, it's good to go, ready to go, and uh, we'll see who's going to be the first opponent to get strangled next. So Okay, but before we get to that, this process, which really came to light, like, I think people started to recognize that you were a free agent right before your fight against Johnny Eduardo in December, right? Yeah. So it's been two months, December to January, January to February, right? Yeah, just about, yeah. It's been two months. Did you enjoy it? Was it everything? Because this is, this is a new trend. Like in other sports, NBA, MLB, free agency is a normal part of an athlete's life. For MMA, it's becoming a new thing. Did you like the process? Was it everything that you thought it was going to be? I, I did enjoy the process. I thought I was a little bit... Uh... I guess uneasy about it at first because I just wasn't sure exactly what was going to happen. I mean, of course, because you never know where you're going to end up. But uh, it was it was an interesting process for sure, and I think I learned a lot from it. Okay. And, um, 
Yeah, so uh, I'm excited, man. I'm excited about the uh, decision, so we'll see what happens. Are you happy? Are you happy with the way things turned out? I am happy. You are? I'm 100% happy with my decision, and uh, I think I got a better deal for myself than I originally would have had. Okay, so. so there were some talks before your last fight about signing a deal before the contract ran out. You think that by rolling the dice on yourself, by playing out that last fight, you ended up in a better spot? 100%. I think... Um, I believe in myself, you know, 100% confidence in, in, in my skill set and my team. So for me to go out there and kind of shortchange myself and knowing that I'm going to be able to bring something bigger to the table in, in, in due time when I actually get the opportunities to, to yeah. uh, showcase my skills on a, on a bigger platform, I should say. So when I do get that opportunity, I know I'm going to be bringing in that money. So for me to uh, take what was originally offered, would have been uh, dis- I, it would have been bad in terms of my... Uh, I don't even know. I I got lost for words right now, but okay. uh, it would just, it just wouldn't have been good for what I what I know I bring to the table. So I just didn't want to just go out there and just take anything just because it was the offer that was initially on the table. Because that's why they call it renegotiations. You sure. know, you renegotiate and both both sides should be happy. You know, right. it's not just here's a here's an offer, take it or leave it. It shouldn't be like that. And unlike some others, in particular, Alistair Overeem, like Overeem didn't want to talk about his contract situation. Like he was almost offended. When I asked him about it, you were very open. You were talking about the process. You did a great article with Mike Chipetta at uh, Bleach Report. You talked about it with me, with others. Why were you so open about it? Why did you say, all right, this is the right way to go? Just let me lay the cards out on the table here so everyone understands where I'm at. Why did you go that way? You know, mostly it was because I got, I got a, some backlash from some fans who was talking about uh, me being playing the victim and I was implying the race card and all kinds of crazy stuff. And I, was just, I just wasn't happy with that. So I just wanted to lay down on the table exactly why I was feeling the way I was, why I was so frustrated, because I, I felt like I did everything the right way. I finished my last three opponents. I won my last four fights. I won my, all my fights. You right. know what I'm saying? So for me to do all those things and then kind of have that offer placed in front of me, it's kind of like, well, I was hoping that you know, I would get something better because I'm like, before, my, before the last fight, the one with uh, Mizugaki, I was like, all right, that was the money fight. Yeah. I, just, I came in unranked, choked out a guy. In, a, in such a way that hasn't been done since 1999. Damian Maia hasn't even done that. I don't mm. think he's ever even done that before. So for me to do something like that, and I love Damian Maia, he's a great grappler, but for, for me to do that as an unranked fighter, come in and do that to the number six ranked guy in the world who fought for a world title in the WEC, fought the top guys in the division, and get offered what I got offered, it was kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm on a high, and it was just like, ah. It yeah. just came, everything just came crashing down for me, and I was like, nah, man, this, is, this ain't right, and I, I want something that's going to make me happy, and... um yeah, so I feel like I did all the right things, and I, I, I've been vocal, and now people can see exactly why I felt the way I felt. It wasn't more so just complaining, ha- having my hand out like, I, I'm entitled to this. Sure. Now, I, I understand the market. I understand why it works the way it does, especially even now. I understand why it works the way it does even better. What do you better. mean by that? In terms of bringing in the numbers. If sure. He, and you look at Conor McGregor. He's a perfect example. He brings in the numbers, so he deserves what he gets paid, every single penny. And um, I even understand Sage's point. So... For them to pay him what they pay him, I get it. Although he's not a very talented fighter, he's gonna put but <laughs> he's gonna put fights, he's gonna put people in the seats. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that's not that's not a shot of him. I think he's got a, a crazy upside, crazy potential. But I just don't think he's there. And the exposure that he was given so early in his career, at 19 years old, I think you let the kid develop a little bit more before you throw him in there with someone who actually really knows what they're doing. Because now you kind of kill that hype train, and it's unfortunate for him. But 
now people are probably going to be looking at him like, oh, now I want to see how he bounces back. So I get it. He has a following. People are going to want to see how he does and everything like that. So it has to make sense. So if you're, you're asking for a number where you're not actually bringing in those numbers yourself, it's kind of like you're not really just, it's not really justified. But again, when you're in the highest organization, the, the pinnacle of the sport, yeah, all these young fighters, you know, I came up growing up, oh, I can't wait to be in the UFC. I can't, can't wait to be able to fight on TV in front of everybody. It was only, almost synonymous, MMA and yep. the UFC. If you weren't in the UFC and you weren't talking about fighting in the UFC, people were kind of looking at you and it's just like, well, oh, you, you, you fight, but you know, I don't really understand what you do. But when you tell them, oh, I fight in the UFC, it's like, oh, now I get it. Now, now I see exactly what you do. You do that, do that crazy sport. I'm like, yeah, it's not really crazy. It's kind of it's controlled, but yeah, right. that's in the I, cage yeah, and all that. Yeah, so that's pretty much the uh, that's pretty much what I came to understand throughout this entire process. You got to bring in the numbers. I just feel like I didn't get my my fair shake on getting a chance to prove myself to show that I can bring in those numbers if you give me the opportunity to put me on a platform where I can display my skill set. And I feel like even though I was buried on the prelims, I was able to do a phenomenal job with promoting myself, promoting all my fights. And I think the message got out there that I'm a great fighter and I got I, I speak well and I, I do all the right things. I'm not by any means a bad kid, I would say. So I feel like I do it. I'm a company guy. I do the right things. And Good things happen to good people if you know you put in the hard work and effort. And that's a great point. I think that you are infinitely more popular today, as we sit here today on February fifteenth, than like the week of the Eduardo fight. Like what you've done in the last two months to keep yourself in the news, to make this into a thing, even today to make this into announcement shows. There's a lot going on here. Like you understand the branding side of things, the entertainment side of things. Would you agree with that assessment? Forget about the fact when you were here in April with Eddie Gordon before the Mizugaki fight. Like you were really under the radar. Now it feels like you are someone that the fans on social media and everything talk about because you were able to, you know, with the chain and all that. A lot has changed in the last two months. Yeah. Do you agree? Yeah, 100%. And um, I definitely agree with that. I feel like I was able to... Use the platform I was given and take advantage of the whole situation and spin it in a way where it played out in my favor with or without the help of anybody else, you know. So um, I definitely want to thank all the media outlets for, for doing their job and helping to, to promote my story and promote, promote it in a positive way, not make it look like I'm, I'm trying to start a revolution or anything. Because that's, that's not ultimately what I was doing. I was looking out for number one because at the end of the day, no one's going to look out for number one like you are. So. Right. That's the way I'm looking at this. I'm 26. I got a couple more years before I'm 30. You know, I want to be in my prime making making the, the big money, you know, money where I can actually save up and put it away to do something. I don't want to make just enough and be able to just say later on in life, oh, I was a UFC fighter. Like, that's cool and all, but if you don't have anything to show for it, you're going to be all crippled up and limping everywhere and cuts all over your face and, you know, aching. I don't want to be resentful to the sport. I want to be able to leave the sport on a high note, knowing that I got something out of it and I, I took advantage of it and used it to, to my advantage and hopefully develop some some businesses along the way. And I'm, I'm thinking long-term. I'm not thinking just about now. I am thinking about now, but I'm also looking out for my future. All right. Let's not beat around the bush anymore. I could tell. I could just feel the people online telling me, all right, all right I'll get to it. Where is he fighting next already. for damn sake? Okay. <laughs> so here, here's what we got. Here's what we got. We've got... The new, look at that World Series of Fighting logo. That is the new World Series of Fighting logo right over there. So we've got some logos here. That's going to go right over there, World Series of Fighting. Okay, here we have, you know this one. This is Bellator MMA. They just caught the big fish, Benson Henderson, a couple weeks ago. You heard that first on this show. World Series of Fighting has, of course, Marlon Marais, their champion, who will be joining us later. That's very interesting. So so we have World Series, World Series, excuse me. We have Bellator right over there. Uh, you know these three letters. 
That is the UFC, the Ultimate Fighting Championship. I don't know if you guys are familiar with them at home. That is where Mr. Sterling last fought, the UFC. There it is. Put that over there. And, of course, we have 1FC, who's uh, making some big moves over in Asia. Uh, they've got an interesting bantamweight named Bibiano Fernandez. So could this be the next home of one Aljamain Sterling? So I'm going to put that. I'm just going to slide this over because my arms actually aren't long enough so <laughs> these are our four logos in my opinion the four biggest organizations the ones that i feel like and, and after it's going to be interesting you didn't consult with me and also what you didn't consult with me about was i don't even know where you're signing no. did you notice i didn't even ask you no, no I, I was actually happy about that. a natural reaction to this whole thing and you've done a nice job of keeping this quiet no leaks no nothing so We've got the logos right here. Anything before you announce you want to say about this? Or is it, did I miss an organization that you talked to that isn't here? Or is this pretty much cover it all? Uh, the think, serious ones. I was going to say, I think you missed Cage Fury. Oh, the, no, no. Oh, okay. I'll be like, <laughs> wow, that's where I used to fight, though. So, I know. Yeah. CFFC, Ring of Combat. I didn't think those were going to be major players with all due respect no, no. to them. Yeah, I know. I know. All right. Fair enough. All right. So here it is. Um, Aljamain Sterling about to on live web stream. I was going to say television, not quite. One day we'll get there. Uh, is going to announce where he'll be fighting next. Um, without further ado, the floor is yours. Can we get a little drum roll here? There it is. So here right. we go. The floor is yours, my friend. Let us know. Where will you be fighting next? There it is. Oh, oh, oh. He's picking it up. Oh, oh. He, okay, now he's <laughs> he's going to World Series for a second there. All right, here it is, There guys. it is. It is here the it UFC. Is. Here it is. We're back. You we are, are back. back. You are back. We are back. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. How do you feel? I feel good. I know there's a couple guys who, who claim they want to fight me now so yeah. all of a sudden. So let's see if those guys are going to stick to their guns. And now that I'm back, let's see if um, they're going to actually want to step up and actually fight me. Okay, so wait a second. You, uh, not that long ago, four or five days ago, I saw you talking some smack to the Bellator guys, oh. Caldwell and Warren. He doesn't want that heat. Were you throwing us a curveball there? Because I think after that, a lot of people were thinking, all right, he's going to Bellator. I thought... I thought Bellator was the front runner for a second because they need a little more juice at 135. Ultimately, why did you decide to stay with the UFC? The contract was a lot more lucrative than the original offer. So in terms of the upfront money and the uh, back-end money, in terms of becoming the champ and things like that, there was a lot more to offer with those guys, and they, uh, they superseded. So ultimately, it, it, there's a whole bunch of different things that go into it. The marketing the uh, publicity, mm -hmm. and of course, you can't really put a value on, I guess, the UFC name, you know? That that alone has value in itself where you, like I said earlier, you you go out there and you say, I fight for the UFC, people automatically know exactly what that is. Right. Whether or not they watch it, but they know exactly what that is, you know? So, ultimately, I think I made the right decision and um, I got some extra incentives in there. So oh, nice. I'm, I'm happy with the decision I made, so... I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm excited because I, I honestly believe I am the best guy in the division. I think I have a, a style that a lot of people don't really have an answer for. People, they're, they're, I guess they're skeptical of my hands because I don't really box. I'm like, well, why would I need a box if I have the cheat code and you can't get past my legs? <laughs> right. It's like playing a video game and I just keep hitting the, the X button. You can't do anything about it. You know. So it's like, all right, whatever, man. You, you can sit there. I know what I can do. My coaches know what I can do and I'm fully capable. So if I, the time ever comes when I need to do that, then... I have to put some hands on somebody. Okay, so along with the new deal, do you have your next fight? Was this a a package offering? No, no, no next not, fight. At least not what I okay. from what I know. I don't have a, a, a opponent as of yet. 
still waiting for that. But um, what do I you think, think we got some a couple guys who are willing to dance. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I saw you reference Brian Caraway. Yeah, is that um, finally gonna happen? I don't know, man. The guy's saying I finally have something to offer him. I don't follow this MMA crap, so I didn't know you were a free agent. I'm like, bro, you are lying. Yeah, who are you lying to? If you, you go know? on any website, yeah, I'm like, there's no that. way you're telling me that you you're so wrapped up on the Misha and yeah. and doing all that stuff that you don't know what's going on in the MMA world. It's, what did you say at the press conference? You said that uh, something about. Uh, I say like, if he ever stops hiding <laughs> under Misha Tate's tit. Did you get heat for me. that? Uh, from like maybe like three people. Okay. Overall, not him. Not well. No, he didn't say anything. But that's my thing. Like he, he didn't hear that. He didn't say anything to that. And I'm like, as a man, you just gotta, yo, grab your nuts and freaking say something back. You know, like, don't sit there and just take. I don't know. That's that's another story. But that guy's. I don't think he wants to fight. They've been anybody. trying He's hard soft. to book him in a fight. Um, the most recent one was Dotson. It's not going to happen. Yeah. They've been striking out left and right for various reasons. Is that the number one choice? Do you want him? Like, do you feel like that's the fight that gets you into the title picture? I I personally like that fight because one I, I already know I'm going to win, but two <laughs> on top of that I think he's a phenomenal grappler, and I think um, I think there's a different stylistic fight for me. I'm fighting all these strikers and I'm making them look like they never grappled before. So, I mean Johnny Duardo is, a, is supposedly a black belt, and I that was like uh, light work, you know right. what I mean? And I, I'm not trying to be cocky about it, but it's just like I'm just going by based on the performance and. For me to watch Caraway, he's got some pretty good submissions, had some close fight with some guys, but I think overall it's a different style of matchup for me, and I think it would be a different, fun fight, a lot of scrambles, a lot of different positions, and I think it might force us both to probably stand up and, and box, and I think I'll kick his head off. When you signed the deal, was there any roadmap to the title laid out, like you're X amount of fights away, UFC thinks that, what are you ranked right now in those silly rankings? Fifth. Fifth. The rankings are a little whack. I don't know if you've ever actually yeah. looked at them. Uh, look at the people. I mean, with all due respect to the people actually ranking them, I haven't heard of many of them. Anyway, we don't need to get into all that. But they go by them, apparently. So you're fifth right now. Have they laid it out and said to you, okay, X amount, two more, one more? What are you looking at? There's they didn't, there's no clear-cut path, and that's another thing. When it, when it came to making this decision, it was like uh, there's no guarantee you know, with a title shot, whether you win or not. It's more so the front-runner. And I think I will be that front runner after one more win. So okay. you give the fight to Faber. That's the big money fight at yeah. our weight class. Yeah, I've also spoken to Faber, but I'm like, you, you've earned it. You, you're, you're the veteran. You've been around for a very long time. This rubber, this trilogy needs to happen between you and Cruz. Sure. So after that happens, I think I get one more win. I think I'm the next guy in line. And if uh, TJ wants to do something about it, should oh. I get back in there? You could do it too. Well, you, you're interested nothing. in that. Hey, these guys, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> Let's bro, hear it. I'm, I'm, I fight all these guys. Sure. I have, I have no doubt in my mind that these guys won't even be able to touch me. It's wow. just, It's just a different, my style of fighting is just different. I legit feel like I have a cheat code the way I fight and my, my style. It's just uh, my grappling, I think, is elite compared to these guys. And, and not, so, not to say like just my BJJ is really, really good. It's just the way I mix it up with my striking, my kicks. I think I have a better MMA blend. It kind of reminds me of John Jones. Um, I think that's why people were using that comparison a lot earlier in my career. I just wasn't knocking guys out like he was mm -hmm. early in his career, but I was more so just submitting everybody. But it's, it's just that blend. I think that's what MMA is. If you have a better blend of, of your skill set, then I think it makes you a, a harder puzzle to figure out besides someone who's just looking to take you down, besides someone who's just looking to lay on you or just looking to, to box. Mm -hmm. and I, think, I, think I've, I think I fight a lot differently than a lot of those guys. I get my hands on the crews to take them down, and I get him down like TJ did. I'm on his back. He's not getting out, and I'm gonna put the anaconda squeeze on him. Any one of those guys, and I'm just confident in that. I, I 
truly believe that. So, so forget, forget. Okay, it, it looks like you're probably gonna have to fight someone because they're they're doing all signs point to Faber Cruz. But you think you're ready for that now? You think you're ready for the cruises of the world right now? I think so, hundred wow. percent. And like I said, I've only been able to show glimpses of what I what I'm really capable of doing. I open up in the gym, and I open up because I know I know I need to be comfortable in case it happens out there. So. It's MMA. Things are unpredictable. You never know what's going to happen, but I'm prepared for it, so I'm not really, I'm not really losing no sleep over that. People's opinions on my striking abilities. Like, all right, we're wearing little gloves, and you expect me to stand in the pocket and trade. Like, no, I'm going to fight the smarter fight, and I'm going to use my cheat code. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong here. I heard that World Series of Fighting made a serious push. They did. Was that number two? They were, I, I, I would think so. Okay. I would think so. Can you tell us why you ended up choo- So you're saying it was UFC, then them, then Bellator? They, Bellator and World Series were, were... Were neck and neck. Pretty much neck and neck. But I think... Uh, which was the other... Obviously, you chose UFC. Which was the other that you were seriously weighing? I, it would be World Series. Really? Yeah. How come? Just the money that they were offering really? up front was... Uh, were they offering you a media title shot? I think so. I would think. Or one fight. I think one so. Fight. Or, okay. So, but that was the difference. It was kind of like that upside of, excuse me. No problem. The, the first fight, or am I going to wait? It was, a, it was a bunch of different things at play here. So for me to kind of just jump on that and not really look at the, the longevity of things mm-hmm. in terms of the overall back-end income, then it, it didn't really make as much sense if I truly did believe that I could become the champion in the UFC. So I think I made the right financial choice and um, I got the better offer. So I'm definitely happier with the uh, the contract that I got. Did you agonize over this? Like, did you have sleepless nights or was it a no-brainer? Uh, no, nah, I think it was I think it was pretty close to a no-brainer. Okay. Yeah. Did you ever get involved in the talks? Like, did you meet with the UFC guys, Dana, Lorenzo, Sean Shelby? Or did you leave that to your management? Mostly up to the manage- manager. Okay. But um, I, I mean, I did have a few conversations with Shelby, but nothing really in depth. It's kind of, you know, we kind of talked about it, but we kind of more so said, you know, you guys will speak about this. Sure. I don't want to. That's fine. I'd rather just have this drink with you and kind of just hang out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you were in Vegas not that long ago. Yeah. I saw you at the awards. The MMA Awards show. Yep. Um, did you, you won. I won, yeah, yes. Congrats on that. Uh, our website also won. The one that you're on yeah. right now, MMA Fighting. And my Thank submission you. wasn't up there. What's, what's yeah, up what's with up that? what's up with that? It's really weird. I called them out on that. Did like, you? You guys dropped the ball. Cause, uh, Why did you go? Were you there for the fights? They they brought me in to play poker. So oh. I played poker. Did not you very, win? Not very good. No. I did win a few hands, but I didn't, I didn't knock anybody out. Did so. you make any money? No. All right. I actually lost a lot of money. Really? <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, not that long ago, you were talking about how you know, maybe I'll go back to school or it's better for me to be a teacher. Do, do you still feel that way or now do you feel a little more secure? Um, I feel a little bit more secure. Okay. And um, that was one of the things I spoke to Dana White after after the fight with Johnny Eduardo. I talked to him, I think, after the press conference. Yeah. We came over to the side. We spoke We spoke a little bit. How, how, did he approach you or did you approach him? He approached me. What did he say? He comes up to you and he says what? Hey. He just pretty much, you know, congratulated me on the win. Yeah. And um, just the way I handled the entire situation. I oh. guess... Some people probably thought I was going to, because I was a free agent, I was going to go into a press conference and they were worried about that. Like, yeah. I was just going to just be like a time bomb. And then I'm like, dude, I'm not like that. Have I ever shown any type of glimpse sure. to be a madman like that? Like, Wouldn't be very smart. Yeah. So, yeah, he just t- pretty much just told me, like, congrats, man. You you know, you handled yourself like a professional. And I told him, like, you know, I just don't want to be a teacher anymore. I, I don't want to have to go 
teach. I want to do what I love full time. And yeah. I, I want to earn my money. Let me earn my money. Like, I want to be able to make enough to cover what I would make as a teacher. So I'm, I'm happy. So you feel like you're in that spot now? I'm in that spot now. If I win the belt, when I win the belt, I should say, yep. then it'll be a lot better. It, more kicks in, obviously. More, more kicks in. How many fights is this on this deal? This is... I don't know if I even want to say it. You don't want to say it? <laughs> Fair enough. I'm just wondering if this is like... Yeah. You've heard of the term like starter home, right? No, no, no. A starter home is like the first house that you buy, and you're happy with it for a few years, but you have aspirations for the bigger yeah. house down the line with the big lawn and blah, blah, blah. Is this the starter contract? Like, this is the first time that you've really gone through this. When you signed with UFC, there wasn't a whole big thing. So is this the starter contract for you, or is this the one that's really going to you know, secure your future? I think this, this is a starter, for okay. sure. I think that, yeah, I think this is going to be the starter. Okay. So I'm excited. I'm excited, man, to get 2016 rolling and get back in there, man. And I, I'm going down to uh, to Hawaii. I'm going to oh. get some training in with Max Holloway and those guys. Oh, that's interesting. That's going to be towards the end of this month. So How did that look, get set up? Looking forward to that. I spoke to Max about it. I spoke to uh, one of his guys. And, um, and why him? Much, and why there? I think Max is a stud, man. Yeah, he is Max, a stud. Max is a beast. He's the only guy to go, go with decision with... Um, with Connor. Yep. And he had some some moments in that fight where he looked really, really good. So I think even now he's lighting the world on fire at, at that weight class. So I think uh that'd be a good move for me to go out there and get some training with him. So it'd be like a train cation. Okay. I've never been to Hawaii, so that's that's good. Going be fun. to Wainai. Yeah. Wainai. I heard that's a tough place. Yeah. Have you heard this? I've I've heard some it, stuff. It's not quite in Maui and uh yeah, Honolulu, yeah. from what I hear, but you know, I'm not making any judgments. Actually, Weidman's wife is from there. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. Um, but you're not leaving Sarah Longo. No, 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 no. Okay. No, we're just doing a little cross training, a little visiting, you know. I like that. So, so there's nothing wrong with traveling. I love to travel. Now, you were in Boston for the Dillashaw Cruise fight. Yeah. Uh, you had a front row seat or relatively close? Relatively close. Um, close enough that I couldn't jump over and yeah. run into did the, you the actually? <laughs> did you actually consider that? I did, but then there was Jesus. a bunch of there was a bunch of security guards over yeah, there. I was yeah. like, "Yo, the moment I hop over this thing, I'm getting tackled by cops." It's, yeah, this is not. Gonna you didn't be sign good. your contract yet at that point. No, that I might think have that's been, the reason that why I wasn't been. put in the front. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what did you think though? From what you saw, like, were you impressed with the? You know, okay, Cruz wins. Who do you think won? I thought Cruz won. I you, think he did a little bit more in terms of landing the cleaner strikes, and I thought he made TJ miss a lot, and TJ was just kind of striking out, just whiffing at sure. air. So for me to see that. I think that plays a factor as well as being the aggressor. But what about the guy who's making a mess? You yeah. can't touch him. You know what I'm saying? So he's landing his strikes. He's frustrating you. I don't, there's a lot that goes into scoring a fight. And I think um, Cruz lost the last two rounds. And I think, uh, I think Cruz won the first three. Okay, so what did you think of his actual... Like, Did you think, okay, Cruz is back. He's as good as he was before. He's better than before. Like, What did you make of what he put out there? I think he's the same old Cruz. Same old I Cruz. I think um, he... Took Mizugaki down and caught him in a bad position, which is why he was able to get such a spectacular finish. So when you have that kind of a situation that just happens in an MMA fight, you never know what's going to happen. And then he goes into another fight, title fight, with um, a top guy like TJ. That's not going to happen. TJ's not, you know, he's a really, really good and smart fighter himself. So he's not going to put himself in any bad situations where he's going to get caught and potentially finish. So I think that was just a battle of styles. Both guys move a lot. Cruz moves a lot more, and um, he did his thing. He did the. I think that was the, the Cruz we were seeing before he got yeah. injured. So. So you say that you think you have the cheat code, even on Cruz, a guy who's so hard to hit. Yeah. What's he gonna do? Take me down, and then <laughs> and then what? Like seriously, if he takes me down, what what is gonna happen when I grab a hold of his neck? You know what I mean? So he takes me down. 
then he's forced to scramble with me. That's not going to be good for him or, or his ankles or his knees because I'm going to be looking for limbs and I'm going to be looking to choke him out. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm 100% confident anywhere that fight goes. He's not much bigger than me. I think he's maybe an inch taller, half an inch. What's he going to He's going to press me against the cage. He's going to move away. I, I I have a I think I have a perfect recipe for that. My coaches believe it as well. And um, what about I, just catching him? Just catching him? Yeah, like like okay, he, he doesn't take you down, but you yeah. want the fight to go to the ground. How are you going to get your hands on him? How are you going to take him down? You cut the cage off. You don't yeah. you don't go running at the guy and start just throwing windmills at him. Hopefully <laughs> you're going to hit him in the head. You just look silly. It right. just doesn't even make any sense. There's a there's a way to cut off guys who move a lot, and there's certain parts of the body you want to attack. And I think Cruz, TJ started to do that in the fourth and third, fourth and fifth round. Yeah. When he started chopping down his legs the right way, chopping his legs down and getting out the way. And I think you start to see uh, Cruz slow down a lot. So mm. that was an interesting fight, and I think that showed me that I definitely could beat this guy. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm, I'm think I'm 100% ready. Wow. Yeah. So. I would like to see that. I'm just telling you, if, if I throw if I throw a body kick. And he grabs my leg and attempts to take me down. I will be on his neck so fast. It, it's not even a. It's not a doubt in my mind. Like, what are you like? Seriously, what are you gonna do? I just really want to know what are you gonna do because he's not. He's not throwing haymakers at me. Like, where's the real threat? You right. Know? So I don't know. obvious that you're oozing confidence. You're a very confident man. Were you this confident back in April? Like the last time you were here pre Mizugaki, were you this confident? We just didn't know it, or have things changed over the last few months for you after the two performances? You know, I, I wasn't as confident. I won't lie about that. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I spoke to Weidman, and he, he said to me, he's like, you didn't think you could beat those guys before? Like, last year? Like, we spoke recently. He was like, yeah. you didn't think you could beat those guys before? I was like, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, you know, if I'm going to take a fight, I want to be 100% confident I can win. He said, "What what's different than what you're doing now than what you're doing before? And I said, just the confidence, I guess. And I think that's what it is. I wasn't confident yet to, if they were to throw me in a title fight. I probably have some doubts if I, w- I would win that at that point in my career. But right mm-hmm. now, I feel like I'm the guy. What's the vibe like at the gym after Weidman's loss? Still good. Yeah. We, we, know, we think it was, just a, a, it was just a setback. You know, one mistake cost them the fight. And uh, I think they were both, you know, they both came to that fight hurt. Chris had the fractured foot. Rockhold had staph infection. So mm-hmm. they both came in. You could see after the first round, they were both, like, exhausted. I've never seen Chris look that tired before. Yeah. I've never even seen Rockhold look that tired before. So I think it was an even matchup. And it was going to be a battle of just wills. And I think Chris was starting to pull that fight away until he decided to throw that spinning back kick, yeah. and um, ultimately it cost him the fight. Some people were saying like he got he got uh, dominated from the beginning to end. I'm like, what fight were you watching? Right. He got dominated at the end of the third, um, the last half of the third, and uh, in the fourth round. That's pretty much where the fight was decided. Chris took him down a bunch of times, and all Rocco did was kind of hold onto his neck. He didn't really he didn't really do anything. And he landed some good body kicks. I think Chris won the first. Rocco won the second in a close second round. I think Chris was dominating the third. Not dominating, but he was definitely, I think, clearly winning the third round before, you know, turn of events. All right, back to your situation. Have you noticed in other sports, like, um, I don't know, when LeBron James signs his new contract, we know how much he's making, right? Yeah. We know the, the, the years and the amount. When Carmelo Anthony signed with the Knicks, we know the exact amount of years and the amount. In our sport, it's different. Would you like it to be that way in hindsight as a free agent? So you could say, look, Dominic Cruz, TJ Dillashaw, Brian Ka- I know how much these guys make. This is where I'm at. Now I can compare, and it's better for me. It's better for you. It's better for everyone. Or do you prefer that everyone keeps it close to their vest? You know what? I feel like no professional wants people to know how much they're really making because then it kind of puts them in a situation with close friends and family where you know okay. now there's a lot of uh, eyes on you. So. Yeah. 
I, I like it private. You like it private? I, I'm going to okay. say I like it private, you know? And even so, it's not as private as people think. I mean, there's other back-end stuff on the sure. contracts where, you know, there's um, things that they don't have to disclose whenever you do fight. But when you do fight, your, your show and when money gets disclosed. You know, by the commission. So. But you know, sometimes it's not the full amount, right? Something that's what I'm saying. But yeah. that's what I'm saying. So, and that's the back end, right? But the upfront, what's actually on the contract, fair enough. Fair showing win money. That's always going to be what people look at and be like, "Oh my god, he's making so much money." And I'm like, dude, you know what we had to do to make this money? Sure. It's not even like. Well, yeah. they think it's the 15 minutes in the cage. They don't see the three months leading up exactly. to it. Exactly. Right. And they don't see everything else that comes off the top and everything you got to invest before you even get to the fight. And then after that, you got Uncle Sam coming and dipping your hands in your pocket. And then sure. you got, you got, if you're fighting overseas, you got their taxes and then we got our taxes. So it's like, people don't understand. It's not as substantial as they think. Okay, let me ask you this. Is there a big man bias? In, in other words, do you feel like as a, if, if Aljamain Sterling was a 185-er, a heavyweight, a 205-er, do you think you would have commanded more interest? 100%. Well, why do you think that is? Look at boxing. Pacquiao Mayweather, I know they're a little bigger, 147. You're 135. But is it just because you're a small guy that people still think that you can't bring in the numbers? But I'm larger in charge. You are. No, I'm wondering. <laughs> you were the one who was on the front lines. Why do yeah. you feel like that is? I, I don't know why. People think because I honestly I can. There's no real answer for that. But you you do think it's a real thing. Yeah. If you were a 205er right now, you know, uh, two fights away from fighting Daniel Cormier, you think you could have commanded more? I think so. I think I think it just looks. I think people look at it as like we're small people, but I'm like I'm not a small guy. I'm yeah. five seven. I walk around about one sixty. <laughs> right. You know, I'm not a very I'm not a small guy by any means. I don't I don't know what about us is small. We cut down and we blow back up. Sure, so, sure. I don't know. It's weird because because yeah. because if you look at the the recent free agents, Overeem, Big Man, uh, Benson, one seventy one fifty five, still a little bigger. Like it, it still feels like there's that divider line. Connor has changed it a little bit with one forty five, yeah. but it, it, for a long time it felt like it was one fifty five, like the UFC and WEC weight classes. And so you're the first guy to sort of you know test the waters and make a big deal about it in one of those smaller weight classes. classes. Like, can you imagine if a flyweight tried to do that? But I really think you've put out the blueprint. Like, are you hoping now? I know you said it's not about legacy. It was about number one. But are you hoping every fighter out there just does this so that they can find out how much they're worth? Truly no? I think... Or does it work different for different people? I think it works different for different okay. people. And again, I'm confident in my skill set. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I think is the, is the best move for me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to gamble on myself. Yeah. So there's some people who might not be as confident. And they might be like, you know what? I got a tough fight coming up, and I don't want to go end my last fight and on a loss. So I'm not going to take that gamble. I'm going to just take the upfront money, which is guaranteed. At least I got a contract sure. kind of thing. So I think it all depends on your, your attitude and your outlook on the sport. When did you have that eureka moment about all of this? I need to brand myself. I need to have a gimmick, so to speak, the chain, the hair, really putting yourself out there. Because the like, I feel like even in April, you didn't have that, right? No, I didn't. I had the part. In April, and it was, I don't know what it was. You know, What I was, was teaching, the shift? I was teaching at, at my school, Yeah. and I was like, yo, the, the trend is starting to come back. My mom always tells me, like, trends always come back full cycle in a, just in a couple years. Sure. And the trend came back with the high tops and yeah. people people rocking these crazy afros and the, the squiggly things on the top of their head. So it was funny to see. It was refreshing to see. I'm like, oh, this is a new era. I, I love this. This is what I was growing up on. So yeah, yeah. to see these young kids doing this, I'm like, you know what? I didn't even think about that. I'm going to grow back my high top, just like I did when I was a little You boy. had this as a kid? Yeah. Okay. So I was like, I'm going to grow back, and I'm going to just make it cool again. So I'm going to make it cool again. I'm going to be the first guy to do it. I'm like, I'm not biting off of nobody. So 
this is something that I've actually done before. So to me, it's not really a gimmick. I just think it's something that looks good and it's cool. But so, what about the chain and all? And just the chain, the chain's a little different. I never, I had chains, but I didn't have such a. <laughs> there you go, right there with the high top. <laughs> there it is. Oh, let me see that. Yeah, see that? that's you. Yeah. Wow, and the chain. And Look the at chain. that. And I don't know chain. if they can see it. There it is. Oh, whoops. You're the yeah. one in the uh, in, in the, the tank beard. top, right? Yeah. 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 Look at that. How old are you here? I was about thank you six years old. I want to say. So okay, yeah. so this is legit. This is legit. My dad, my dad had a huge chain with a big medallion. Where's was, pops at these days? You talk to him yet? No, we don't. We still don't talk. But um, you think now that you announce this, he's gonna come back? <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. But okay. uh, no, nah, I, I got no animosity towards him. But um, I think he's doing. A, You're just doing, doing okay. your thing. Yeah. Okay. We just stay out of each other's way. But um, yeah. So, okay. So you get the chain. You say, all right, this is and and look, there's a there's a Twitter feed, right? Yeah. Someone made that. Someone. Everyone thinks I'm making that account. I'm like, why would I make this account? I love it. It, it is pretty hysterical. It's funny. But, yeah, yeah. It's good. People someone, are people are attracted to that sort of thing. Yeah. You need to stick out, especially as a bantamweight, right? Yeah. Because so I don't, think it's cool. Yeah. I think it's cool. But you, you don't remember the moment where you were like, I need to do this and do, you know, the dance after April. the Eduardo? It was April. April. It happened in April. I was like, I'm growing back my hair because I had I had a little fade, but I didn't have a I didn't have a high top. So I was like, Yo, I'm going to bring back the fade, the old school look, go retro. And um, I want to bring back the feli. And I What's just the wanna, feli? Fila. Fila. Fila? Yeah. Like the shoes? Yeah, like the old school stuff. Oh, you wear those? I used to. Oh, wow. But that's what I'm saying. I want to bring all that Are back. Are those even around still? I don't know. You could probably Grand Hill. Used eBay to or something, yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. So I won't, you're not wearing Fila right now. No. Those are tight, though. These are my boots? polo boots. Yep. Polo boots. Yeah, so I went to bring that look back, and I was like, you know what I'm going to get? I'm going to get the chain, like LL yes. Cool J and those guys, Rakim and those guys, and yes. do it up. I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm going to do it big. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it big. Yeah, yeah. Clearly, you are a man of style. Are we going to upgrade the chain now, now that you're a paid man or not yet? Uh, Uriah Faber told me that would be a bad investment. Okay. He said, whatever you do, keep, keep the... <laughs> Don't like, chilling. Yeah, he said, keep the fake one. Don't spend your money on that. I was like... Yeah, but it would be nice to have something that I could pass on to my kids or something like that when I get older. So I don't know. We'll see. So I respect your style. I love your style. I grew up the same way. Yeah. I mean, I, I always wanted to have the fade, to be honest. Couldn't do it. But I do have I do have brother's hair. I don't know if you know. <laughs> this, is, this is some thick stuff. It's like steel wool when it grows a little more. I used to have a fro. Yeah. Legit fro with the pick. I saw you come out with the pick today. Yeah, yeah. So I want to play a game with you. Okay. It's called Funky or Nah. All right. All right. Or so, nah. Uh, or nah. See, so funky is obviously a good thing because you are the master of funk. Yeah. Um, originally, it was going to be called fly or nah, but then New York Rick told me, no, you're the funk master. You should be funky. Yeah. So I give him props for that. So I'm going to show you good call, Nick. 11 classic fades and some other styles as well. And I want to know from you, being the funk master, if this is funky or not. Okay. All right. Nice. You ready it. for it? All Let's right. Here's it. the first one. Let's hear some music. We got some music. There we go. This man is Iman Shumpert. Shumpert, yeah. Yep. Formerly of the New York Knicks, now playing for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Let's hear a little more of that music. You can bump it up a little bit. Yeah, there it is. Um, so he's got the high top, too. Uh, reminiscent to yours, no part, Yeah. but much bigger than yours. That's kind of where I'm trying to go with it. Oh, you are? I was going to ask you about that. I want to be the Fresh Prince in New York. I like it. So yeah. you so you like that 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 height? I like it. I think it's I think it's cool. It's kind of like hit and play. Yeah, he looks like an eraser. Yeah. <laughs> um, although it's a little messy at the top. What do you think of that? Like yours is a lot neater at the top. I think he just finished playing a game. Okay. So he, so gets, you, a, he gets a pass for that. What about that facial hair? That's uh, that's a no go. No go. We got to clean that up. Yeah. Shepard. We got to clean that one up. Too long here. Too too long. Too scruffy. Too scruffy. Okay. So you like the hair? Don't love the and facial yeah, hair. Shave, yeah. Yeah. The sides. Okay. You, trim down. Yeah, a little bit. But overall, what, what are we giving this? On a scale of one to ten. On a scale of one to funk. To one to funk. That's he, right. He gets uh, he gets a. 
I'll give him a seven. A se- okay. All right. Seven. Not bad. Uh, he's no longer on the Knicks, so we don't really care about him. Let's go to our next one. Here we go. Here's our next one. There he is, the legend himself, Vanilla Ice. Yeah. See, that's the old school right there. There he is. All right. So uh, I don't even know what to call that. I mean, that is some kind of a high top. Uh, he, you know. A little comb over him. He got the lines in the eyebrows. Oh, yes. Yes, of course. And on the side. I used to have the lines on the side, by the way, back in the day. Yeah. No joke. What do you think? What do we think? Is this funky or not? Funky. Yeah. Funky for sure. What? Were you a fan? Were you a fan back in the day? Yeah. I listened. I listened. I didn't know who he was. I found some pictures of him, but yeah, definitely listened to his music for sure. He is something else. I mean, look at that. He even has a little bit of a, uh, uh, I don't know, that's a little blonde in there. He probably dyed that in. Yeah. So he can rock it. Trendsetter right here. I wonder what he looks like these days. I wanted I wanted old school vanilla eyes. I think that, I mean, yeah. So on, on a scale of one to funk, what are we giving him? I'm going to give this man an eight. Wow. Because he's, he he's got the parts in the, in the eyebrows. Yeah. Not, there's not a lot of people who do that anymore. I don't think I could pull that off anymore. It would really? Just probably look Did too you crazy. used to I, have that? I used to. Okay. Used you ever to, do the to. lines on the side? Yeah, race stripes. Okay. What they call it? Race stripes? Racing stripes, yeah. Okay. You do that now? Not anymore. I was thinking about doing it, but I was like, can't have a part in front. And, and too like, much? It would be too much, right? I okay. think it would be too I don't, much. I don't know. All right. Okay, there you go. Vanilla Ice. All right, let's go to the next one. Who else we got here? There he is. The Big legend Daddy. himself. Big Daddy Kane. Look at that. <laughs> that is some swag right there. That yeah. is a legend. What do you think? Funky or not? Nah? He's funky. The only thing is, I don't really know what's going on with that thing in the front. <laughs> what is that little, called? I don't even know. That looks like a football field. I don't even know. It's like a track or something? Yeah. I I've seen pictures with that, but I, I never really understood what that was about. Is, so he's got a part, but then he's got lines too. It's like almost too much? Yeah. But I mean, back then it was probably it was probably dope. Sure. So what do you think? You're, you're, you're not feeling it. It's not? Nah. Wow. I mean, it's Daddy. funky, but the... That I couldn't do that. I Were you a fan of his back in the day? Nah, not really. Really? I know he. I knew he was, but that wasn't really one of my my guys. Who were like your top three? I was a big LO LO Cool fan. All right. Yeah. Yeah, he was the man. Where is he from originally? Um, He's not East Coast, is she? Is he? I thought he was not New York. Is no. he New York? I don't Queens. Know. I'll have to look. Queens, that up. right? Maybe New York can look that up for yeah. me. All right. So that's Big Daddy Kane on, on a scale of one to funk. What do you give that? Right now, Vanilla I'm, Ice is sitting at eight. He's the leader. Big Daddy Kane. I, yeah, he's Big Daddy Kane. He, he gets a seven. Kane. He gets he's a seven. seven. Okay, fair enough. Big Daddy Kane. Looking very uh, very determined there in the barber chair. How often do you get a haircut, by the way? Uh, about every... Because I got to keep the part up the sure. par. So I got to keep the part up the par. Yeah. <laughs> so I got to do it like... Uh, Every week and a half. Like, Every week and a half. Yeah. Is it is it annoying to maintain or you like it? Uh, I mean... The fade too, like right? Because it. it gets scruffy and then you yeah. got to tighten it up you and can't then have you just it look like fresh half, again. So. You can't have it half-assed. No, you it can't. It feels great when you come out of the bar. Is there is there a specific guy that you go to all the time? Um, a couple different guys. Couple, I, sh- I showed some love all, all over. So Okay. Yeah. Different places too. Yeah. Wow. I'm the kind of guy I like to go to the same, same person because I don't want to explain different... You know what I mean? Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. But I got some of my boys who cut hair. Some, okay. Some, a guy I had since I was a little kid. He cut all my brother's hair when we were little, so. All right. Yeah. All right, That's let's go to the next one. Who do we got? Who do we got? There he is. This guy was one of my favorites back Gumby. in the day. Uh, Bobby Brown. You know him from New Edition. Then he went off and d- did his own thing. Of course, married Whitney Houston. That was a yeah. bit of a... Of a a messy breakup. but w- So that's the Gumby, right? Yeah, that's the Gumby. Now, what is the Gumby? Explain that to us. You ever watched the cartoon? The, yes. the little green Gumby guy with yes. his hair just slanted? It's just like... I like this, by the Gumby. way. I feel like this is a thing now. This, this could pass now, right? This, this could pass. 
I just don't think there's anyone who's actually doing it and pulling it off right now. I haven't seen any of the kids doing this. I'm not going to do that. Why? Why? Because then it takes forever to grow back in and then oh, okay. just you got a mess on your head. Do you think he do you think he 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 combed it that way or they cut it that no, way? He definitely cut that. Really? Definitely cut that thing up. That is fascinating. What about the lines? Not exactly symmetrical. They're kind of mm. going all over the place. Yeah, that's uh yeah, you're right. It's all over the place. <laughs> it's uh Interesting. Have you ever uh, experimented with glasses? Because those glasses are in now. Yeah. My, um, a couple of my boys got them. All right. I like it, but uh, I don't know if I could pull that off. I feel Did like it watch- might look too funny. I don't know. I think you could pull that off. Did you watch the All-Star uh, Saturday yeah. night? Von Miller. Do you see Von Miller of the Broncos? He was wearing some real like geeky yeah. glasses, but he looked like a G. He yeah, looked no, awesome. He looked boss. Yeah. Looked boss. yeah. Geeky is cool. Now, what about, what about the chains? He's got two. You've got one. Why is two better than one? Or excuse me, one better than two? Um... It's not better. Will you ever go with like 10? I might go with like three. Okay. Maybe for enough. the next. I might. I'm just going to get one for my team. Just get one for the corners. Take them off. There's oh, I like that. You, Longo. There's one for you. Yeah. There's one for you. Okay. I, I like that. I like that. I think that's fun. All right. So um, fun, we're going funky or not? Nah? It seems like you're going on the nah here. I give my. It's funky. Okay. It's just, I, I, could, I could just roast this guy though. You know what I'm saying? What I do you think, mean? What's wrong with him? Because the haircut is just. It's, I think it's cool but then you got the the lines that are kind of all over the place yeah you got the glasses i th- I feel like it's cool but at the same time you could easily roast them if he ever got out of got out of line okay fair enough so on you a know? scale of one to funk i feel like we're going low here nah okay you guess i'm gonna give this guy a seven right seven seven okay. give this guy a seven right. who are you asking for validation your the boy people. over there okay the <laughs> um all right let's go to the next one who else we got this is fun there yes. he is my man juice i, I gotta say this one looks a little familiar a yep. little familiar. That is Tupac Shakur in the film Juice, one of the great films of all time. Did you did you see it? Yeah, watched that movie a bunch of times. What'd you like better, Juice or Boys in the Hood? Oh, that's, that's a tough that's, one, that's, right? That's yeah. a real tough one. New Jack City as well. You, you got the juice now. Okay, so this this kind of looks like yours, no? Eh. He's got more of the pronounced. His his part is coming kind of like. Yeah. Oh, I see. This one, great. Oh, I see. All the way across. Now, how do you decide which way to go? Yeah, just right right down the middle for me. I don't know. Have you considered this one? This is a cool one, man. This is great. You know, I think it looks cool, but not for me. I just it's just weird to have like the the poof at the side. And I hear you. You got the big fro on the top. I don't know. It looks dope for him. I think it was a cool badass haircut for him back in the day. Are people rocking this these days? Not like that. Not like Kids that. are more so just the high top right now. Okay. They're not as so the creative. part. They're not, not even as, doing the part. Some are doing the part. Okay. Not as creative though. Were you a Tupac fan back? Tupac or Biggie? I like Pac. You were a Pac guy. Wow, like Pac. interesting. As a like New Pac. Yorker? As a New Yorker, I like Pac. I mean, I'm not saying I don't like Biggie, but I'm, I like Pac. I like his music, his flow. I think he had a little bit different, more different flows that he actually brought to the game a little bit, more than um, what Biggie did, but they were both both dope. When I was a kid, man, I, I dreamed of having hair like this. I wanted this so bad. I you was can just, get that. No, nah, I don't know. I can see you rocking that. It's a little too. Um, <laughs> one to funk. What do we got here? So far, eight. Vanilla Ice, of all people. Vanilla Ice is doing is it, though. It? He's doing it with the I, parts I like it. I like it. Right now. <sighs> you can go halves, too. I'm going to give him. Uh, two pot, you get a seven. All right. Everyone's sitting at seven. But are we going funky or not? By the way, for the record, I have Funky. To okay. This all is right. funky. There he is. Tupac. May he rest in peace. All right. Let's go to the next one. Oh, look at that. Grace Jones. You know Grace Jones? I unfortunately do not know you who do that not. is. A very famous singer from back in the day. Back in the dizzle. Yeah. I um, those eyebrows. Now, what do you think here? Because this is a woman, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> With a bit of a high top herself. Yeah. She's doing her thing. 
It's all right. You're not feeling it. So here's my question to you. The woman with the short hair, are you are you a man who likes that kind of style or no? I think if you if you could dress nice and pull it off and yeah. you know make it look good, I'm all for it. Who's that one that has the shaved head that used to date Kanye West? Amber Rose. Amber Rose. You like that? It's, uh Torque Machine. Um, or do you like longer hair for your A little woman? longer. Okay. You got to have a little bit longer hair on the top. So you're not even feeling this. This is not. Nah. This isn't, for me, nah. Really? I wow. I couldn't do it. What about those cheekbones, though? On a side note. That's like, what are those considered? Perfect cheekbones, they say? High I, cheekbones? I would think, but you're not a fan of the eyebrows, clearly. Clearly not. Okay. Definitely not. Too much? They're just going too high. It looks yeah. a little mean. It looks, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what, what are we doing as far as numbers here? I'm going to give her a five. Five? Wow. Not yeah. a fan of Grace Jones. All right. That, no. that is a legend right there. She's probably doing it up now, but... She's doing her thing? Right now. Actually, I saw a picture of her recently. A little funky. And, and not in a good way. No? Not in a good way. Um, all right. Let's go to the next one. Who else we got? Bang. There he yeah. is. Referenced earlier. Kid in play. Um, of course. That. That, that, w- See, so I was focused... That's Kid on the left, right? Yeah, yeah. Kid is the one with the high top. Play actually over time developed a different kind of hairstyle, but this is a classic right here. There's a lot to work with, but let's focus on Kid first because not only does he have the high top, Shumpert esque, it's a little different of a color at the top, right? Yeah, it's like um, brown? Brown at the top. Uh, burgundy? Do you think he dyed it like that? Was Kid? I think so. Was Kid African American or was he white? I never understood. I couldn't even tell you. Yeah, maybe a mix? Probably a mix. Okay. What do you think? Oh, what do you think? This is the, so. I don't know. This is kind of the guy who made it famous, right? Yeah. Kid Were you play. a fan? If you didn't watch Kid and Play, something was wrong with you. House Party, yeah. one, two, and three. Yeah. Uh, the one where they went back to school. Uh-huh. I don't remember what that called. Maybe back to school? I don't know. I love these guys. They were great. What great pioneers they were, rappers and actors. What are they doing now? I don't, I don't know, but these two guys were funky for sure. And is his hair that high still? It's a good question. That is a good question. Now, what do you think of uh, my man Play over there? He's got the, the dyed part. Okay. I like that. Oh, it's that's, actually, that's dyed. It looks dyed. I don't know if it's oh, a part or is it dyed. I can't really tell. Interesting. I didn't see that. Okay. I think it looks cool. All right. So what are we giving Kid and Play here? Let's give him a group. I'm going to give him 10. 10? Holy moly. Yeah, these guys are originals. Legends. originals. Yeah. These guys are the guys. Great dancers as well. Yes. Great actors. Those movies were so much fun. House Party. Yeah. I love those. Those are great. Wow. 10 for these guys. How about that? Much respect to Kid and Play. Two legends of their time. I wonder what they're doing now. Okay, let's go to the next one. Who else we got? Okay, so this is a bit of a different uh, one. This is uh, the great Ronaldo of Brazilian soccer fame. You know Ronaldo? I, I, yeah. See, back in the day, he was rocking this thing. And uh, well, I, I want to save my judgment in case you're just listening to this. This is when he had like the sort of the half moon front. What, what do you think of this style? I don't know if this is big in Brazil or what. what? I don't know. <laughs> What his barber did look like he shaped him up with a rock. I don't. I have no idea what's going on with this right now. So we're not feeling this. Not at all. Not, not even, at all. Not even close. I don't even know if he even gets points for this. It's a bad look, right? It's just it awful. Awful. Yeah, I never understood why he did this. You know, later on in life, uh, he was heading up like a marketing firm. Uh, worked with the likes of Anderson Silva. I don't think they work together anymore. But he actually has been around MMA events. Like he showed up to um, a few of Anderson's open yep. workouts. Doesn't rock this hair. So that is the good news. Um, I would bring my clippers. Negative. So we're going negative here. This guy's negative one. Wow. Negative funk. Damn. I don't know what's going on with this guy. All right. Get him off the screen. Who's next? Who else we got? All right. This is Alfred Payton of the Orlando Magic. He's got a crazy hair. Have you seen this guy play? His hair, he's got the dreads and the it goes up, but it kind of goes like it's like yeah. coming over his face. Yeah. It's very, it's, it's very unique. 
And I like one, it. I you like it? I think it's cool. It's all over the place. Yeah. You like that? I think it's cool. It is. I think that's what makes it cool. That it's, it's different. Totally. But at different. the same time, it's like uh, it's not too crazy. And I think you could rock that and make it look cool. So it, it, to me, it feels like too much weight on his head while yeah. he's playing basketball. It's probably just top heavy. Do you Every want that when you're when you're running around? Up. You want that? I don't know if you want that. I, I mean, don't want put, that. Yeah. But I think it looks good. How much higher are we going with this? Can we go really high? I'm trying to go like something like. So not maybe, that high. Maybe like that. Really? Know. Yeah. So not Shumpert. Not Shumpert. Why? It's a little too much. Do you think that's too much for fighting? Do you think that'll work against you? I don't know. Okay. Maybe get punched in my hair. It's like weird. I don't know. All right, let's. That'd be too high. All right, so what are we giving him? I'm gonna give my man a. He gets an eight. Eight. Okay, very nice, Alfred Payton. Now the next one, I think, if memory serves me correct, is similar to Alfred Payton. Who do we got here? Uh, that is the weekend. Yeah. Uh, a Canadian brother. Yeah. I don't know if you know that. The Canadians no, I didn't are know doing that. a big. Canadian. Yeah. I am Canadian. Yes. So it, it is Alfred like. Yeah. Do you like this? Because this like is it. all over the place as well. Are you a fan of his? Yeah. The weekend makes good music. Yeah, yeah. Really good. I'm music. not a huge fan, to be honest. Of his hair or of the music? Of uh, the music as well. Really? Why is he called the weekend? Also, that That's I don't like know. I think it's a stupid name. But it is a stupid name. I, I like his music. Yeah, <laughs> respect him. So you like this look right here? Because like doesn't look. this feel like you're just all over the place? I mean, it's a little much. Yeah, he's got the fade going on. He's got like dread twists at the top, but the different colors. But I, I don't know. I, I think he pulls it off. He makes it work. He's got different colors. Yeah, they're like it's like blonde, not oh. blonde, but it's like like yeah, like blonde, I guess. Okay. Well, you know, the, the thing about um this kind of hair like you could do so much with it, right? Yeah. The, the possibilities are endless. If yeah. you just got like the, the the straight, you know, skinny hair, can't do as much. All right, so we we like the weekend. What are we giving him? I'm give him I give him a 10 for his style. Wow. For his so style. I I I'm his really starting cool. to figure out your style right now based off this game. That's why I wanted to do this for educational purposes. It's good. <laughs> All right. Here we go. I think this is the last one. There he is, Ooh. Eric LaSalle. You know who this guy is? No, I don't. From the great film Coming to America, Just Let Your Soul oh, Glow. Yes. Remember that man? Yes. That is the man right there. Yeah. The Jerry Curl, the Soul Glow. That's Did you ever have this back in the day? No. Come on. No. You don't like the no. Soul Glow? Not for me. You don't like the Jerry Curl? Not for me. Come on. I think I would just look weird. Lionel Richie, Michael Jackson? Yeah, but. The wet look? Nah. Come on, look at that smile. It'd be like a That's wet that. poodle. <laughs> I can't have that. Do you think that will ever come back? I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. I can't. I don't know. Look at that, Eric LaSalle. you never seen Coming to America? No, I've seen it. Eddie Murphy, you don't remember yeah. this? It's like, bark like a dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, now it's coming back. Look at that hair. How does he get it like that, though? That's what I want to know. Like, what do you put in there to make it all curly and thin? I wouldn't even know. I was, You've never even tried it? I've never done Never that. dabbled? Never. never Any of your that. brothers? I think my I think one of my brothers did that before, like permed this hair. And, uh, oh my god, what what a production this must be! Never done this. So the question is: Is this lower than Ronaldo's negative one? Nah, I give him a five. Okay. I mean, it's still cool, but I think for me, I wouldn't do it. Not for me. All right. So the winner is the weekend. The we, the weekend and Alfred and, Payton and the uh, kid and play. Kid and play. That's right. All right. There we yeah. go. Kid now we've learned something. White. What's that? Okay, so Aljamain's friend, what's your name again? Denardo. Denardo is uh, letting us know that kid's mom was white, his dad was black. Yeah. See, now so, we know. So he's half. The more you know. We learned that here on the MMA Hour. All right, well, this was fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was a great great day. Great day for MMA, I think. And uh, Great day for free agency, for getting paid. Yeah. When do you think you'll fight? 
Let's wrap it up. I'm hoping for April. April. April will be ideal. Fox cart, maybe the same cart as your boy John Jones. Oh, that would be that would be your ex roommate. That would be epic. Well, he that was his. That's actually his roommate. For real? Yeah, really? we just oh. went. We trained together. We went to college together. The, okay. All three of us. Yeah. So you weren't in the same. You were on the same team. Same team. You know, what I'm thinking of Joe Soto. Joe Soto was with Iowa him Central. Yeah. He was his roommate. And I think Colby Covington as well. That's right. Yeah. What, what school was it that you? Uh, Morrisville. Morrisville. With John Jones. Morris, Morrisville. Then I tra- I transferred out and went to Cornwall. Did you Florida know State. that he would be this good? John? Yeah. yeah. I thought he was a freak athlete, He man. was a freak back we then? We watched him wrestle and be like, yo, this guy's just torturing these kids. I didn't even know who he was. I didn't even know he was a state champ. Okay. And uh, a, uh, what was it? Juco College champ when okay. he came in. I just saw him wrestling. I was like, yo, this guy's a, a monster. I've never seen wrestling look this good, like, ever. So Nice kid back then? Nice guy. Yeah. Funny, real cool, down to earth. Did he party back then, too? Oh, wait. We all partied together. Okay. We all had our fair share of fun. But did you think that he would have trouble with it? Like, I mean, it seems like for now, he's kind of figuring it out, but... Hey, you know, the way I look at it as maybe if I had that money at that young of an age, I'd probably do the same thing. Yeah. A lot hopefully happened. Not, hopefully not as bad, but sure. I'd definitely do I a lot of the same thing. A lot happened quickly for him, right? Yeah. So he's hopefully figuring it out. He's fighting. Are you picking him over DC? I like DC, but yeah. Okay. I would have to... That's just, I think that's a smarter bet. That would be a that's nice card. That's the money bet, I think. Wouldn't that be a nice card for you to be on? Yeah. April, it's too bad it's not an MSG. I know. How perfect would that have been? been? That would have been... Hopefully this year. That would have been a great year for me. Yeah. Fighting MSG, new contract. Yeah. More money, more problems. Oh, and I also have to shout out that uh, prediction thing that you're doing with... Oh, yeah, the Alice Ally Breakdown. Quinta. We got his book over there. He made me buy it. Um, it's one of the best purchases I've ever yeah, made. Yeah. It's basically just a, an open notebook. But you're, <laughs> you're, you're doing these, these breakdowns called Al's Breakdown. Yeah. You can see them on. You have a YouTube channel on the UG, right? Yeah. So. Uh, this is fantastic, by the way. And I'm not Thank being you. facetious. The editing is is perfect. Yeah. It's so sloppy that it works. It, it's funny. I think it's hysterical. Who's it's doing just, that? Um, Did you kind of stumble into this thing? Yeah, I've kind of just <laughs> made it work, and it was. The Are you doing thing. it for every card? I think that's the plan. That's what you we're ultimately to. trying to do. So you got to keep it up. Are there any sponsors out there that want to get on board? You that's know, good. Uh, we'll we'll discuss this at the round table at the uh, board meeting between Raging Al and the Funk. Oh my God! You and guys live together? Yeah. What is Al like? He's cool, man. Yeah. He's really cool. You know, the thing about Al, he, he's like really mellow, really laid back and chill. So I think we all kind of get along. Me, him, and Pat DeFranco, and then um, we go out, man. We just like to have a good time. Oh God. So we all rage out. So I think it's <laughs> it's fun, man. It's is fun. He doing speaking, all right? speaking of raging out, yes. You guys, if you're in New York City or New Jersey, you guys got to come out to my contract. Celebration party oh, this Saturday this at, the, Saturday. at the Attic, the rooftop. Where's that? In uh, in the city. In New York City. In New York City. Where the, exactly? The Attic, the rooftop. I don't know where that is. It's uh, I, really I think it's much. Lower Manhattan. Lower, so you're having an actual party. Actual party. Holy so moly! It's gonna be a big. Who's event. gonna be there? Um, the Funk. The Funk is gonna be there. The Funk, my family, um, my whole BME crew, my boys. What's BME? And, um, Black Monk Entertainment. It's, What's uh, that? It doesn't. Don't take the, the so name layers so, to so, you. so so literal. But okay. It, BME means like being me, being yourself. So right now you're technically being me because you're area one and you're doing what you love and oh, okay. you're being yourself. Oh, I like this. You know what I'm saying? So this is a new thing. This is the new thing. This is our group and it's, it kind of promotes what, you, uh, what you're about. Life, life should be happy. You should be not conf- confined to what people are telling you you should do. Make your own decisions, make your own choices and be yourself. All right. So I think it's a pretty cool concept. So I'm BME right now. Yeah, BME. Respect. Respect, man. Just blew it up. Are you familiar with Marcus Stroman of the uh, Toronto Blue Jays? He's actually from Long Island. No. Little man. He has this thing that he uh, puts in his hair, HDMH. I think it's heart doesn't measure. No, height doesn't measure heart. Okay. That's his big no, thing. That's cool. And so man, that's. I feel like you guys could come together because he's from Long Island. That'd and be, he's, yeah. he's actually like one of the smallest starting pitchers. He's their top guy. And he's all about the fact that, yeah, I'm small. 
but my heart is bigger than all of you. And yeah. I feel like that's something that I kind What's of represent. Uh, Marcus Stroman. Originally from Long Island, pitches for the Toronto Blue Jays. He he shaves it into his head. He's got that he's got that Odell Beckham thing going yeah, on yeah. with the the blonde on the top. Check him out. Okay, yeah, yeah, for sure. There's a lot going on. The the, yeah. the future is bright for Aljamain Sterling. Check him yeah. out at his party if you're in the city. Anyone can go to this. Anyone. This is open how about this? Everybody. If you say to the door that you saw uh, Aljamain on the MMA Hour, can they get something? Um, can we can we hook up our? Nothing? I don't I don't even know how we would do that. That'd I don't know. Maybe, what if they come to you? And say something. Can we get a shot? Can we do something? Can we get a, a dab? Something. Yeah, of course. All right. We could we could dab together. All right. There it is. Okay. Everybody hit the phone. Um, um. There he is. All right. There he is. <laughs> Aljamain Sterling uh, has announced today that he has re-signed with the UFC. Congratulations. Mazel tov. Mazel tov. As, as they say in my country. Um, he is back in the UFC's bantamweight division. His return TBD, hoping to return in April or so. And uh, he has just put the rest of the division on notice. This man yeah, is baby. coming. At Funkmaster underscore UFC, you see it right over there. Congratulations. And in all honesty, thank you for coming to our show for doing this. It means a lot. I'm really happy for you. I'm happy that you're happy. And, and this was a lot of fun. It was. I enjoyed the process, and thank you for having me. All right. There he is, Aljamain Sterling. So we're going to take a quick break. Um, in a minute, we're going to be joined in studio by Damian Maya. What kind of a day is this? This is a lot of fun. It's awesome. So we go from a future title contender to a former title contender and a current title contender in Damian Maya. He will be uh, in studio to talk about his great career. Uh, so while we say goodbye to Aljo and say hello to Damian, we're going to take a small break. In the meantime, we're going to play some old videos that I, uh, I shot with the late Kevin Randleman. Unfortunately, he passed away uh, Thursday a tragedy, horrible news. I got the chance to interview him a couple times back in 2010. Um, one of the greatest of all time, pioneer legend. So this is our Y'all Must Have Forgot segment of the week. My interviews with Kevin Randleman. And in a minute, we're going to be joined right here by Damian Maya. We'll be back. Ariel Hawani at Strikeforce St. Louis with Kevin Randleman, who faces Hajar Gracie this Saturday night live on Showtime. Kevin, good to see you again. Uh, fans looking forward to seeing you back in action. You excited for this fight? Yes, I'm always excited to fight. Regardless, I'm always excited. You told me earlier that uh, you have enough energy to power a city. Explain, what does that exactly mean? I've, uh, I've just been training. I've been training real hard. Um, been really dedicated with, to hard work and, uh, you know, never quit attitude. And that's, that's just how, that's my energy level right now. I just feel like I could beat anybody. No matter who they put in front of me at 205, I think I could beat anybody to, on Saturday. Um, when they first approached you with Hajar Gracie as an opponent, what were the first thoughts that went through your mind? Okay. Did you know anything about him? Like, did you, had you, you know, you know, heard about what he'd done in the jiu-jitsu world? Because in MMA, kind of a relative newcomer. Oh, got a guy uh, <laughs> playing around with a stick. No, uh, <laughs> um, I've known Roger Gracie for years. You know, I've um, we're friends, but in this sport, you know, it's a it's a small community we have, so we all know each other. And um, bottom line is, the bosses make the fights. You know, it's up to Roger and I to go out and knock each other out or win, you know. doesn't matter who I fight. Um, Roger and I were friends before the fight. We're going to shake hands during the fight and be friends during the fight. And after the fight, win, lose, or draw, we're going to shake hands and be friends after the fight. This is a business. This, has no, this is not going to be personal. This is just business. It's interesting because he says, uh, you know, he won't lie. He wants to take you to the ground. That's his forte, jiu-jitsu. You prepared to go to the ground with him? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I know a lot of people out there think that I haven't evolved and that I, my jiu-jitsu game is, is real bad and that. But, um, you know, I've, I've, I've got longevity in this sport for a reason. Um, and if he can get me to the ground, of course. You know, I believe uh, 
If we stay on our feet, the, the chances of me winning are 80%. If we go to the ground, the chances of him winning is 80%. Chances of him getting taken down, 100%. I think I got the percentages on my side. I think so. I'm not that good at math, but something is 80% something. Yeah. I got the math. I, I, I think I got it. I, got, I think it's on my side. Considering um, how your last Strike Force fight went, do you feel as though you have something to prove to the fans in Scott Coker on Saturday? I don't have anything to prove to Scott Coker or the fans. Everything I got to do is, everything I do is to prove to myself. I mean, I, and, and this is not a diss against anybody, but I used to fight for the fans and go out there and be crazy and, and out of control. But with, with the power and the strength of my people, Ramon Montano and, and Maurice Jackson, you know, I'm a calmer person. Plus, life is, life, you know, I'm an older guy. I'm a, life has made me a lot calmer. I'm really ready for this fight. And the bottom line is, I don't see it going out of the first round. Either he's going to submit me or I'm going to knock him out. Regardless whether it's on the ground or on the feet, I believe I can punish him. And I don't have anything to prove to the fans, although if I go out there and fight my fight, the fans will be very happy and ecstatic, and so will Scott Coker. Uh, obviously, we don't need to harp on it, but in your mind, what is the, the, the big thing that went wrong in that fight that you would like to when? not see? Yeah, like would you would not see, uh, would like to see happen again on Saturday? No, I, what, uh, if, if anyone, like, see, there's a lot of people out there that don't know the sport because they don't follow it. They just follow the two weeks before a fight. But the last four or five years, I've had a lot of surgeries. Uh, my doctor didn't even clear me to fight the last two fights I fought, but I fought them anyway. But I have power back in my shoulders. I've had both shoulders done over the last two and a half, three years. So they weren't strong. But I still thought I fought very well in that last fight that he was in, in, that was here in St. Louis. And um, a lot of times you just figure out, you find a way to win. You find more about yourself every time you push yourself to the limits. And I have literally been pushing myself to the limits um, in everything that I do right now. I push myself to be a better person and I push myself to be a better fighter. And on Saturday, I think that I'm gonna be the better fighter. Is there one facet of your game that you've really zoned in on and tried to improve in the last year or so? Oh, yeah. Yes. Which one would that be? Watch Saturday and find out. No, no little secret or, you no, know, they can't give us. It's not a secret. I said it. I want to knock him out. I want to knock him out. Hey, Maurice, could you do me a favor and stand up for a second? Yes. This is my training partner right here. I know Roger Gracie's 6'4". This guy's 6'8", 280. His jiu-jitsu is really good, although he's not Roger Gracie, but I believe that his power and his strength for the last 14 weeks is going to give me an advantage as far as being able to handle his power and his strength. And uh, the fact that I'm training with a guy this size, and Ramon Montano, my boxing coach, he's uh, Floyd Mayweather's number one sparring partner. So I believe that I'm dangerous. And I believe that, uh, I believe that you know, it's like a gunslinger. If a gunslinger don't have six bullets in his gun, he's, mm, he doesn't have that, you know, he, I, I have a lot of weapons, and I've got them all loaded. And I'm sure you are aware of this. A lot of people uh, sort of waiting to write you off, right? There's a lot of people who are like, eh, Randleman doesn't have it. He's not the same guy as he was from back in the day. I, will you take some satisfaction? Will you be thinking about those people to try to prove them wrong? No, I don't care about those guys. I care about me. I used to fight. Like I said, I used to fight for the fans, and the bosses would say, Kevin, go out there and just be crazy. I mean, every fight that I had, I was always injured, whether it was a broken neck or torn shoulder or torn bicep. I've had them all fixed. There's no excuse for me to lose this fight, and there's no excuse for me to leave it in the ring. The only thing I'm going to leave in the ring is Roger, or Roger's going to leave me in the ring. That's how, that's how this game works. Don't write me off. I'm a warrior. All right, Kevin, we appreciate the time. We're looking Thank forward you. to Saturday night. Thank you very much.
Well, again, there he is, Kevin Randleman. May he rest in peace, a, uh, a, a legend of mixed martial arts, a pioneer, uh, a great man. Everyone, the, the outpouring of emotion and support that he received uh, following his, his uh, untimely passing was, was really something to see. So our, our thoughts, our prayers go to his family and friends on um, what was, a, was very sad news. Thursday night it came out. Kevin Randleman passed. And later on in the show, we're actually going to talk to Phil Baroni, a good friend of his, uh, about his great life and what he meant to not only Phil, but the rest of the MMA community. For now, though, we are back in studio with a legend in his own right. That is Damian Maya right there. What a pleasure this is. Damian Maya in studio here in New York City. Welcome. Thank you very much. It was great to be here, you know, and... You know, you can invite me every time I come here, I will come. I, so I didn't know, I, I've learned this from your great manager, one of my favorite people in the business, Eduardo Alonso. Uh-huh. I love Eduardo. Yeah, he told me guy. that you come you come pretty often uh-huh. to this area. What do you do here? Uh, actually, when I come here, I go mainly train wrestling at Hoboken, yeah. at, at Academy Named Edge. Yep. And also, you know, I come here and train with Marcelo Garcia, who is a big friend of mine. For many years, we train together. We used to teach together in Brazil like 15 years ago, so... You know, I come and it's great to be here because, you know, Marcelo is so, for me, you know, Joe Rogan gave the the best, you know, nickname for me. He's like the Michael Jordan of Jiu-Jitsu, you yeah. know. So, and, you know, when I get there, you know, it inspired my creativity in Jiu-Jitsu. So, you know, I like to be there to learn more stuff and, and to create now new positions and to see what he's doing. So how long have you been doing this, coming to the New York area? Uh, the last three camps, I think I was I, I was coming here for for the wrestling mainly, uh-huh. and of course I was going to jujitsu there, but mainly for the wrestling. But this time because I'm not in not in camp yet, yep. So I came more for the jujitsu because then you know, like I said, I wanna see new stuff, see new positions, and when you in camp, you kind of, you know, you need to focus more on what you're gonna do. So the last three camps. You've been looking pretty good. So this is working. Yeah, for sure. This is a good investment. How long do you stay here for? Uh, during the camp, normally around two weeks. Two weeks? Wow. Yes, yes. So you've been here for, what, a week or so? Uh, right now, yeah, about a week, yeah. And do you ever br- like, do you bring Marcelo to Brazil to come train with you? Or no. He's got I, a lot. Yeah, I try to bring one of his students, but, you know, he's too busy. He had too many things to do, you know, two kids right now. And, yeah, yeah. You know, it's crazy, his life, so... You know, I wish he could go, but it's it's impossible for him. Who gets the better of who? Like, do you actually go 100% roll with him with on the him. ground? Yeah. You know what? You know, I was here a couple years ago, and he was training with me, but he's just... Now, it used to be, like, the, the biggest competition for each other in the academy when we are brown belt and early black belt. But then... You know, you know, I just move my jiu-jitsu towards the MMA technique. Okay. Yeah. And he keep doing, you know, the, ra- the 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 grappling stuff. So, you know, he was trained with me like a couple years ago, and I realized he was not going full parts. And Marcelo, let's go. He said, no, no, I'm going. Don't worry. And I said, look, I don't want to train like that with you. You know, it's just, you just take it easy on me. I don't need that. He said, no, no, I'm going hard. But I knew he was. And so, you know, I prefer, he has so, you know, good students, you know, like world champions, like Ma- Ma- Mateus Gias and, and Dylan Dennis, those guys, you know, and I, I like to train with that guys because when I go with Marcel, you know, I want to go, but I feel like he's just taking easy with me, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's crazy, but you know, that's how good he is. So because he's focusing purely on grappling, yeah, I on, think so, yeah. and you're doing, you've kind of evolved into an MMA grappler, you think that there's a divide there, that yeah. it's different? Yeah, that's for sure, you know, when I train there, what I realize is, it's just, you know, let's see, we start on the ground and it's one thing. When there is, 
with the guys there. If there is a stand-up and ground, it's different because, you know, I've been training a lot of takedowns and this kind of stuff. If we use the wall, it's better for me, you mm. know, because, you know, I learned how to use the wall. Yep. And with punches, it's even different. So my, my jiu-jitsu nowadays, you know, is, is, you know, I'm very good in using the punches and using the wall and this kind of things. I was talking to another friend of mine who was world champion too, Rodrigo Comprido. He's okay, like yeah. absolute world champion yep. a couple of times. I said, I was trying to, he said to me, I was trying to do your guarding pass. And, you know, you do so easy during the fight and I couldn't do it. I said, you know, in the train, I said, look, if I go to fight a good jiu-jitsu guy, it's hard to do in the training too. But the thing, you know, in the fight, I have the cage, I have the punches. So, you know, I just adapted the punches and the grappling to use together. So sometimes even if I don't punch, the guy is afraid of the punch. So the positionings are different. Ah. So I think that's why, you know, you know, I getting, you know, good in passing the guard in the MMA. And sometimes, you know, I go to the academy, I don't pass in the guy's guard because, you know, there's no punches or, or no, no, you know, fancy wall and that's it. When's the last time you were in a jiu-jitsu tournament? That was back, gi or no gi? Either. Gi, Gi was uh, January or February 2007. Oh, wow. Yeah. And no, Gi was December 2007. So my first fight in the UFC was October 2007. Then I fought the last no Gi, you know, jiu-jitsu competition one month after that or a couple months after mm -hmm. that. And that's it. So now that you've become a lot more famous around the world because of your UFC career, no one's ever tried to... To get you, you know, like a metamorphosis. Yeah, they try. They we are talking to, to Halle, you know, they, yeah. they want me to fight there. Are you interested? Yeah, yeah. I, and they were talking about Nick Diaz. I said, okay, it would be great. But then, you know, uh, I don't know what happens. And then we, we, we keep talking, you know, it would be great. You know, it's just not my focus, but it would be really, really great. You know, I like to fight. I like to fight jiu-jitsu. Do you ever train with the gi these days? Yeah, I train, like, yeah. mainly, like, now, because I'm not in camp, like, at least every Friday, you know, I put my gear and train with the, the competition team in my academy. Oh, really? Okay. Yes, But yes. when you're training for an actual fight, there's no point in training with the gear, uh, right? At least not for me, because yeah. I've been training with gear so long, you know, and, you know, nowadays, I think what I'm looking for is to be the most specific as we can during the camp, yeah. you know? So, uh, I don't do things just... Because you know, ah, it's different. You know, I, I gotta focus in what I'm gonna do. You know, I was, I was uh, reading a guy, an, an author that he said, you know, a writer that he said that, you know, we realize when you, when you, when is, you know, when you realize when you you get to, to the point that you want when not when there's not nothing anything more to add but when there is not anything more to cut mm. you know so i think we need to cut everything and be very specific during the camp so you know i do the boxing specific for my grappling you know i do the grappling that i'm gonna do during the fight you know so when the camp starts like nine ten weeks before the fight i'm very specific you know i'm very uh you know into what i'm gonna do so i'm not gonna do gi or something else but before it's okay so your next fight is may 14 it's May 14th. May yeah. 14 against Matt Brown. Yes. Uh, this is a card that's changed a little bit, right? Because it was mm -hmm. supposed to be on FS1. Mm -hmm. um, all signs point to it being on pay-per-view now. Yes. Uh, even Jacare's manager recently said that they were the main event, Jacare Belfort, but now it's been moved down. Yes. And I think it's going to be Verdun Miocic. At least that's what the yeah. the talk... Have yeah. you heard? What, yeah. do you, what have you heard? That's what I heard, too. Yeah. 
I heard that the main fight will be Verdun and Miocic. Yeah. I don't know how official is that, but I heard that, you know. And then Colmain is Jacare and, and Vitor. And then, you know, I think maybe I, I'm above that. That's a know? great pay-per-view. Very, very good, yeah. Very, very strong. Good. Very strong, you know. World title heavyweight. Yeah. Very good. And then Jacare Belfort, you, Matt Brown. Great, great, great. Is yeah. it Rio or Sao Paulo? Have you heard? Uh, they have many places, but I, I think it's not going to be Rio. I don't think it will be Sao Paulo. Okay. You know, they were talking about another states. Like, you know, they were, I heard talking it's about Fortaleza uh -huh. or Brasilia or Curitiba. I heard those three places. Do you have so, a preference? Uh, not not really. Not really. Do you, you like know? fighting in Brazil as opposed to the U.S. or more U.S. than uh, Brazil? I like both, you know. You like both. I like, you know, the, I, I was, you know, thinking about that. The last, since I dropped to the welterweight, I just fought in Brazil or Las Vegas. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and I love to fight Las Vegas. I love to fight in Brazil. I think, you know, if I kept, keep going, doing like that, it would be great, you know. It's working out for you. Um, and it's an interesting time for you because you've won four in a row. Four in a row, yeah. You're fighting Matt and Brown. And before that, I won three in a row. Then yeah. I lost, yeah. And now all of a sudden, wow, what a fascinating time at 170 because Stephen Thompson just fought. Did yes. you see that fight? Yes, I saw. What did I you saw. think of his performance? Very good. Very, very good. good. Very impressive because, you know, was against, you know, the former yeah. champion. Did you expect that? No, not really. Not really. So he has now become a player. Uh-huh. Tyron Woodley is campaigning. Yes. You're there. Matt Brown's there. Yeah. Um, Carlos Condit's still there. Yeah. Because I thought he won that fight. Did you see that uh, fight? Yes, I was, you know, cage. I watched in the first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's know. right. That's right. So. You came you all know, the way from Brazil to watch that, yes, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. The thing is, like, you know, I, I watch with too much emotion the fight because it's, it's in my division. Sure. You know? So I didn't, I didn't, you know, count the points, but I saw many people saying that he won. Some people said, Robbie won, so I really don't know. I, I gotta watch again that it fight. It was very close. Yeah, yeah, it was very close. That's for sure. Yeah. And on top of all of that, there's still some rumors of GSP returning. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. So my question is, where does Damien fit in all of this? Because I gotta say, after your fight against Gunnar Nelson, it seemed like it was a bit of a different Damien Maya. Like yeah, you yeah. were a little annoyed. Yeah. Like when am I gonna get the respect that I deserve? Yeah, yeah. You know what? You know, I just, you know, sometimes I don't talk too much, and that's yeah. that's myself. But you know. I, like I said, you know, I really believe, I truly believe that I can be the champion, you know, and I, you know, I feel, you know, and I can visualize that, you know, I'm going to fight for the title this year, oh. you know, I can visualize that. You, you know? feel it? Yeah, I feel that, you know, and I feel that I, I can be the champion. You never know, you know, if you're going to be or not, but I feel that, I, you know what I feel, because before it was too much... You know, with too much pressure, I was just thinking about like crazy title. I want to win the title. I want to. If I don't win the title, I'm not gonna be, you know, happy. Happy when I finish my career. Mm -hmm. But then suddenly, you know, when after I lost, I lost to Hori. You know, I just relaxed and said, okay, you know, I, I love what I do. You know, and you know that's great. You know, I make money doing what I love, and I keep doing that. But you know, let's see what happens. And once I relax, things start to flow better. Mm. And I remember a book that I read many years ago about the Zen archery. And the guy was saying to a guy who was trying to get the, you know, to, to hit the target with the, the bow and arrow. Yeah, yeah. And he said, you're not, you're not hitting because you, you want too much. You, you know, you, your desire is too big. The will is too big. So that's why, you know, what, what he means is you don't relax, you know, you're not relaxing. And I didn't understand well, and I always very, very focused and very, like like you say, uh, OCD or, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, very much. On the know, title, title, title. Title, title, title. Just think about that all the time. Everything that I do in my life is thinking about that. 
But that's, I think, add too much pressure on me. And when I relax, I said, okay, I'm doing what I love and, and you know, relax more. My Even my performance is getting better, you know? So I think that's the way. That's why now, you know, it's like it's not like, oh, I need to fight for the title. I will fight for the title. I will win. I just relax and I, I know I'm going to, you know, I'm going to fight for the title. And I know I have a great chance to win. That's why I want the chance. So, but I need to speak. So, you know, I want to fight for the title. So do you recall after... And, and try to move a little so that we don't see just your face. There of, you go. You see that right uh, over there? Because uh, I want to see. Uh, <laughs> of course. Uh, do you remember after the Rory fight saying, all right, I need to stop focusing? Like, was that the change for you? No, it was just something natural, you know? It's okay. something that, you know, that was not just the fight. Was that fight too? But was also because that was the first and the only time that I lost two in a row. Ah, yeah. Yeah, because I lost to Jake Shields before that I didn't think I lost, but in anyway they gave to him. And then I lost to Hori. But Hori was 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 different, you know, because after Jake's I was really sad. Because it's you know, split decision is the worst thing, you know, mm -hmm. that you can have. It was the the first one in my life. But after Hori, you know, I went there and I gave my best. And he gave his best. You know, it was a really close fight. Yeah. And that was okay. I was satisfied with myself, you know. And, of course, sad to, to because I lost. But after that, you know, there was that that event. And also the problem with my health, you know, the, the, the staff in my, yep. my bone, my shoulder bone. That makes made me rethink everything, you know, and, and, and see that, you know, the tire is not the most important thing in my life, you know, and especially because I have my kids, I have my wife, you know, I have all my family, my friends, uh, uh, you know, uh, I got to be a better person every day. Uh, I went to a Buddhist temple once in, in, in Sao Paulo near my house that wow. you stay like for a couple of days, you know, just meditating. And you cannot talk any words. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah? For how many days? For two days. You can do like for 10, for five, but you know, the, the minimum is like two days. You didn't say a word. You can say nothing. Wow. You just, you know, if you want a food or something, you just show, you have, you know, some mimics that you do, but you cannot say it's just like a silent, you know. Wow. Stuff. Did you go alone? Uh, there's people also, yeah, but you but cannot talk to nobody. But I was you? alone. Yeah. Wow. I was why did you do this? Because I like these different experiences, you know, and it, it's crazy that, you know, when you're born, since you're born and you start to talk, you know, all your life you always talk every day. Yeah. But if you go to a place like that and you don't, you can't talk for like, even for a couple of days, you start to internalize more, you know, you start to, to look inside you, you start to realize things and feelings and, and you know, uh, that is very important to grow as a human being, I think. Uh, you know, I always, since I start martial arts, you know, I think the, I start because I love, but the most and nicest thing about martial arts is, you know, you grow as a human being. Yeah. And by growing as a human being, you know, you make the, the people around you better, be, the, the life of the people around you better. So, you know, I, I'm in this path, you know, to, to, to understand myself better and, and, uh, and that's a way that I, that I did, you know. Was the, it difficult? Uh, no, it was easy. Could you I have think. gone more than two days? Maybe for some girls are very yeah, hard. You know, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but you know, I could do. Yeah, I could do. Wow. If I How had, long ago? Uh, that was a couple years ago. Wow, interesting. Yeah. So I think, you know, I would do for ten days, but it's so hard. Our 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 life is crazy. Sure. You know? So, uh, with all the traveling and all the training, but I would do for sure for ten days. A, a, a friend of mine in Brazil who used to be my manager. 
And he did like for a month, I think, somewhere in the middle of the... But it's, it's just meditation. But the only thing is just you can't talk, you know? You cannot talk, you cannot speak. It was around a year ago or so that you had the staph infection, right? Uh, that was 2014, I think. 14? Yeah, around... Or was it after the Ryan Lafleur fight? Year and a fight? half. Okay. No, no, no. It was before Lafleur. It just was just before. That's it was right. after Yakov Lev fight. That's right. Yeah. This was a serious deal, right? Yeah, it w is. Was it? Was there like any talk that this was life threatening? Uh, Meaning that? You yeah, could... yeah, yeah. There was because, you know, I, I was back in for the hospital for three times. Okay. What happened here? How did it start? Uh, you know, I I was going I was going to fight Mike Pio. That's right. Right. So. I had a little injury in my shoulder, you know, normal one. Which one? Uh, right shoulder. Okay. So I went to the the doctor, and he did a little shot, anti-inflammatory shot, local shot. Mm -hmm. And but because that small rule, maybe the back because I went back to training after that, you know, maybe the bacteria got in the bone there. Wow. So you know, when I one day I woke up with fever, everything, and a lot of pain in my my shoulder. And was in the bone. So we started coming back and forth, but in the hospital, because, you know, I try to stay l as little as I can uh, and leave to, to keep the fight, you know, with Mike Pyle. But then, you know, after a week, my fever came back and we need to go back. And then I, we called Joe Silva and said, we can't fight. So then we came back and then he was scheduling another fight. And then we call him again, you know, because I need to go back. The fever starts again. And after that, you know, the third time I had like a, a drain uh, thing, you know, like a... Oh, intravenous. Yeah, intravenous. Yeah, yeah, yeah IV. Yeah, IV inside my, my arm that was, you know, every day the 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 nurse will come to my house to, to shot the, yep. the antibiotics, you know, something permanent that you put here. Oh, you wow. Know? You know, how we call that? Like... Uh, in your veins? Yeah, when yeah, your yeah, vein yeah. goes through the vein of the heart. Oh, my. Know? Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. So we didn't know if it was, you know, uh, with bac bacteria or something. So when you come back, they start to make the tests. And there was nothing, you know, no bacteria anymore. Bacteria was good. So we didn't know what happens. And the fever keep coming back in every four hours. So we start to research. I start, of course, in the Internet, me and my wife, and see that, you know, if you have cancer, you can have that, you know, and people don't know. Or if you have... Like uh, the worst thing you could do is go on the internet, right? Because then you start the reading worst, about it. Yeah. worst thing. Like blood cancer, you can have the oh same. My. So all this kind of thing. So the doctor said, "Look, it's not in bad. Your, your, you know, or your, your bloody test is good. It's just something probably a virus, but we don't know because virus takes like three, four days to, to the test comes back. You know, get back." So he said, but if you're worried, we're going to do a PET scan. You uh -huh. know, a PET scan, you know, scan all your body to see if you have any cancer cell or something. Oh, my. So when I get in this point and the fever keep coming back, you know, it's like, it's like you know, it's like somebody beating you. And then you, when you recover, you get beat again and again, you know, your mind and your body start to put you down and you kind of de depress, you know, yeah. inside that yeah. hospital room. So after that, I, I went to the PET scan. I was really afraid, you know, not afraid of my my life, but afraid of my kids, you know, because I was thinking, okay, if I pass away, if I have something, they grow without a father, you know. So I was like, kind of, you know, really worrying about that sure. because, you know, I have small kids. Like How many? Two. Two. Okay. A girl should, should just turn five, and the boy just is will turn now in March three years old. Okay. 
So uh, I said, what's going to happen with Pietra and, and Lorenzo, you know, my, my kids? So I was worrying about that. Then we went to the PET scan. There was nothing. Then I was happy. And suddenly the fever starts to drop, you know, and after a couple of days, the the virus uh, scan or test came back and there was some different virus there. And, and that was it, you know, it was just, was crazy because I had the bacteria, the bacteria was co- it was good, it was was healing, but then I got a virus at the same time, oh. a, a normal virus that normally you get when you're a kid, but I didn't, you know, was, uh, what's the name? I forgot the name. But, but it was a staph infection, right? Was At the first it was a staph infection. And then yeah. it got worse. Then got worse. Did it, then was it like cured. a big opening here? No, 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 because it was inside the bone. Oh, my was gosh. Osteo- have you ever osteomyelitis. Had, have you ever had a staph infection like that? Yeah, yeah, many. In many. the bone? Not in the bone, never. You've had staph infection yeah, normal? Just, yeah, skin, and in Brazil, it's Jiu-jitsu? not so bad, like okay. here. Here in North America, when you get here in the U.S., it's really bad because I don't know if you guys use too much antibacterial stuff here. Ah. So there is just a strong back, back, bacteria here. Oh, that's interesting. But in Brazil, when you get it, normally it's not so bad. Like here, people really get bad staph infection. You've right? never had one where it's like your whole leg was all... Yeah, it was not whole, but, you know, of course, bad ones, yeah. but not... Not like some that I saw here in the United States. You know? So it was in the bones, so you couldn't see it? No, that was the, the problem. Oh, my gosh. And the guy said, the doctor said to me, look, we need really to stay, you know, and get the shots in your vein, antibiotics for, for you know, I took like 12 weeks, three months of shot. You wow. Know? Uh, because if either we don't cure that well, maybe it ends your career. You wow. Know? Yeah, because so you were it, thinking about that? Yeah, I was thinking, but again, I said, you know, that's not the most important thing in my life. You know, that's the time changing for me, because before I was like, you know, my obsession to to win the title was just that for me was the most important thing in my life. You yeah. know, for me before was like, and I said at an interview that, you know, I was scary about just two things: something happening to my kids, and lose a fight. You mm-hmm. know. And now I saw that it's not that big deal, you know. I, as an athlete, if I lose a fight, I would be really, really sad for months. But in the end of the day, you know, one day we're going to finish the career and the life goes on. So that's why, you know, this mindset, when it changed, made me fight better and perform better. And Isn't everything. it funny how that works? Like something like that has to happen for you to appreciate. It is. It it's is. a crazy world. It's crazy, you know. And some... Something that changes too, you know, and after La Fleur's fight, you yeah. know, the fight that was coming back, I realized one thing, and then I said to me, you know, by the press conference, he said, look, you're doing great, your jiu-jitsu is great, you know, we're not asking you to stand up and, you know, striking with the guys because, you know, there's a lot of people want to see your jiu-jitsu. But when you mount in the guy, you got to get a little bit more risks, you know, punch the guy a little bit more, try to go to submissions because you just, you know, I was just like keeping the position and not really trying, you know, to win the fight. But then after that sticking in my mind, I said, of course, you know, I have a good jiu-jitsu. I can try that, you know, before I was trying. Yeah. So when I, the next fight with New Magni, you know, even if, you know, he didn't really give the back to me, he just turned a little bit. I said, I'm going to get the risk. And I jumped under. Yeah. And, you know, I could lose the position, but, you know, I got the risk and I was rewarded right. for that. You know, I, I, I got the submission. That was great. And the last fight I tried to, you know, I tried to go to Gunnar's arm, but Gunnar is another level, you know, in jiu jitsu wise. You know, he's very good jiu jitsu fighter. You know, he fought Abu Dhabi and all this. Sure. Stuff. 
so it was harder. But you know, I went to his arm. You know, I really punch. I try to make him open his space. So that's what I'm changing. Also, you know, that was nice that then I said that to me because you know that's something that clicks something also. Are you tired at this point? Like you went through a stretch, Lafleur, Magny, mm -hmm. Gunner, where it seemed like they were putting these rising stars against you. Yeah, oh, to see and, and Yakovlev. Yakovlev. Yeah. Are you tired of that at this point? Yeah, you know, uh, I'm like happy a, because I keep winning, but but at at some point, I mean, you want yeah, no, to. Yeah, no, no, I want to fight for the title. I mean, yeah. After I won Gunnar, you know, I thought I could fight for the title. You, you thought know? so? Yeah, I thought they they could put because there was, you know, I was thinking about okay, they can put they're not gonna put it if they they don't want to sure. do a rematch because you know he just fought they not put in johnny hendrix right now because he was going to fight the the wonder boy then they are not putting who else there was another uh, hori hori because yeah. hori just fought. lost yeah. yeah and then there was me and 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 woodley yep so the, it was between me and woodley you know so i said okay there's a real chance but then you know they didn't decide then I said, okay, but I told you, remember in, in Las Vegas, I said, okay, I think the, the fights that make sense now is Woodley or Matt Brown. And, you know, I'm happy that, you know. I got, You're okay with Matt Brown? I'm okay. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. But you wanted title shot. Uh, of course. But, <laughs> that, you know, the, the dream was the title shot. But the next good stuff right. was fighting like a guy like Matt, Matt Brown or Woodley, you know, because if I know if I, I beat those guys, you know, then... I really into that title shot. You never know, you know, UFC, it's crazy. You never know what's going to happen, right. but, you know, I think I will be really into the title shot. Well, okay, so what about Woodley? Do you think he deserves it next? Like, okay, you, it, it's clear you're not, someone has to fight Robbie yeah, Lawler. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the thing. People, I saw a lot of people saying on the internet, okay, now Woodley should fight Wonder Boy for the top poker. But who fights Lawler? Yeah. You know, if everybody forgets that he got to fight, you know. So I think, you know, the fair, because I'm fighting, you know, uh, Matt Brown, now I think it would be fair if Woodley fight, you know. But okay. I, I just hope they fight fast, you know. Soon. They fight, yeah, I think around May would be good, you know. What about this? This is starting to become a thing. It's gaining momentum. Uh -huh. Conor McGregor. Have you heard about this? That... Conor McGregor versus Robbie Lawler. After he beats Rafael dos Santos, if he wins, okay. there's some talk of him moving up to 170 to fight for the belt. How would you feel about that? Uh, sad, you know, because that's crazy. Because we are athletes and we work uh, very hard our our way to the to the title. And I understand that this fight would make a lot lot of money, but you know, as an athlete, I don't agree with that. I can't disagree more. You know, I think. Okay, if you go, you gotta gotta work, you know, and do a couple fights at least to prove that you can fight because it's a different division. But in the end of the day, I don't think he will win against Rafael. You don't think so? No, I don't Why think not? so. Because it's too much weight difference. I mm. think you know. I think it's different body body types. Rafael is very tough. He, he proved that you know yeah. against in his last fights. But I don't. I, I'm sure he has his chance. Of course, corner. Sure. You know, he proved that also against Aldo. No. You know, at least most people, you know, didn't think about, you know, most people that understand the sport didn't think about he was going to win. And he did mm. in, in a, you know, 13 in, seconds in a fashion way. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. You know, I was shocked. I really? just fought. Yeah, I went to the corridor to watch the fight. I said, okay, let's watch that fight. You know, just, you know, relax. Sure. Then, you know, the when the, the things happened, I was shocked. You know, I was really, what the fuck? You, know? <laughs> you uh, didn't expect that. No, not at all. Do you think, think Aldo was going to win? I think so. Yeah, I thought so. Not not because you know, you know, I like him and he's my friend. But I thought you know, 
if you think about athletes, I think he was more complete and more yeah. proven. But I feel like everyone picks against Connor every fight, and he continues to surprise. No, so. no, he's he's yeah, he's he's a good, great athlete for sure. So it was a part There's of you no hoping doubt. that RDA wins on March fifth, so that he doesn't move up to one seventy, because you know if he goes up there, he's gonna they, get that title shot right away, right? I think so. Yeah. Will you be pissed off? Uh, yeah, I will. Yeah, but uh, I hope he doesn't win. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know RDA? Have you, uh, Rafael Dos Anjos, have you trained with him before? No, no, never trained never. with Rafael, yeah. I have a theory uh-huh. about you. I feel like to a degree, you are still paying for UFC 112. Like you're, you're still being punished think, for that. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I guess the Anderson, Anderson Silva, yeah. I feel like in some way that fight uh, turned out to be this crazy thing. Uh-huh. Not your fault, uh-huh. obviously. Um, but in some way, in the people's eyes, in the promotion, it, deep in the back, you're still paying for that. Yeah, maybe, that's why you you're not in that discussion. Yeah, maybe, feel- but at the same time, that fight ch- uh, changed my career. How so? You know, after that, everybody, you know, in that time, Anderson never had any challenge, really, really real challenge. So that fight ain't for like f- went for five rounds and. You know, I didn't did well, but in the end, I was a little bit better. I was trying to fight, but I, a lot of people start to recognize me, you know, as a fighter. Uh, the, even though you lost. Even though I lost, wow. you know, I, I got a lot of, you know, good, uh, I would say... Feedback? Feedbacks. Yeah. Of course, you know, every time somebody going to give you a feedback, they're going to give it... Of course, to your face, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, the fi- what I mean is like... In, in, doesn't matter the feedback, but what happens is like everybody spoke about that fight, right? Sure. Because of what Anderson said, and people are, you know, the, so the people are, are talking about that fight, and that I think put me in another in a different level. You know, mm. people start to recognize me more because it was that guy who fight with Anderson. You okay. Know? But yeah, maybe your theory is right. You know, maybe I'm I'm still paying for that. You know, but you know. I lost some fights also, you know, in the in the way sure. after that. So after that fight, I lost, you know, all my fights. I have twenty two in, in the UFC. Twenty two. Twenty two. Wow. I am. I am the with Anderson, the Brazilian who pulled most wins in the UFC. Really? Yeah. And was was drawed was was even with Tibau too, but I think because Tibau. You know, the last had the, one, the yeah, problem yeah. with the so now you're tied with Anderson, yeah. Tied with, I think, with 16, 16 wins, yeah, yeah, 16 wins, me and Anderson. Okay, so and and in all overall, was like number five tied with other guys, really. Yeah, wow, yeah. where has the time gone? It's unbelievable, yeah, it's crazy. How it's long crazy. do you want to fight for? At least when I started the UFC, I said I want to fight at least till four years old. But now I think it'll go a little bit further. <laughs> now you're what? 30... 38. 38. Yeah, I wow. turned 38 in November. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank so you. you want to go past 40. You're feeling good. Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling great. You know, I'm feeling great. And I never had really like bad injuries, you know, training wise. Okay, this one was sure. my injuries, like a sickness, I feel, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. but like really like I never had problem with my ligaments or this kind of thing. So. Going back to 112, I, I was at 112. Uh, I remember. very few journalists yeah. there, yeah. American journalists. Yes. And it was surreal being there because not only were we outside uh-huh. and the sheiks were there, it was just yeah. a very unique thing. The first outdoor, Abu Dhabi. It was crazy, yeah. And then at, what was going on in the fight yeah. was bizarre. Yeah. Afterwards at the press conference. Did you go to the press conference? No, I didn't. My, my, my eye was 
too close, so they sent me to the hospital. Dana was very upset. Yeah. Anderson, Ed Soares was there. It was all weird. For you, was that maybe the, the weirdest, most frustrating night as, as an athlete, period? Jiu-Jitsu, MMA, Judo, everything. Have you ever experienced something like that? No, it was, was something different. You know, was was sad for me, you know, because what I think was sad for me and for the first time in a fight, in one point, I didn't believe that I could win. Ah, you know, after I turned, you know that, you know, after the the end of the third round when I land the first yeah, punch, yeah, yeah. I remember I land two good punches during that fight, one in the third round and the other one in the fourth round. Okay, but you, you know, the second round and and the first half, first second and first half of third round, I was like, in one point, I said, I think I'm not gonna win. Uh. Maybe I'm gonna get knock knock it out. Wow, you, know? you started thinking that. So for the first time in my wow. life, for the only time in my life. You know, I said, I can't find the distance, you know, I can't, you know, the training, I think the training was wrong for that fight, Why? you know, because we were training a strategy to wait for him to come to shoot, you know, and put him down. But with Anderson and Cheo proved that later, you got to chase him, you mm. know, and you got to, you got to throw, you know, overhands and great stuff, everything that if you want to be technical with him, stand up, he's always much more technical than sure. you, at least than than me, you know, and most, you know, 99% of the guys. So you can be so technical, stand up with, with him, you cannot be uh, orthodox, you know, because I was trying, you know, to, you know, keep the distance and jab and go away, but he was just hitting me so hard with his jabs. When I said, okay, it doesn't matter, I'm just going to fight, then was better. Yeah. And I have a theory. Yes. If I had fight him before my first loss, you know, when I just went there mm -hmm. and throw, you know, overhands and, and clinch with the guys, maybe it would be different, you know, because, you know, after the loss to Nate Marquardt, my first loss, I start to focus on boxing very much and I start to focus on, you know, keep the distance, you know, and be more patient to get in and throw more straight, straight punches. Uh, you know, defend you know the punches with my leg instead clinching. Mm. So that's put me a little bit out of my my nature, and and that was good. You know, not for me, but it was good for him. So what about the talking? Did that mess you up? Uh, when he was talking to you? He no, was... no, I, did. I I expected he was doing he was going to do his stuff. What not did he talking. say? What did he say to you? Ah, he said something. What but is our you... jujitsu right now? Why do you call you Playboy? Because, you know, because, you know, uh, Playboy in Brazil is like a rich boy. But I've never been rich boy, you so know. So where does this come from? Uh, my, my family is, is not rich. Actually, I help all my family, you know. And uh, It comes because, you know, maybe I study and he didn't study, you know. I have uh. college, you know. But I did that. But I work, you know, at the same time. Sure. And I train, you know. And my family, we never had, like, you know, I bought an apartment for my mother, like, three years ago. He, he ne She never had an apartment, you know. When we are, like, 16... We get kicked out of our house, you know. I was because my father and my mother were separate. Okay. So my mother was, you know, we didn't have money to pay, and there was my mother, me, and my brother. I was 15 or 16, 15 or 16, and we get kicked kick out. I need to live with my grandmother in a place that, you know, was sleeping in the living room, this kind of things for many years. So, wow. you know, I was never playboy, you know, and. But it's easy to say that because it's just a stereotype. Okay, this this boy, you know, he did college and stuff, so he must, you know, be a playboy. Did that bother you when he was talking like no, that? No, after that, I was, you know, he's an asshole, you know, yeah. doing that because, you know, he doesn't know my, my, my life and, you know, what happens and everything that I passed through. 
But yeah, it doesn't matter, you know. It's, what was your relationship like with him going into that fight? Did you have uh, a good relationship? Or yeah, you... yeah, yeah. Actually, he was. That was surprising because he was. He met me at the the hotel, and we had many friends in, co in, yeah, common, in common. You know, like Nogueras were there, and sure. they are big friend of mine. Actually, yeah. he, they took me to train boxing in Salvador in Bahia, and they were with him then. And Andre Galvan, who is big friend of mine, I brought him to train with, with our team when he was a kid, you know. And he was training him in jiu-jitsu. Uh, you know, Josuel Destaque, who is mm -hmm. Jacare's, you know, uh, coach, was my coach back before UFC, you know, was my MMA coach. Uh -huh. So we we had no problem, you know. And he was, every time he meet me in the, the hotel, he has, hey, how doing, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so I was kind of surprised, but, you know. Uh, it doesn't matter, you know. I don't. I don't. How do you feel about him now? Uh, I don't care anymore. Like I said, I relax. You know everything. But for a while, did it bother you? For a while, yeah, I didn't like him at all. You know, I didn't. Did you ever have a run-in with him afterwards and be like, "Yo, man, what was going on? Why did you talk like that? Why did you no, act like that?" No, no, never. You know, never, never, never. Not your had style. A, yeah, no, no. But I, I, I don't care anymore. You know, I think everybody you know has his own way and he made his mistakes i made my mistakes and that's it you know i don't care anymore you know i hope he's good with his family and everything when he got knocked out by weidman acting like that did a part of you deep down say and not so deep not so deep <laughs> not so deep you know i was i was clearly you know i was i was you know think okay you deserve that you got what you yeah, deserved yeah 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 because yeah. yeah. it was almost the same thing right yeah to a yeah. degree not quite as no, much yeah as what he, he was... didn't talk but yeah, yeah, yeah. you know uh the thing that I think was wrong in my fight, that you know, my, my jiu-jitsu coach Wagner was saying that I don't, I didn't remember that, but he said, in one point of my fight, I tried to chase Anderson, and he ran behind the free, and you know, and and start to doing like that, you know, and and hiding behind, yeah, 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 and the free just laughed. He know? laughed. Yeah. Really, I have to go back yeah. and look at that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't remember, but really? that's my jiu-jitsu coach said. So that was crazy, you know. The other crazy thing about Abu Dhabi was that. If you see the fight, Anderson did had the the red the tape the red tape in his hands. Oh, that's right, that's right. That because was a big there thing. was no commission there, so that's they right. forget. You know, if you see the fight, I have the blue tape, but he has nothing in his in his that's wrist. That's right. Yeah. Why do you think that was? Because I think they just forget. You know, they just forget. I think they forget. Yeah. That yeah. is unbelievable. How long yeah. did it take for you to get over that? Where you were like, all right, I'm not going to think about this. Was it the next fight, or was it a couple of years <laughs> that you stopped thinking about that? No, uh, sometimes I still think, like I said, nowadays I relax, but sometimes I still think. Really? You know, in one point I said, oh, I'm going to, I never said that to nobody, but I said I'm going to win the water, welterweight title and I'm going to challenge him, you know. Wow. In one point, learning my welterweight, you know, yeah, yeah. career, but I don't care about that anymore. When's the last know? time like, you watched it? Watch what? That fight on TV. Uh, I just like, watched, fight. you know, right after the fight, when I was in Abu Dhabi, I went to a hotel room and watched and that's it i never, never seen it again never seen it again no yeah. interest no no interest. actually you know many of my fights uh, i watched once and i didn't watch it that's anymore. it yeah that's it yeah are you the kind that watches a lot on your opponent like matt brown will you watch a lot of his fights not a lot i like to watch uh -huh. you know but this is for me is like uh, work i really yeah. don't like to sit and watch my opponent but i know it's important you know so i watch at least once once his fights and my coaches you know my my conditioning coach, my Eduardo, you know, my which is my head coach, my BJJ coach, my boxing coach, they all watch many mm -hmm. times. But I watch 
at least once each each fight because it's important to, to see and get the feeling you know i do i do feel like to a degree the gunner nelson fight was a was a a turn for you mm -hmm. because a lot of people were very much looking forward to that fight yes you were above him in the rankings but they're like okay this is going to be the match the two yeah, jiu-jitsu yeah, yeah. experts actually and, they, they thought he, he was going to win yeah, he was asking for him. that fight yeah yeah He was him, asking. his coach, everyone were asking yeah, for it. Joe Silva wanted it. Yeah. Everyone wanted it. Yes. You take the fight. And a lot of people wouldn't take the fight, let's be honest, because he was below you in the rankings. Yeah. You take the fight. Big stage, UFC 194, huge event, uh -huh. his teammate. And, and you just completely dominated him. And I know that you're a very humble guy, but deep down, it must have bothered you that people were picking him, right? And then that was kind of like, screw you, everyone, right? Finally, get, give me the respect that I deserve. I feel like now you get the respect after that fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what It's I changed. said after. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so, you know, and... That is growing, you know. I, I, I need to grow, you know, this talking and confidence, you mm. know, understand how to call for that title, you know, and, and I'm working on that, you know. I'm I need to to be more out 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 outspoken. Yeah. You know, uh, Did you say anything to him after? I mean that was a real lesson that you gave him. Did you give mm. him any advice, say like don't worry, you know, sometimes you see the mm. did you say anything to him or not really? No, not really. I, we just Eduardo, you know, met him and his father and said, if you one day you want to go to our academy, it would be oh, a yeah. pleasure. You would know, you this. be interested? Yeah, it's okay. You know, it's, you know, I, I, my academy is open for everybody. You know, we, we, we good with everybody. Where is it? Sao Paulo? In Sao Paulo, yeah. It's the Damien Maia Academy. Yeah, Damien Maia Villa da Luta, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that means uh, house of? Uh, Villa is like a village. Village. Of the fight. Of the know? fight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is this for professionals only or no, regular no, 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 people? No, 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 no. Regular people, oh. you know, mainly jiu-jitsu, but there's some kickboxing too and boxing. And we have the professional training uh, 11 o'clock, the, the grappling professional, and then the boxing afternoon, like 6 o'clock, something like that. Yeah. Do you still believe at 38 years old, uh -huh. Amy my best jiu-jitsu in MMA? Number one. Uh... You could be honest. I think, yeah, I think, I think, you know, I, I adapted well for yeah. MMA. I think, you know, I studied a lot, you know, and uh, the thing is, you know, there's fighters that when you go, you know, you got to think out of the box. I think when Lyoto won, mm. you know, that title was because he was different, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So when you're different, it's easier, I think, to get there. You know what I mean? Yeah, It's yeah. like, you know... Almost everybody's like a good kickboxer with good ground skills and, you know, okay wrestlers and with small difference. But I think, you know, when you, you're different, you know, if you ask me, are you the best one in the welter division? I don't think so. Are you the toughest one? I don't think so. Or the best, you know, striker? I don't think so. But can you win the title? Yes, I think so. Mm. You know, because I, I'm different than the guy used to, the, the other guys used to fight, you know. I, Uh, I'm different that normally they expect, you know, uh, mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm feeling well, I'm feeling healthy, and I feel that, you know, I'm learning more tricks to be even more different, that it's going to make harder for the guys to, to, to fight against me. Who do you think is number two? Like, who do you really love watching? You say, wow, this guy... Hori, Hori for sure. Hori for me is the best. For jiu-jitsu? Ah, no, 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 no. I, I mean the welterweight division. Hori, really? Wow. Hori is the even best. Even though he lost to Robbie. Even he lost, you know, I think because he lost and of course, you know, Robbie, he has all his, you know, he's great. Yeah, yeah. He, he's the best actually. I mean, he's the champion. Sure, sure. But if you think about technique, you know, uh, I think Hori is the, the best, you know. What about jiu-jitsu only? Jiu-jitsu only in, in, in UFC? In MMA. In MMA? 
Uh, Verdun is good. Oh, you yeah. Know? yeah. What Verdun. a comeback he's had. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like Robbie. Yeah. The same. That's true. What about Pagliaris? Yeah, Pagliar is good. But what's going on here uh, with the whole thing? This is a problem, right? Yeah, it's hard to talk. You know, I don't know. I don't know. You ever meet him? Met many times, you know, but what's I happening? don't. Uh, I don't know him deeply to, to, to judge, you know, to but say But as a jiu-jitsu practitioner, this is the worst kind of thing, right? To hold on too long? I think it's, yeah, it's not it's not right for Especially sure. Especially leg locks and things. Yeah, I, mean, I think you, you got to learn how to release and... But I don't want to judge on him because I don't know what goes goes in on inside his mind. You know, I can't I can't tell. So okay, uh, I think you know I like you said I like this those comebacks like Verdun, you know, and Robbie Lawler. You yep, know, I have a yep. lot of lot of respect is respect for that guys. And you know what happens? I think it's the same that I said. That what happened to me when you relax, you know, mm. when you relax and. You think, okay, for me, that's it. And I train him because I like to train. I'm going to keep fighting. And then suddenly they come back. Yeah. You know, because it was extreme for them. They were kicked out of the out of the USC, you know. Of course. Both, yeah. Yeah. Something that would surprise some people. You didn't start as a jiu-jitsu guy. It was no. judo, right? No. Or taekwondo? For, uh, judo was the first one. I was four or five years old. Okay. And I just remember really, you know, few classes and stuff, doing some stuff and then one competition. And then when I was 12 years old, I started to do Kung Fu. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, late, I moved to Jiu-Jitsu. Then I did like, some... What, 16? Uh, 19. 19. Wow. 19. Yeah, yeah. I think people would be surprised to hear that because we talk about your Jiu-Jitsu all the yeah. time, but that's Actually, not... one day, that's, you know, nobody knows also, you know, just some friends. When I was 18, I did the MMA fight, you know. Uh-huh but it not in my records and you know that was in a, in a place in Brazil in a beach in like a warehouse and I won and was like I was training just Kung Fu and I was doing some Jiu Jitsu with some cousins you know but you, they were Ryan Gracie students but I was just learning some techniques not really going to the Jiu Jitsu Academy mm-hmm. to do and I fought this one I won I was 18 years old you didn't know. you fight someone who was like 260 pounds or something yes I did was I, it that fight uh, no that was the second that was your this official one is debut internet. yeah my official debut well, how, how much did you weigh uh, in that time it was 82 kilos is around 180 180 you fought a guy 260 yeah the guy was Why? like 260 or more than 260 it was one, one, 125 130 uh, why so big why such a difference because there was no no one else no no yeah that's the thing the thing I was going to fight another guy okay. who was like maybe 205 yeah and the guy just pulled out in the last minute and I was there was in Venezuela in Caracas okay so the other guy said the teacher of the academy don't worry the guy that was supposed to fight <laughs> the wrestler I was like 22 years old and the guy said the wrestler that was supposed to fight he, he can fight you I don't need to fight you know I said, okay. And then they were trying to find first another guy. They found like a kickboxer. He was like 175 and I was 180. And then he said, you want to fight that guy? The the guy said, okay, but he doesn't have any jiu-jitsu experience. You're going to kill him. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my friend Terere, you know, another jiu-jitsu fighter, he said, that means we're just going to kill this guy. You know, it was like a top-level brown belt world champion, you know. And then I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me somebody tougher. And then he said, okay, there's this guy, you know. And when he said, I said, oh, maybe it's better the other way, you know. But then finally, you know, I fought that guy. I was crazy, you know. uh, You beat him? Yeah, I beat him. How'd you beat him? I I stepped to his knee like an old Royce Gracie style. 
and clinch and try to take him down, but I could lock my hands well. He was a little fat, you know? Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I tried to roll, and he was a wrestler, so I tried to take him down, but he didn't fall. He fall on his on, on four, you know, on yeah, his yeah. knees and hands. So I ran to his back, put the hooks, and start to punch, and it was like a TKO, and it was 45 seconds, something like that. So that's your official, but you, you say that you had a fight before that. Before, How did yeah. you win that one? The, that was crazy, too, because, you know, I started doing, like, the kung fu stuff, the punches. Oh, yeah. And the guy was a capoeira guy. Oh. He just put his head down, and he, he uh, that was 155, okay. this fight. He hit me and, you know, got connect to my shin, and I fall, fall down. But I didn't, you know, pass out. I just, you know, was a knockdown. Then I stand up again, and then he, he tried to hold me, and I got underhook, you know, on his... And I, I had some experience in jiu-jitsu with my cousins like i said and i took him down mount and start to punch and the referee stopped the fight okay but and i tried to go to a mataleon a rear naked choke but the thing is that you know i realized that was less than a minute fight that you know i've been training kung fu for like in that time for like five six years since i was really young and in the end i did like three classes of jiu-jitsu with my cousin and, huh. what, and what saved me was the jiu-jitsu amazing and I said, okay, maybe I, I got to start to do that, you know. So why don't they put that on your record? Uh, I don't know. I never I never show this fight, you know. Maybe if I send to Sure Dog, sure. I show. I ne- actually, this is in a VHS tape. Oh, wow. I'm going to pass, when I come back to Brazil, now, I was thinking about it. I'm going to pass to a CD and maybe, you know, download it. Was it in that. a ring? No, it wasn't like a match, you know. Oh, open. Wow. It's a warehouse, was like, was not, it was, was crazy, you know. It was just go there. I remember my Kung Fu coach. He put the car really bit far because he said if the people try to beat us after, you know, many guys, if we win, we need to run to the car. <laughs> it was this kind of thing, you know? Crazy. Yeah. Um, all right. We are running out of time. What a pleasure this is. Having My so pleasure. much fun. When are we going to see the Damien Maya show? Because one of the things I love about you is that you have a journalism degree. Yes. It's amazing. Yeah. So you truly appreciate the MMA media. Yeah. You know the struggle that we go through. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know. Now it's much better than before, right? It is better, right? Yeah, it's come it a is. long way. Yes. I, uh, you know, I love, what I love nowadays, the media that I love are podcasts. Podcasts? Yeah. That's ju- this. Yeah, 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 exactly. I just walk, you know, I just listen for that in, in the... In the car when you In the car, trying. yeah. I don't listen to music anymore in the car. So I like, the Americans want like like Joe Rogan or Joe Rogan's Tim Ferriss, you yeah. know, great, like so not James MMA? Altucher. Uh, some stuff, but... Other stuff. Yeah, but more to relax, other stuff, to learn some new stuff. Uh, English? Are they, are they big in Brazil? No, 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 because in, in English, you know. Okay, are I there listen, any Portuguese ones? Yeah, there's good Portuguese ones that I listen, like another ones like Nerdcast, uh, you Yo, know. Oh, wow, look which at you. Is, yeah, it's very nice. Yeah. And MMA hour. Yeah, of exactly. Course, so yes, yes, so <laughs> all this, all this different stuff that I like to, so maybe in the future, you know, some Damn podcast. Damien podcast. Yeah, something wow. like that, yeah. That'd but not just about, maybe, maybe about everything. Everything. You know? Yeah. Do you want to be, do you want to do your journalism when you're done fighting? Do you want to use your degree or do you, are you going to just run your school? What do you think you're going to uh, do? I, I don't have really, you know, big plans about that right now. You did know? you want to become a journalist before being a fighter? Like, why did you go into journalism? Because, no, I always want to be a fighter, but okay. in that time... When I got in the university was in 1997. Mm-hmm. There was not really like way to be a professional fighter, you know, for life, you know, at sure. least in Brazil was, sure. or even before that. So I was always planning to do a, first I want to do college in veterinary, you know, because oh. I love animals yep, and this yep. kind of stuff. 
But then, you know, I did journalism too, and I passed in journalism. I didn't pass the, the oh. trials on veterinary. Okay. It was really tough, you know, uh, for the public university in Brazil, which is the best. But my university in journalism was very good too. Okay. So I passed for journalism. I said, okay, let's do journalism. And it was better because it was less time easier, you know, than yeah. the, the veterinary. So I could train at the same time and teach this kind of thing. It's easier to be a journalist than a veterinarian. Much more. Yes, <laughs> um, I don't know if you heard this, by the way, before I let you go. Hoist Gracie, you know Hoist Gracie. Yeah, of He's course. fighting uh-huh. this I Friday. I know. How do you feel about this? I feel great, you know. You feel good about yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's nice to see. I'm curious. Not too old? You know, yeah, but, you know, if there's people want to watch, and I want to watch, you know. You will watch? Yeah, of course. Wow. Uh, Did you ever train with him? No, I met him. Was a great in in China in two thousand eight in a in a heaven event that the the Sheikh the Sheikh oh, yeah. did you know in China the one from Abu Dhabi yes they okay did that Sheikh Tanun no it was not Tanun it's Mohammed okay he did, his brother have you ever gone there to train with those guys yeah I went to Tanun once in back in after my John Fit when John Fit they fly you out there and everything right yes 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 first class yes. It's nice. Very you nice. You stay in the palace? No, I stay in a hotel pretty close. But okay. it, there was a World Jiu-Jitsu Pro competition at the same time. So I was like a VIP presence there. Wow. And I went to train. There was me and BJ. It was oh, wow. great. Yeah, <laughs> because it was, it was funny. You know, me, BJ, Eduardo, and BJ's manager. So oh, wow. we had a lot of fun. It was, you know, BJ so funny. You know, we were making fun about everything. It was funny. So back to Hoist Grace. So you met him in China? Yeah, I met him in China. It was great because he came to me. I never met, I met I, you know, I know many graces and I, you know, I'm friends with Hanzo, Hickson, and, yeah. and Chrome, you know, and the, the young generation. So I, and Kira, you know. Of course. And I came to, to Hoist and said, hey, nice to meet you, you know, a pleasure. You, one of my others said, oh, you were, everybody say you're the new Hoist Grace, you know. Oh, and, wow. It was just after the Cheo's fight, you know. Okay. So I was, you know, I never lost in that time. I was like 12 and no, or 11, no. And it was great to hear that, you know, of course. For, from him. Because, you know, one of the reasons that I started every, all the MMA stuff is because, you know, of watching him. So you support him fighting on uh, on Friday? For sure. No for sure. No gi this time, though. Yeah, yeah, he's, because he's gonna, now it's the can. rule. Yeah, 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 it's okay, you know. Like I said, you know, of course I'm not expecting, you know, to be like a UFC title fight or something like that, you know. But, you know, I'm curious to see. Of course I am. All right. Well, Damien, I have to say, what a pleasure this has been. So much Thank fun. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed very it. Very nice to be here. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, when I'm in town, you know, I'm able, you know, Anytime. I, I will come you here. You are welcome. And I'm Thank sorry you. about the cold weather. Wow. It's summer in Brazil, right? It's summer. When I left, there was like 90. What are you doing here? This weekend was horrible. Uh, was cool. You know, I don't care. You know, the the side the side of my mother in my family they're from Russia, so you know I don't oh, feel so much. I, I didn't think. know that. Yeah, Russia. Yeah, yeah the, my 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 grandmother and grandfather from the the fathers of the parents of my mother. Which part? I think it's near Ukraine or Poland okay. around there. Wow. Yeah. Did you go there? Never. I go probably in the second half of the year because now you know there's some academies affiliated with the MMI Jiu Jitsu Association in Brazil, so. Will be great. That is great. Yeah. Uh, congratulations on your success. Thank You've you been very doing much, great. Sarah. I wish you the best of luck. May fourteenth, Damian Maya returns to action against Matt Brown. A very important fight in the welterweight division. This man has been rolling. He wants your respect. He has earned your respect. Stop doubting, Damian Maya. <laughs> it's about um, time. Give me that title shot if I win. There you go. Right, Dana White watches this show every week. Yeah. So good. he has he has from your lips to Dana's ears. Okay. Yeah. Dana is listening. 
And, you know, if I win that fight, I want to fight for the title. All right. Forget about McGregor. <laughs> That's it. Say no more. Again, thank you so much, Damien. I thank wish you, you the best. Enjoy your time here. Thank you. And, of course, good luck in May. I'm sure I'll talk to you before then. But, again, for sure. uh, good luck to you. So now we're going to go to another classic clip as we say goodbye to Damien Maya and reconfigure the studio. We were just talking about Hoist Gracie. So how about looking at this clip from April of 2011, right before UFC 129. I spoke to Hoist Gracie, and he said he wanted one more fight. Well, five years later, he's getting that one more fight. So here it is. Another classic clip. Y'all must have forgot me and Hoist Gracie, April of 2011. Ariel Hawani in Toronto gearing up for UFC 129. And look who we have bumped into, the legend himself, Mr. Hoist Gracie. Hoist, it is great to see you, my friend. Thank you. Good to see you, too. Very interesting that you are here. We're uh, obviously uh, about to uh, enjoy this massive event for the UFC. But we've heard some rumors about you that you want to come back and fight at the UFC event in Rio. Is that, in fact, true? It's all rumors for now. So we haven't talked, nothing's been said. But you're interested at least. Well, UFC put me as an active fighter. So we'll see. Why did they do that? I have no idea. We haven't talked, like I said. So you haven't officially talked about it. Is that maybe why you're here in Toronto? Um, I came in actually to help out the, with the release of the DVD, the Oldman Hoist Grayson. It's on the, on the expo. Could be gravy, right? The other stuff? Everything else on the air. Let's just say this if they did offer you a fight again, are you interested in fighting? Or are, are those days over? No, I'm interested. I got one more. You got one more? I got one more. And it wouldn't make sense, right, to have a Gracie fight in Brazil? <laughs> kind of one plus one equals two. UFC knows what he's doing, they, they know what they're doing. How about being here, 55,000 people, you fought UFC 1, I mean, you really put the sport on the map, and now we're about to have a show in front of 55,000 people in a baseball stadium. Did you ever think back then that it would come to this? Oh, yeah. It's, uh, my father fought in Maracanã in Brazil, so that's a lot of people over there, too. They put like 70,000, 80,000 in Maracanã, so, and that was like oof, 70 years ago. So, yeah, we knew it was going to get that big. It's just a question of time, educating the crowd. Do you still actively train? Oh, yes. Training, teaching all the time. So let's say on a scale of 1 to 10, how good uh, shape are you in right now? Last night I ran five miles, breathing through my nose. Not a problem. Do you have a dream fight? You say you have one more. Is there someone in particular that you would like to fight? Think about it. Think about it? Uh-huh. It makes sense? Yep. Can you give me a hint? I can't give you any hints, man. It's right there. Have you fought him before? Yes. Really? <laughs> so a sort of grudge match, if you will. Nah, there's no grudge. There's no grudge. If I were a betting man and I had to put money on it, will Hoist Gracie fight again in the UFC, perhaps in Rio? Don't know. I have no idea about that. That I don't know. Right. <laughs> you're, you're, playing the, you're playing the cards very close to your vest, as they say in poker. No, I just don't know. You don't know. I just don't know. I wish I would know. <laughs> By the way, I don't know. I need to start get ready for the fight if I if I am fighting. And Jake Shields, GSP, who's your pick? Man, that's why my family invented the show. There's only one way to find out. You can go either way. So that is a great promo for the UFC. Great stuff, Hoist. It is uh, an honor to see you. Great to see you as always. And we look forward, maybe once again, one more time, Hoist Gracie inside the UFC octagon. Thank you, hey. You never know. <laughs> never know. All right. Great stuff there. There he is. 
the legend Hoist Gracie, who uh, told us back in April of 2011 that he wanted to fight one more time. And now here we are just days away from him fighting one more time, at least for now. Who knows? Maybe even more than one more time. So he has been very consistent in his beliefs. Who would have thunk that it would have been Mr. Ken Shamrock, but that's what's happening on Friday, Bellator, Ken Shamrock versus Hoist Gracie, and of course, Data 5000 versus Kimbo Slice. How much fun has today been? Wow. And there's still more to go. Today has been a fantastic day uh, thus far, and we still have uh, half the show left. Damian Maya, fantastic. Wow. Learned so much about Damian Maya. That was such a blast. That's the thing about the in-studio guests. It's, it's fun, obviously, when they're on the phone, obviously, when they're on Skype. But uh, to have someone in studio, especially someone like him, who you usually don't get a lot of extra time with, it's, it's a whole different ballgame. You learn so much. He actually told me afterwards that um, he, he hasn't told a lot of these stories before. This is, uh, this is new territory for him. So he was a ton of fun. Funkmaster was great. It was just, uh, it has just been a, a blast. It really has. So in a minute, we're going to be joined by uh, Phil Baroni. Okay, here we go. Let me just uh, reconfigure that. I mean, real credit goes to the guys in the back. Everyone who has, uh, who continuously works so hard on this show. And also, if you notice, like we, we are, we are breaking this thing down and uh, reconfiguring it in very, very quick fashion. So that, that takes a lot of skill and I appreciate their hard, their hard work immensely. Thank you very much to them. Um, so like I said, in a minute, we're going to be doing, I just, I just really enjoyed, uh, having Damien and, uh, and, and, and Funkmaster in studio. Wow. That was a lot of fun. Really a lot of fun. Congratulations again to, uh, Aljamain for re-signing with the UFC, for playing along with our game. Uh, just, just really great. I hope you all enjoyed it as well. And I hope everything's going well in the tech land. If you're in Canada enjoying family day, what better way than watching the MMA hour? So in a minute, we're going to be joined by, uh, Phil Baroni. Uh, as I said, uh, horrible news late last week, the passing of the legend uh, Kevin Randleman, the monster, former UFC heavyweight champion. If you have not seen or read Dave Meltzer's article that just was posted earlier this morning on MMAfighting.com, Monday morning, I mean, if there's one guy to write, Meltzer, you, you hate to say something like this because, of course, you don't want to read these things because that means that bad news has come, but... There is no one better at celebrating the life of a mixed martial artist or professional wrestler than Dave Meltzer. I heard, I didn't get a chance to read it, but I heard that his uh, his article on Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, who retired last week as a pro wrestler, was nothing short of amazing, wrote a great article on the life and times of Kevin Randleman that was posted this morning. And I wanted to have Phil on uh, today on the show to celebrate the life and times of Kevin Randleman. If you don't know, uh, Phil Baroni was uh, a major part of Team Hammerhouse. A few years back, kind of came out that, you know, it was, it was I don't want to call it a gimmick, but it was a, it was a different kind of uh, team. It wasn't your typical MMA team, but they were a force in the Pride Days uh, they were a force in Japan. Him, Mark Coleman, Wes Sims, Kevin Randleman, Phil Baroni. Uh, they were uh, 
they, they were a faction. They were a very important faction. And they were, uh, they, 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 they caused some hell. They, they, uh, they shook things up in pride and they, they, it was, it was a ton of fun. Of course, Kevin Randleman's fight, uh, against Miracle Krokop, against Fedor Emelianenko, the slam, the knockout, Mauro Ronaldo's call of the knockout. Kevin Randleman has just knocked out Miracle Krokop, one of the greatest of all time. So I really wanted to have Phil on. Uh, Kevin meant a lot to Phil Baroni, and I thought it would be apropos to have the New York badass on to celebrate his life. So now we go to the Skype machine, and there he is, the NYBA himself, Phil Baroni. Phil, how are you? What's up, man? How you doing? Okay, so this is what we're doing. We're doing Skype so that we can see you and your phone, but can you turn the audio off on your computer because we're getting some feedback? Okay, sorry, bro. Also, is there someone who wants to come out of the uh, the shower or the bathroom and back of you? Is that no, your... it's my wife. I didn't... Is she... <laughs> she could come out... Help me with the computer. Okay. Help me with the computer. I hope she's not hiding in, 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 the, uh, in, in, the, in the closet there or something. That's the, that's the, that's the, that's the restroom. Okay. If she, if, she, if she wants to come out, she can come out. It's going to make me anxious. I want you to come out. No, she doesn't want to come out. Okay. She's not, she's not <laughs> hey, um, hey well, let me see what happens if I put my phone on speaker. Okay. Can you hear me now? I can hear you. Is that good? Yeah, that's great. Like this, okay. Nice. Let's do that. Um, well, Phil, I appreciate you coming on. I know it's not the best of times, um, but again, I, I really wanted to uh, talk to you about Kevin's uh, you know, life and his amazing legacy. Uh, first, l- let me just ask you, I mean, how are you, this was a complete shock. He was just at the World MMA Awards last week. How are you handling it all? Yeah, t- ter- terribly. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, sh- it should have went, you know, because I see the guy last time. Not, I don't know why I didn't go, but, you know, hey. Yeah, it was it was a shock to everybody. I think. When's the last time you talked to him? Man, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you know, me, me, my wife, and Elizabeth were supposed to get 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 together, and uh, you know, it didn't happen. Then we we're going to see each other at the MMA awards. I ended up, you know, not going to the MMA awards. So, uh, yeah, a couple months, man. A couple months. And I know he, he lives right here in Vegas too. We live on opposite sides of town. He lives in like Green Valley, and I live in Summerlin. So you know, like forty-five minutes away. Okay, Vegas is like in the middle of us, the strip. Um, did Did you know that he was dealing with any issues, health issues, or was this completely out no, of the blue? No, he, he's he's never one to complain, man. You know, that guy's been through so much. Steph, I mean, everybody sort of Steph fashion the holes going through his body. I mean, that guy. He's been through so much, but he, he he would never tell anyone. I, I have no idea. I, I think it was a shit. No, I think it was a shock. I, I don't know how this happened, to be honest. So you know when I, don't I re- think anybody. When I reached out to you about um, having you on the show, I mean, I knew about the Hammerhouse connection, but you actually, uh, you told me via text message that this went far beyond Hammerhouse. Like this was this was a man that you. <laughs> Do you want to take a break, Phil? No, like I remember, uh, I remember watching him in NCAA when I was uh, in high school. You know, he, he was the best NCAA wrestler ever. You know, he took second his uh, his freshman year, went went on to win two NCAA titles after that. One more. Uh, Won, won, won a title, but uh, with a broken jaw, 
his jaw wide shut. You know, he, he was always a super stud, super athlete. You know, had the had the had the best body. You know, super ups, and uh, you know, always something I tried to uh, emulate. You know, in high school wrestling, I wanted to be like you know Kevin Randleman. You know, shoot shoot double legs. I, I mean, I copied his style, inside out trip. You know, all all, all the techniques he used. I used, and then uh, I remember, like, the first time I met him, I, I heard the UFC was in town. It was before UFC 30. I'm not, I'm not sure what number it was, but uh, the UFC was in town, and I drove to uh, – it was different back then. You could find the fighters, you know. It's a lot different than, than it is now. It was a lot smaller, and, and it was in Atlantic City, and I, I remember driving from Long Island to Atlantic City with my workout, with my workout gear, and I, and I found out where all the fighters were training, like, like the warm-up room, like yeah. the first couple of days before the fight. And I, uh, you know, I camped out there. And I, I remember when him and Randleman, I mean, when him and Coleman first walked down to the to the, the workout room, you know, we, kind of like where we would have open workouts now, but it wasn't open. Right. And I, I remember, man, I I, I asked him, can, can I train with you and wrestle with you? And I remember that he was cool as hell. And uh, Coleman was like, I remember calling me like, don't hurt him, don't you know? You know, I'm like, I, I can't hurt him. You know what I mean? And I, I remember he was just drilling on me, double legs, single legs. After that's the first time I met him. I went down to the uh, to Atlantic City and uh, found found the hotel that they were at, and I uh, I got to wrestle him. You know, he was, he was always my uh, <laughs> the guy the guy I looked up to. You know, as a kid. And Phil, if you if you feel at any point you don't want to keep going, I totally understand. So I, I don't yeah. want I don't want to make you uncomfortable, but I, I really appreciate no, yeah. the stories. Uh, I'm wondering. Um, yeah, I got so many stories. Okay, okay, the best. But yeah, he, yeah, he, he, you know, man, I, I remember like you know I wrestled with him, and I was like, hell yeah, man! I, I just you know I just wrestled the guy I always wanted to wrestle. You know, I, I man, I, I think I was I think I was wrestling for Hofstra. I was still I don't know if I was I was, was out of college or I was wrestling. Actually, for Hofstra, you know, and he was in the UFC, so I kind of emulated the guy, you know. When I, when I was in Hofstra wrestling, I used to do big jumps, you know, not not quite as high as the <laughs> jump, but pretty high, you know. And uh, you were just a kid, like uh, you were you, you weren't the New York badass. So he let some kid that he didn't know, he never knew, just come train with him. Yep. Wow. I mean, that's how it was. I it was just Coleman and him there. Wow. And, and they and they were and they were hanging out, man. And I, uh, Were you freaking out? Like how, how this is like getting to? Was, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know how I pulled it off. You know I mean? <laughs> but yeah, I was, I was freaking out. You know, it was awesome. I was getting to trim my idol. You know what I mean? And remember, I tried to like he used to do an inside out trip, which is a kind of a slick move. I tried to inside trip up, and he, he like you know, threw me off. And like, oh no, no, no! I know that move. You know, it was it was it was awesome. At that point, did you want to be an MMA fighter? Or was that what changed? Oh yeah, of course. Okay, so of course, you know, I, I, I was watching it. You know, when I was in college, you know, I, I remember watching. It's crazy when, when I think about it. I remember watching uh, Shamrock, uh, Frank Shamrock beat beat Tito Ortiz and say he's gonna retire. And I, I remember thinking in my head, oh, I could beat that guy. I'm gonna fight that guy some day. And that ended up happening. Yeah, I remember the Hammer House and being on a team, and I always wanted to be on that team. It's it, it's it's pretty weird the way. My, my career and, and life took off. So all the guys that always emulated and wanted to be most like I've somehow somehow interacted with and uh, you know have relationships with. So it's, you know it's, it's pretty amazing when I think about it. I never really thought about it until now, actually.
Did you tell them that day, I want to be an MMA fighter? I want to be. No, I, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. What did they say to you? Do you remember what they said? Like, did they give you advice that stuck with you? Do you, do you recall the conversation? They were super cool, man. They were like, yeah, man. They told me I was tough and I was strong and I was up to weights too, you know? Yeah. I was like the little. Like a little version of those guys, you know. I mean, I always want, want to be in play fight. When I was in Central Michigan college wrestling. I used to drive an hour up to uh, Dan Seven. He lived in Michigan. Not sure where he lived, but who's an hour away. When I was supposed to be wrestling the stuff, I'd go up there and, and tra train with Dan Seven a little bit. So, wow. so I always wanted to be a fighter. So I knew a little bit, but when I went to that to that room, you know, and, and worked out with those guys, I mean, I sat there all day. Every every day, I guess four or five days that that, that they were there. I remember seeing uh, Randy Couture come down and I talked to him, wrestle him a little bit. I remember, wow. I remember seeing uh, Pedro Hizzo. I, I remember seeing all, all, all the old guys, you know, all, all the old the, the legendary guys. You know, that I grew up watching. So, how long after do you actually become a part of Team Hammerhouse? How did that happen? At, 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 what happened with that was uh, Coleman. Random random moved to Vegas and he was training at I, I think uh, Mark Lehman. He, I know Mark Lehman's gym. He was training at Mark Lehman's, and uh, you know that, that's where we're, we're, we're at, where we're at Hammerhouse was learning some ground fighting, some jujitsu, and uh, Lehman actually cornered him for a fight in uh, in uh, in Japan. But Coleman was there, and Coleman came in, and I, I guess he had a great result. He won the fight, so Coleman came out here to train. And Coleman was staying at the uh, Kevin uh, was with Elizabeth and his wife, and, and Coleman was staying at the Palace Station. And I remember after practice one day, I said, hey, hey Coleman, he needed a ride. So I drove him to the Palace Station. He said, what time are we going to train tomorrow? So I, I just kind of, uh, I just kind of uh, looked up to him. And uh, you, you hear me? I can't see you guys. So, so your, your Skype okay. Yeah, anyway, I looked up to those guys, and I just said, Coleman, hey, you need a ride to, you need a ride to the hotel? And he said, yeah. And I said, what time are we going to train tomorrow? He told me. So I just went and picked him up. So, so I, was, I was basically, you know, Coleman's big fan, and, and I was his chauffeur for his training camp. And, uh, you know, Kev would come down once in a while and, and work out, and I would train with those guys. And, and, I, and, I, and I was probably one of the better wrestlers, not the best wrestler in, in Vegas at the time. And uh, I asked Coleman, if he wanted to corner me when I was getting rid of the fight, Pete Cell ended up getting choked out. He saw how hurt I was, and uh, he, he basically got me in pride. And, and, and when, when I got the pride, I was just a member of the house. They, they, they took me under their wing after, after, after I lost the UFC when I was released. Was that the best? I mean, you've had some highs, uh, incredible highs. I mean, but just being around those two guys who were kind of like, in, in a weird way, I, I didn't even know that about the story at the, uh, uh, you know, in, in the back with the open workouts. But to be a part of that team, if you will, in Japan, like you kind of were the American bad guys coming over, you know, together, everyone's coming. Was that the best time for you? Yeah, yeah. when I look back, for sure, you know, it was Hammer House versus the world, you know. It was us versus the world. It was uh, three wrestlers, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, we were taking on the bad guys, you know, Vandalay Silva, Shogun, uh, Ninja, you know, all, all those guys, we, we, we were taking them on. Those are the bad guys. Those, those are the uh, the wild men from the from the Chiritiba jungles. Remember? Yes. Remember what's his name? What's his name used to put them over? 
Quadro. She used to throw them over the wild men. Right. The jungles of Curitiba, you know? And, and I was a kid. I believed that shit. I was scared shit. <laughs> well, what did you think <laughs> they were going to do? Who knows, man? Who knows? I thought, you know, I thought, well, we ended up fighting them, huh? We had to, I ended up, I ended up fighting Mandalay in the Shogun fight when, when Coleman fought Shogun. But I don't know. I didn't know what they were going to do. I, I really believed the, the press. I thought they were. They were going to kill us. Yeah, the brawl, right? Yeah, we had the brawl in the ring. Yeah, Kev wasn't there for that one, but right. If he was, we won anyway. If he was, it would have been, it would have been mayhem. But but Kev was, you know, the best. You know, he was, he, you know, fuck, I, I never told him, you know, what. If I, if I just say one thing, you know, to him is that like he, you know, he he was my idol growing up. You know, he was the best wrestler in college with, with the. With the with with the best body, you know, he was super muscular like, like he always was. And he was hitting all you know, crazy double legs and he always gave the best interview. I mean, if you see the interview with his son when he had a broken jaw and, and I think it was on CBS or all these interviews, you know, he 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 was cutting the best promos as a college wrestler. And and then I remember when I when I was a college wrestler, I was watching him fight in the UFC and then Pride and, you know, I in the UFC back then, and I always there was he was a fighting project, but he was in the UFC. And I always followed him, and I always I always wanted to you know be, be be like the guy. You know he he was the he was the the, the one fighter that that uh, made made the biggest impression on me. You know he 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 talked so good, he looked so good, he was good looking, he was so good with the fans. I mean he made everyone he met. You know after meeting that guy, you could could not be a fan of him. You know, you couldn't be a fan of him. He was just a a, a great guy to, to to know and be around. And you know, the amazing moments. I mentioned too the Crow Cop. And by the way, we don't see you anymore. I don't know if you still see me. Um, no, I don't see. You. I, don't, I don't know what to do. I suck at this. It's fine. It's fine. It's totally fine. Um, <laughs> but the moments were fantastic. Um, it, the two that come to mind for me, uh, the Crow Cop, the Crow Cop finish, and Morrow's call. The 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 Fedor slam was amazing. Mm-hmm. What about for you? What about for Phil Baroni? What's your favorite Kevin Randleman moment? Oh, the Crocodile fight. No, no, nobody thought he was going to win that fight. And Coleman is a much better storyteller than me. <laughs> but I, I, the story, you know, he's a much better story. This, this, the story of that fight was, and, and Coleman, I think he forgets I was there because he tells me every time we talk, we talk, you know, about this moment was we're in the back, and in Japan, you know, you have to. It's a lot different than this year. I mean, you'll be fighting nine, ten, eleven o'clock at night. They, they they bring you in a bus to the arena at maybe you know ten thirty in the morning, eleven in the morning. So you're stuck there all day. You're stuck there in a little room, and you see all the other fighters around. It, it's like a big room separated by curtains. It, it, it sucks. It's way different than you know the UFC. <laughs> and every time you fight, they bring in a. They have like maybe if they say say there's three guys there, they'll have like six bento boxes for like lunch and dinner, and another Kevin Randleman and uh, and Coleman and Elizabeth would walk into the room, and Kevin was you know like I was always stressed out before a fight, and he's like, and he's like, ah, you know how he acts, ah, these these bento boxes, these they don't get it. What the fuck? I need some food. I need some food. I ain't eating this shit. What is this? Every time we come, 
they give us six pencil boxes, and we leave their six pencil boxes. So he's going crazy. You know, he's like, oh, you know, and all the Japanese are running in. Oh, <laughs> Mr. Kevin, what's the matter? What's the matter? You know, oh, you know, calm down, please. Like, I'm going out. And I'm getting some food. And I remember, no, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Kevin, you can't go. No, please. Like, you know, he was ready to walk out. And Elizabeth was there. And Elizabeth goes, Kevin, Kevin, calm down, calm down. Calm down. Everybody calm down. You know, it, was like a, it was a melee. You can't imagine in, in Japan. Anyway. Oh. Did we lose Phil? I was loving that story. Okay, we'll call him right back. And I really appreciate Phil Baroni for coming on. Obviously, as you can tell, uh, it's still all very fresh and uh, random. And I actually, I didn't know about the story of of Mark Holman and and, uh, Randleman just taking some kid. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine if, you know... Cain Velasquez is preparing for a fight and some kid goes he's like, Hey, can I can I train with you guys? And they would just that was the Wild West back then. Uh, Phil, are you back? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Where did I leave off? Uh well you were talking you said you, you said his wife was saying, Okay, we're gonna go. Uh you know, trying oh, to yeah, Kevin's like, I'm getting out of yeah. here. I'm getting some fucking food. <laughs> and Elizabeth was like, Calm down, Kevin, calm down, Kevin. And she ended up she ended up going um, you know, go, go, going out. You know, in Tokyo, I think we were at uh, the Satyama Super Arena. There's not really around that. She ended up coming back with, with uh, some fried chicken, uh, like Kentucky fried chicken. They have that there. And I remember just seeing Kevin with a drumstick eating, 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 eating like, don't they get it? This is what I eat. Some food. So I remember that. Like, Elizabeth saved the day. That's like one of my... You know, memory is one of my craziest stories. And I just remember everybody acting crazy and then her going out and getting the food. And I just remember how happy he was just to tear open the box. You know, it comes in like a paper box, just tear it open. <laughs> just grab it out of chicken leg and just start eating it. It was awesome. Um, ha- have you, know? you have you talked to Mark since the news came? Yeah, yeah. How is he doing? Oh, he, you know, he's as bad as me, you know. Uh-huh. You know, it's a shock and... Uh, I know he said Dana White called him. I think he told you, man. It's a, uh, you know, it's horrible, man. It's a shock. I mean, as close as I was, and as much as I emulated him, so that was his. That was Kevin's college wrestling coach. Mm-hmm. You know, he tells me the story like he remembers like after after he had his first fight, Coleman did. He remembers calling Kev up, and he's like, "All right, Kev, I got, I got something for us, man." You're not going to believe this, but this is what we're going to do. We got 30 days. Come down here. Come down here to Ohio. We're going to train, and we're going to go to Brazil. And he went down to Brazil with no no real MMA training, just a wrestler that could throw bombs, and ended up winning a, a three man tournament that night and down down in Brazil. Basically, you know, not much training, just wrestling and uh, street fighting techniques. Amazing! What a different time it was back then. Um, and, and you kind of, ha- you know, you, you are, uh, you were left to reflect on that and how, like I called it the wild west, but it's amazing how the way the sport was, how it was so small, opened the door for someone like you to be able to train 
with uh, idols of yours. I don't think that that can actually happen today because of where the sport is at. But that's that's a beautiful thing. Uh, I know he had four. He had four kids, right? Yes. Um, and you mentioned his wife, who has been with him for so long. H- have you talked to her? You know, I, I, I a, a, a little bit. Uh, you know, a little bit. Um, mostly to text. Okay. But, uh, you know, it's got to be. You know, they, they were so close. They, they, you know, they only want to see like a, 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 a match made in heaven. It was definitely those two. Right. Well, Phil, again. And, that's the saddest thing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, that was like the, 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 that's the hardest thing. And the little son said, you know, he's a baby, you know? He's like four foot tall right now. He's, how old is he? Three years old. You know, he's going to be a monster, just like his dad. You know, I uh, it, the, the, the crazy thing about a tragedy like this happens, you see the outpouring. I don't know if you saw it, if you were on social media much, but it was, like, amazing how every range of active MMA fighter from the older ones to the newer ones to ones that you wouldn't even think had any sort of connection or affinity for everyone came out with their own story, their own tribute, their own mention. Um, Horrible. But you never want to see it. It was just nice to see the respect that he was given (laughs) from all corners. Yeah. I I, I sat home all day and I couldn't go out and I I just watched social media all day and Facebook and everything else. Yeah. I mean, Everybody, uh, everybody, uh, everybody reached out, you know, to the guy. Yeah. He, 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 I mean, the, they throw the term legend around yeah. loosely these days, but the, that guy mm-hmm. was a legend. I mean, him, Coleman, Shamrock, Gracie, the, those, mm-hmm. the, the, those guys are the real legends, you know. Legend. Those, those are the real legends of the sport. And you can, he, he, sorry, he, go he ahead. He has a good fun me too. Right now, and I will for, plug for, that for his family, yeah, right? Yes, yes, for for his son and stuff. Um, yes, uh, actually, Boss Rutten uh, tweeted it uh, recently uh, earlier today. It's GoFundMe.com slash three two four N M, as in Mary J S C. But if you just type in his name, um, it will come up. Kevin Randleman Memorial Fund. If you just go to the GoFundMe. Uh, website that will come up right away if you just type in Kevin Randleman Memorial Fund. Um, Phil, you know, the thing is that said too, like, like what, a legend like that, you know, if, if, if he was around now, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, how much money would he have made? You sure. Know? He, he wouldn't even need this. And I remember talking to him a long time ago and we were talking about you uh, needed that one guy, did that one mm-hmm. interview, like, you know, kind of like a Holocaust of, uh, um, Oh, Muhammad Ali type guy. Well, well, Kev would have been that guy. If Kev, Kev was coming up now, you know, Conor Greg is great, but Kev was the best. He he had, he cut the best promos ever. He, he was really good. That that would have been the guy. That's one thing I thought about when he actually been on the show. Like we talked about who would be that guy for you. Yeah. To make those those great interviews. It would have been Kev. For sure. Yeah, I only had a chance to interview him twice. I played one of them uh, before his Strike Force fight and then after the Strike Force fight. Michael Chandler actually reminded me that last year at the MMA Awards, uh, Chandler and Randleman were the ones who gave out the Journalist of the Year Award. And I went back to look at the clip and I remember him just being so nice and, uh, you know, uh, gave me a big hug. And uh, so so I, I, to- I totally forgot about that, but happy that I was able to have those couple moments with him. Um, I, I, I really appreciate you. <laughs> Coming on, uh, Phil. Did you okay. want to say something? Sorry, go ahead. 
No, no, he's a super nice guy. I mean, if you meet the guy once, and the next time you, you see him, he's like your best friend. And yeah, he's all, it's almost it's almost to a fault because, like, when we make plans, and one of us would, would, would probably me, I, I, I wouldn't go, whatever. You, you don't feel bad, you know. The next time you see him, it's gonna be like you never you, you, you saw each other yesterday. It's not like there's any, you know, there's no awkward feeling, or, or there's no like I haven't seen the guy in a while. It's, What's going to be like? It's just like you, you were just with them yesterday, or, or you know what I mean. He always made you feel comfortable. He always made the fans and everybody just feel, you know, which is just good. And I was going to add, you called him a legend. I agree with that. But uh, the word pioneer isn't used that often. Uh, definitely applies to Kevin Randleman, a true pioneer of this sport. Without guys like him, we are not sitting here talking about mixed martial arts. Um, so. Again, Phil, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, hang in there, my man. Um, yeah, thanks, man. I, I appreciate you coming on and, and celebrating his life, talking a little bit about him. I know we could talk for two hours, more, three, yeah. four, five hours yeah. about what he has done for this sport. Um, but it, it was um, it was an honor to have you on talking. And, and finally, before I go, what's what's the latest with you, Phil? Uh, where are we at? What, what are you up to these days? Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know. Who knows, man? Okay. <laughs> I don't want to talk about me now. All right, man. We'll Thanks save. for having me on, man. I appreciate it. I hope I hope I uh, gave a couple good stories about tremendous. Today. Thank you. It was an honor. Uh, Thank you, Phil. Thank Hang you. in there. Thank you. All right, there he is, the New York badass, Phil Baroni, um, sharing some memories, as I said, and I and I appreciate him coming on. It's still uh, still very fresh. I I, I hope that he is uh, he is uh, celebrated, continues to be celebrated. You know, who knows? Put him in that Hall of Fame. Um, I know the UFC Hall of Fame is a uh, is a controversial, polarizing one, but Kevin Randleman, a former champ um, and a man who inspired many and had some amazing moments, certainly deserves to be in that Hall of Fame. Uh, again, our, our hearts go out to his family, and uh, if you want to contribute to that GoFundMe account, I actually just retweeted it from Boss Rudin's account, so you can check it out there. Um, all right, we shall move along um, and bring in our next guest. Uh, you know, last week on the program, Chad Mendez dropped a little nugget that I wanted to uh, investigate a little further. Uh, he mentioned that Chris Holdsworth, of course, Ultimate Fighter winner, was now uh, transitioning into coaching and doing a fine job at that. So I wanted to have Chris on the program to talk about that transition and more. He joins us on the phone right now. Chris, how are you? Good. How about yourself, Ariel? I'm doing very well. Thank you for joining us. Uh, so yeah, like I said, you know, Chad was on the program last week. And he was talking about the state of, uh, you know, Team Alpha Male and the coaching staff. And he mentioned you. So, so clear it up for us. Where do you stand as far as the coaching position is concerned for Alpha Male? What is your position there? Um, right now, I'm a, a assistant coach. We have Justin Buckles, who, uh, you know, runs the majority of the pro classes. And then you have myself and Danny Castillo, who have stepped up a lot and are kind of helping out with that. Um, I, I'm running the the fighter jiu-jitsu classes. So we have three classes a week that, you know, the, the pro guys and uh, along with some of the gym members and stuff do that class as well. So I'm in charge of that and then breaking down people people's fights that are coming up and, um, you know, focusing more on the jiu-jitsu area for the, for the guys at the gym. So was this something that you wanted to do? Chris Holdworth said, I, I want to transition into being coach. Did Uriah or someone else on the team say that you would be good at this? How did you end up in this role? Yeah, it's something that, you know, I've been I've been teaching and coaching since I was, a, you know, a blue and purple belt. It's something I've always had a passion for. But, you know, as you know, it, you know, uh, you know, fighting careers get in the way with coaching and uh, you know, mm -hmm. that was my my main focus for a while was just, you know, 
fighting and it's kind of hard to coach and fight at the same time. So, um, you know, I never took up any of those opportunities, but, you know, since I've been out of the cage for, you know, you know, two years now, um, I had to, you know, I had this opportunity and I had to make the, you know, the best decision possible and I couldn't turn that down. Did you feel like you needed to step up because of this transitional period with, uh, Bang leaving and then Campman leaving, and I know you're doing something a little different than their fortes, but it, it seemed like for a minute, it seems like Alpha Male is settling into this coaching staff, and you know it's it's actually kind of interesting. Buckles, you mentioned Castillo, you the the, the fighters, the young blood are, are actually kind of coming up and and giving back to the rest of the team. Did you feel like you needed to do that after all the you know the you know the the, the drama and the transition from the coaches of the past to now? I didn't really feel like I, I needed to. Uh, I felt like uh, I had something to offer the team. And, uh, you know, I'm all about giving back and, uh, you know, sharing my, my experiences, you know, uh, you know, through what I've been through and just from what I've seen, you know, uh, during my journey, along my journey. And uh, I feel like this, this coaching staff we have now, uh, there's not too many people out there that have the experience as far as fighting and, in the cage and also coaching. So, you know, the, the squad we have now, Danny, Justin, myself, and along with Fabio Prado still, we still have Lance Palmer helping out and, you know, Master Tong, of course, and Joey Rodriguez, our boxing coach. So we got tons of c- coaches and tons of resources. And this next generation of guys that are coming up in the team is uh, they're going to make waves. So is this the team here? Are we not looking for any other coaches? Uh, we're not, you know, going outside of the boxes. No, this... no. Right now, this is it, man. We're, uh, you know, this is it. So, you know, right now we've got Justin, myself, Danny, and then Fabio, Master Tong, Joey. <clears throat> we all stepped up, took a, you know, took a part in, in the leadership part of things. And I think, uh, I think everything's running smoothly now. December was a bit of a, a strange month for the team, I thought, because you had uh, Paige's loss and then Chad's loss. Uriah bounced back, uh, but then the following week, Lance lost. Um, was was there ever like a moment where you guys got together and said, "All right, we need to we need to put something in place here. We need to you know get a little more secure." Did you guys react to that that you know two week stretch? Is this the result of that? Um, no, I think uh, the result of it was just, you know, the the previous months leading to that. We never really found that. You know, we had Martin come, um, and Martin did a great job. Um, you know, some people uh, didn't like certain things, uh, you know, with what was going on. But, you know, everyone has, you know, different outlooks on things. Um, I don't think Martin was necessarily the right fit for, for, for the team. So, then we brought in another guy, and, you know, he was here for, you know, a couple months maybe and, you know, did some things, and a lot of the guys didn't uh, agree with, you know, his coaching style. And these are all great guys, and these are all, you know, great coaches. But, you know, for the team, you know, to invest and to believe in, you know, a system, you have to – you kind of have to believe in the coaches as well. Um, and it just wasn't happening for a lot of the guys. So that's why I think, you know, you're, you're kind of talking about that, you know, um, and then with all those losses and, and stuff, and then just kind of sparked the fire. Like, oh man, we we need to step up a little bit more. We need to make things happen. And why not take advantage of the resources we already have on the team? Why go outside and look for all these coaches mm. when we have it right here? You know what I mean? We have the best coaches in the world right here. Like, you know, it's uh, so kind of came into terms with that. You know, had a couple you know team meetings and made it happen. 
So, so now obviously this is the, the thing that has been talked about when, when people talk about you is you're still an active UFC fighter. You're undefeated. You're 6-0. and You're former Ultimate Fighter winner, 2-0 uh, and in the UFC. But yet, as you mentioned, you haven't fought in almost two years. It will be two years in, uh, in May, your last fight, May of 2014. It has been reported. You've done interviews about the, the head trauma that you took in training, uh, concussion. W w where, where are you at with that? How, how do you feel? Are you still going to keep fighting? Do you want to keep fighting? Where are we at? Yeah, I definitely, you know, I, I definitely uh, still have the passion, uh, you know, to, to have some more fights and, you know, to do the best and become a champion. But at, right now at this, this point in time in my life, I have to, you know, pull, put the brakes on it a little bit. And, you know, we all have setbacks. Um, and we just got to learn and grow from them. And, you know, I'm still taking some time, you know, and, and focusing on my recovery. There's no rush to just jump back in there. And believe me, I can still hop in there and hang with the best in the world. Mm. You know, I'm still training every day. I still have the fire lit, but I have to be honest and, uh, you know, be smart overall, number one, about my future. And uh, that's kind of what I'm looking at. You know, I'm just being smart about my future and there's no rush for me to get back in there. And uh, I'm still enjoying what I'm doing. I'm still involved with the team. I'm still involved with, uh, you know, all the fighters. And uh, that's pretty much what's going on. Um, do you have any idea? Was it just one concussion that you suffered, or did you suffer a bunch that you didn't treat properly? Do you have any idea? Yeah, I've had a, I've had a couple. Um, and, you know, uh, a big thing, I think, with head trauma is just the the – lack of education yeah people uh people are not educated on the subject and that it can it, it can happen and um you know when it does happen it, it's pretty serious so you know i've had you know i've had some concussions and didn't know they were concussions and kind of just brushed them off and kept training and that probably wasn't the best thing and then um you know the, the last one i had two months before the chico fight wow and um you know i had symptoms you know leading all up to that fight and kind of pushed through them and still took the fight and that kind of just made things worse, you know, taking, taking some more trauma after you've already, you're not healed. Your brain's not healed yet, you know, and you're still, you know, you're still taking trauma. So, um, that's kind of what happened, man. And, and, you know, I saw some doctors after the Chico fight and, uh, you know, just, uh, had to pull, had to pull, pull back, man, and just kind of, um, be smart about things. And that's why I've, I've taken all this time off, but, yeah, concussions happened in training and kind of fought through them and kept training through them and probably wasn't the smartest thing to do. But now I kind of look back on things and just hope I can educate the team and just educate fellow fighters and, and people that, you know, how, how to train and uh, smarter and not harder. Would you be OK? I mean, you know, if you just feel like, you know what, I'm loving the coaching thing, everything's going well, would you be OK if you never fought again? Yeah, you know, I've I've kind of had to had to accept that, Ariel. Like I had to accept that in my, uh, you know, that was a, that was a big thing for me. I went through this whole depression and thing, uh, and you know, I couldn't accept the fact. Like I, I just couldn't understand why this was happening to me, you know, uh, and just like everyone constantly asking you, like, when you fight next, when you fight. It, it, it's been a real sensitive subject, um, you know, and. Yeah, you know, I had to accept that fact. I was like, man, what if, what if I can't fight again? Or what if, you know, I, I choose not to? And that was something I had to accept. And after I accepted that, I was I, I felt so much better and just um, just overall outlook on, on life and in my future. So, 
you know, I accepted that and it was hard for me to accept, but, you know, there's definitely, I'm not quitting yet and I'm not closing any doors because, um, you know, I still got that, I still got that heart and passion and fire lit. I don't know how much you read uh, mixed martial arts news, go to the websites, but uh, the UFC continues to invest um, in, in, in the research for, for head trauma and, 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 you know, do their part at least. Uh, they actually just had a um, a little media gathering at the Lou Ruvo, Ruvo Center for Brain Health in Las Vegas, and they announced that they would be um, investing some money, million dollars into it. I, I, do you do you follow up on any of this stuff? Do you want to be included? I heard, I, I heard about it. Yeah, man, I would love to do anything. Like, uh, you know, I got in contact Ray Longo. I talked to Ray Longo, and he gave me, uh, you know, one of his doctor's numbers, and I'm supposed to be meeting up with them. Okay. Uh, soon and doing some testing and and doing some stuff. So yeah, I'm kind of reaching out and on my own and uh, trying to you know do things necessary to get better. And you know, I just kind of look back at some of these other stories. You know, like I heard Robbie Lawler went through some stuff too, and he didn't spar for five years because of you know vertigo or whatever it was, concussion symptoms. And um, look at him now. You know, he, he he's champ. You know, he had Cruz out for three years. You know, no one thought he would come back and. You know, he's champ. And right. it's like, it's, it hasn't even been two years for me yet. And I know my situation might be a little bit different, whatnot. But um, I'm a fighter at heart, man. It's going to be hard for me to quit. But at the end of the day, I just got to be honest with myself. And uh, that's pretty much it, you know. But it seems like you enjoy coaching. I, th- I, I, I do enjoy coaching. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, uh, I'm in there and I love doing what I do. So. Uh, I'm just very thankful I'm able to do something that's still involved with something I love so much, you know? Right. If I, if I wasn't able to do anything, if I wasn't, then I would be really, uh, I'd be really sad. But, you know, I'm very fortunate and thankful that I'm still in the gym every day. I'm still, you know, I'm still training with the guys, you know? I just, I just can't train at the level I'm used to, you know, where I'm, I'm taking all that head damage. So I haven't been taking any head damage, just been training smart and keeping active. And and it's okay. You feel okay to, to even train. You know, I know there's a lot of movement. You're still coaching. You're getting in there. You're getting your hands dirty. You feel healthy enough to be able to coach and, and still be able to train. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. I, I held mitts for Cody today. Okay. And speaking of that, we hear about Lineker yeah. pulling out. What's going on? Like, what the heck, man? I heard he got Don J fever or something. I don't know. Well, maybe it was a good thing but, that uh, he didn't fight. <laughs> yeah, but you know it sucks for Cody because yeah. he's flying out tomorrow. This is a big fight for him. You know he needs he needs the money, and it's like uh, hopefully they they find. Is he still flying out? Is the plan still for him to fight? No, man. We were me, me and Cody are flying out tomorrow morning. That's the plan. So we just found out after practice. We got the oh, news. What a bummer. Um, yeah. So I'm not sure how they go about it. If they still fly the fighter out, they don't have a decisive decision yet. I'm not sure how they go about it. That was the fight I was most looking forward to on the card. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> God, what a bummer that is. Um, well, I wish you the best, man. I, I really appreciate you coming on. And, and by the way, uh, it's got to feel a little nice that Faber doesn't have to fight uh, uh, Dillashaw right off the bat here. Would that have been a little awkward for you? Um. No, it wouldn't have been awkward for me. It might have been awkward for them. Okay. You know. Yeah. Uh, it's you know they're they're they're, they're men. They, they they know what they're doing. <laughs> what, what's your take the on fight, all of that? It's the fight business, man. You know, yeah. it's like you can you can fight anyone. I mean, you never count anyone out. It's, you know, you can fight your teammates. You can fight your old teammates. 
How, how do you? Uh, I mean, Cody came out very strong last week. Chad was trying to say, "How do you feel about you know Dillashaw leaving and and and, and Benavidez going over there?" And line? is this creating too much drama for the team? Uh, I don't. You know, there's there's no drama for me. Uh, no drama for the team, really. Um, I, Faber and TJ. Uh, whatever happened between them, or you know, whatever whatever decision TJ made, he you know. He, Probably, probably thought it was the best decision for him, and you can't. I guess I'll just have to say you can't knock somebody for doing what they think is best for them. You know, right. so I can see both sides to it, um, but like I can't hate on someone for, you know, like for doing what they think is best for them. You know, hey, more power to him. You know, ho- hopefully he has a, you know, successful you know rest of his career and, and whatever happens. It's just I try not to get involved in all that drama. Fair enough. I think that's a strong take and uh, a positive one, and I appreciate that. Uh, Chris, I appreciate you coming on, talking about this. I wish you the very best as a coach now as you transition to that, and, and good luck. I, I hope Cody gets a fight on Sunday. Again, I was I was looking forward to just you know watching him fight, and, and, and then on top of that, Lindenkrieg, that's one of the best fights they could put on 135, so what a shame. Yeah, I hope you guys man. don't go Hopefully there for nothing. <laughs> right. Uh, Chris, well, cool, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, Wish you the best, Ariel. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Good luck to you. Thank you. There he is, Chris Holdsworth, stopping by. Great to hear from him. Great to get an update and, and happy to hear that he is at peace with where he's at and now focusing on coaching, which is uh, which is very fun to do as well. And by all accounts, he's a tremendous coach, so we wish him the best. Let's stick with the 135-pound theme of the day. We had Funkmaster on earlier on. He uh, announced that he's signing with the UFC, one of the very, and we had, of course, Chris Holdsworth, who is a bantamweight himself, one of the very best bantamweights in the world as a man by the name of Marlon Moraes, and he returns to action on Saturday for World Series of Fighting, World Series of Fighting 28. He defends his World Series of Fighting bantamweight title against Joseph Barajas, and he joins us now via the Magic of Skype. There he is, Marlon Moraes himself. Marlon, how are you? Good, thank you for having me on. It's yes. a pleasure to be here and let you guys know how's my preparation, how am I. And, and everything, you know. Well, let me ask you this. I know that you were asked about it last week. Uh, Aljamain was asked about it. Are you disappointed to hear that he did not sign with World Series of Fighting? Damn, man. I thought you, you guys were going to say <laughs> he was getting signed by the World Series, you know. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I like him. I like him as a fighter, you know. He's one of the guys I look up for. And it would be a pleasure, you know, having a guy like that under the roster. So I, I could be, be fighting a guy like this and, and prove where I belong. Did you tell World Series of Fighting, you got to sign this guy? This is the kind of opponent that I need. I need to get more attention, more respect. Sign Sterling so I could beat him. Did you try to tell them that? Yes, of course, man. And not, <laughs> not, not, not just told, but I, I beg, you know, because I knew this guy is, is, is a big name, man. He's a great fighter. He, he, he works very well for the promotion. And I think it was a, a smart movie from the UFC keeping him because he, he can make a lot of noise at this division. So, all right. So, as I mentioned, you're defending your title again on Saturday. And I think the, the, the trouble that you're in here is, to a degree, you're only as good as your opponents, right? Because if you're not fighting top-level guys or big names, you're not going to get attention. And you're not going to get yeah. credit for the names. How do you feel about the state of your career in World Series of Fighting? Are you getting frustrated? Is Joseph Braz someone that gets you excited? Is that someone that you feel will get you the kind of attention that you deserve? How do you feel about it? Uh, Ariel, to be honest with you, uh, I want to fight with the top guys in the world. But when I, I'm walking Saturday to that cage, I, I, in my mind, I'm going to fight the best guy in the world. You know, 
I know I belong to fight with the best guys. I know I can beat the best guys. And, but uh, I'm fighting Joseph Baraja. So we work it hard. And I try to improve every aspect of my game. And now I, I feel unbeatable. You know, I, I don't think anybody in this division can beat me. And Saturday, I'm going to fight the best fight in the world that Joseph Barajas, and I'm going to beat him and prove to everybody that I am the best 135. How much do you know about him? I know he's a good fighter. You know, he has like 13 and one fights. Uh, he's a, a, a well-rounded fighter. He can fight everywhere. And, and the only fight he lost, he fought against a tough guy. And he was winning that fight. So he, he's, he's dangerous, you know. He's gamer. He, he, he can fight everywhere. So we, we are prepared. I'm well prepared, and I'm going Saturday there, and I'm going to do my best, and I'm going to win. Does Marlon Moraes feel like he gets the respect that he deserves? When people talk about the best bantamweights in the world, Dominic Cruz, TJ Dillashaw, Uriah Faber, Aljamain Sterling, Cody Garbrandt, John Lineker, where's Marlon Moraes? Do you feel like you get that respect? Man, to be, I got to <laughs> tell you the truth. Please. I feel like... Sometimes people don't don't think I'm that good, you know, because I'm not there. I'm not there with those big names, big stars. But man, I I, I know I can beat these guys, and and I'm I'm a I'm a guy that watch every fight. I know every fighter, every 135 in the UFC, and I've been watching these guys fighting, and, and I see man, I ha I have the game to beat these guys, and and I see like guys like TJ Dillashaw. Of course, man, he improves so much his game. He's a very good striker. In my opinion, one of the guys that more improved in the last couple of fights. But, man, uh, if he can hurt Dominic Cruz with kicks, man. Dominic Cruz is not going to walk for one month if I kick him. Man. <laughs> it's, it's a different level of kicks. I just feel like that, you know. And I can't wait to prove. Uh, I love the World Series of Fighting. They've been doing so great for me. But at at some point, man, I'm going to I'm gonna have to move it on. And when I move it on, I'm going to carry these guys with me. Mm. They, they know I'm very thankful, and I know if I need, Ray Sefo is going to be on my corner, and all those guys going to be behind me. It's, it's, it's kind of like a tattoo, you know, that I'm going to have for the rest of my life. I have a very good, good identification with them. I, I like these guys so much. Yeah, there's no doubt that they helped put you on the map. They gave you the platform. You've done incredibly well for them. You are their champion. Um, but it's interesting to hear you say that because, correct me if I'm wrong, you have two fights left on your contract, one after this fight on Saturday, right? Yes. Does that mean, and I don't want you to bite the hand that feeds you, but does that mean that you're going to look to sign elsewhere after those two fights, if all goes well? Yeah, man. I, I hopefully I can I can go to deep waters. You know, I want to put myself in deep waters. I, want, I I'm a guy, and my coach always tell me, man, when you fight with these guys, that that people think they're gonna do good, they're gonna beat you. That's the best Marlon, you know, and I want to take the best Marlon. I want to find the best Marlon. And I know to find that guy, I got to fight with these guys, you know, with their monsters. I'm going to become a monster when I fight with those monsters. <laughs> so you want to be a free agent. You want to test the market like Aljamain Sterling. No, I'm not saying I want to I be a free agent. I, I just want to fight with the best, you know. Sure. And, and let's see what's going to happen. And uh, the business, uh, MMA, it's, it's a new business. Everybody doing different things now, and we never know the day that tomorrow. We never go know what's gonna happen tomorrow. But I'm definitely looking to fight with the best guys, and, and this is what I want. And this has always been my dream, and this is why I started in the martial arts. Did you watch Dillashaw versus Cruz? Did you watch that fight last month? Yeah, very good fight. So, man. so when you're watching that fight, you could say, "Great fight," but I could beat these guys. 
I, yes, I'm just as good, if not better, than these guys. Definitely, man. Definitely, man. Not even me, but all my coaches. Everybody know uh, where I belong. And, man, I have Frankie with me. And Frankie, man, my opinion, is one of the best 45ers in the world. And, man, training with him every day, it, it's not a joke, you know. <laughs> and I know, I know, I know I can fight with these guys. And, and from what I understand, uh, because some of these things are made public, World Series treats you very well. They pay you very well, right? Yeah, they pay me very good, man. I'm able to to live my dream, man. I'm here in America. My wa- my wife's here with me. I just had a baby. I- I'm really enjoying life. Parabéns. You know? And my family in Brazil, my mom, my father, they never had a, have a house. I was able to to b- buy a house for them. They wow. have a house now. So I'm doing something that I never expect. And I never expect from the sport, you know. I start on the sport and I start to compete because I love. But end up going this way, so I'm very happy. Parabéns on the baby. Thank you so much. Obrigado. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I'm, still, I'm still Brazilian. I live here, but I'm still Brazilian. Of course. Uh, very proud Brazilian. Your first baby? Yes. Wow. A boy. A boy. Yes. 16 months now. Congratulations. So do you want do you want the boy to become a fighter? I don't know. Very <laughs> tough guy. Yeah. But I, but I want him to be fighter as a man, you know. Sure. And I think martial arts uh, g- give you the right directions. Um, okay. So so like I said, they treat you very well. Do you have to weigh that as well? Because now you you have a family. Uh, it's all well and good to fight in the UFC, but if World Series pays you more, you kind of have to stick with the one that pays you more, right? I don't know, my friend. Oh wow. I don't know. My life now, uh, I'm enjoying so much what I'm doing, but. I know UFC is a great show, and when I step in that cage, it's gonna be for the right, right thing. You know, I know, I know uh, where's my value, and I bring it to the promotion. I'm a guy that I'm gonna be training all year, and if if I know UFC is a, the biggest promotion in the world, and if guys like you just said, uh, uh, Cody Garman, he got no opponent, so. I'm a guy that will, I will take fights in short notice. I'll take fights in 10 days, you know. Yeah. I'm a guy like that. I, I, I always look up to, to Cerrone and see how, how he does. And like, man, one day I want to do like this guy, you know. Six fights one year, seven fights. I'm still 27. I have a lot of things to go. And, and I just, I just want to let go, you know. Well, Garbrandt was supposed to fight on, on Saturday. Wouldn't it be something if you fought on Saturday, a UFC debut, then, excuse me, you, you, you defend your title, World Series of Fighting title on Saturday, and then you go make your UFC debut on Sunday? Yeah. <laughs> if, if possible, but I, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think it's going to happen. No, I don't know? think it's going to happen. Especially if you were in Brazil and those, those jungles and, and those crazy tournaments, I would be able to fight on the day and the next day, but here the commissions won't allow, sure. you know. Of course, yeah, it's not smart. Uh, that would not be it's smart one for week. one week. Right. If that was next week, maybe. Um, your last loss was in 2011. It has been quite some time for you. Uh, I don't know. How many in a row is this? One, two, three. You know. How many in a row? Victories? Yeah. I have 10, in, 10 victories in a row. Now. 10 victories? Do you even remember what it feels like? To lose, like, do you even remember that feeling, or has it been so long that you don't even remember? I'm never gonna forget that feeling, man. Okay. It's the worst feeling you can have in, in life, you know. And I, always, when I'm in the locker room, wrapping my hands, getting ready for a fight, I do think about that, you know. I do think, man, how how upset I was, and and, and those things make me strong, and, and and I go out there and give a little bit more, you know. 
So so what's the difference for you? Like you were on a two fight losing streak there. That was your second loss in a row, and then now you go ten in a row. Uh, you've lost four times, but you haven't lost in five years. What has changed for you? What has made you become this uh, this dominant killer? This MMA MMA game is crazy, man. Uh, people jump on MMA. They think just because they are one one martial art, maybe jujitsu, kickboxing, boxing, or either one wrestling, that I think is the 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 wrestlers have advantage against the other other fighters. Yeah. But uh, you jump on the wall, and you think you can beat everybody. And when you get there, you see, man, I need so much things. I need to know about on the ground. I need to know on the feet. And uh, I knew I was a good striker. I was doing grappling, but I wasn't ready to put everything together. And I, I moved here to America. I had an opportunity. And I start training, you know. I start learning, but wasn't still still working. I, I was still feeling like I'm, I'm missing some. And Edson came here, trained with Frankie for Ben Anderson fight. And I came here. And I think since I started training with Mark, and he was able to put everything together on my game, you know. Yeah. Made me believe my wrestling was good. He made me believe my jiu-jitsu, my boxing, my striking. Those things I've been working before, you know. But I think he made me really believe in myself. He believed, Ricardo believed, Frank. And and things are working well, you know. I'm going out there. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. And now I feel like I'm mixed martial I'm I'm a mixed martial arts. I can, I can fight anywhere and I can mix it up. What a great team. Uh, perhaps one of the more underrated teams in MMA. Mark Henry, you spoke of um, one of the best striking coaches, the whole team, Ricardo. B- by the way, have you ever been to his uh, his pizza shop? Yes. Pino's Pizza? Yes. Have you ever had the, the Ariel Hawani slice? Have you ever had it? No, I never had that well, one. You should. Every time I go there, I, I pick the most expensive. Oh. <laughs> and he gets mad, and now he hides on the menu. You you can't find on the menu. It's the lobster ravioli. Every time I go there... Coach, you're not making the lobster ravioli anymore. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm not. And then my friend goes there and he eats the lobster ravioli because we never pay, you know. So he Oh, that's why. Okay, now I understand. Now I understand. Uh, He is a smart man. All right, so give us the prediction. How do you uh, extend it to 11 in a row on Saturday? Man, I'm going out there. I'm going to do well, you know, and I'm ready to go. And I'm gamer, and I'm going to have my hand raised in the hand. All right. Remember the I, name. I don't think I don't think we're gonna go to decision. The fight's gonna finish before the fifth round. Okay, good to know, Marlon. I wish you the best. I'm looking forward to it. NBCSN this Saturday, World Series of Fighting. It's Marlon Moraes against Joseph Barajas for the World Series of Fighting bantamweight title. One of the very best in the world. May not be the household name because he doesn't fight in the UFC, but he certainly is one of the best and, and deserves your attention and respect. It's a fun weekend. It's Bellator on Friday, World Series on Saturday, UFC on Sunday, so no excuses. You can watch them all. Marlon, I appreciate the time. Good luck on Saturday. Thank you so much, man. Big fan of yours. And Thank you. Pleasure to be here Saturday night. All right, looking forward to it. There he is, Marlon Marais, joining us. Great to have him on the program. Okay, one more guest to go, and what a fun show this has been. As we said, top of the program, we talked to Aljamain Sterling who announced that he has re-signed with the UFC. Well, earlier this morning, our old pal Alistair Overeem went to Twitter and officially announced that he too has re-signed with the UFC. Perhaps the biggest free agent of them all, the Reem, is back in the UFC. He is going for that title, and he is so kind to join us on the phone right now from Holland to talk about this big news. Alistair, are you there? 
Correction, the ream has never left. That is right. Well, there was a minute there where we thought maybe you were going to leave, no? Nope. Nope, 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 nope. Okay. Ariel, you're wrong. You're wrong as always. <laughs> Still owe me that iPad. But besides that, no. No. After the after the JDS fight, I was a free agent. Um, well, I'm happy to report uh, I've resigned with the UC. The UC has been very uh, cordial, very gentleman uh, towards me, and um, yeah, I'm very happy. I'm very excited. Uh, I feel very appreciated. And I mean, yeah, these are all factors. And yeah, we 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 reached a deal, and um, it was already uh, I think uh, there two days. I actually forgot to post about about that, about my social media. No, oh. but then I was like, oh yeah, wait, I signed the deal. So yeah, I'm actually pretty excited. Let me share it with, with the world. Uh, and the world appears to be excited as well. So you always wanted to stay in the UFC. Of course, UFC is is, is a prime uh, prime uh, fight promotion in the world. Yep, and, and did, did you even talk to anyone else? Did you even entertain any offers, or was it just the UFC for you? I didn't talk to anybody else. Wow. Uh, but I can tell you this also, that, um, you know, UFC is where the best fighters at. I consider myself the best fighters. I belong in the UFC. That's just how similar it is. Was a big factor for you, you know, you won the K-1 title, Strike Force title, dream title you wanted that last one like it wouldn't be enough like the career would feel like it was missing something you wanted that ufc title and that's one of the main reasons why you wanted to stay is that is that is that is that accurate well you know i uh, look at everything i look at appreciation you need to feel appreciated uh, you need to feel respected of course finances is a little part uh, of the equation as well but i do have to admit with, uh, agree with you the, the the big part is that ufc title I mean, that's the one that's missing. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have a couple of years, good years left in me. So, yeah, logically speaking, that's the one that's missing. You're going to go for the highest uh, that's out there, right? And that, I believe, is the UFC uh, strap. There were some people, you know, you have a relationship with Scott Coker. They thought he would make a run. You know, you, you used to fight for him. But you said, no, don't even, don't even bother. It's all UFC for you. For me, it's all UFC. And with all due respect, because, uh, you know, everybody's working hard, everybody's doing their best. But, um, yeah, like I said, I, I, I feel I'm uh, in my spot with the UFC. I think the UFC is the prime organization in the world. Yes. They're really elevating uh, the sport of uh, mixed martial arts worldwide. They're doing a great job uh, at that. And not only that, they're also promoting uh, May 8th in yeah. Rotterdam, my own country. Yes. So I'll be headlining that card. We're basically bringing the UFC to 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 uh, yeah to the Netherlands, and uh, these are all developments that uh, for me uh, are very uh, yeah very very exciting, and I'm very happy to be part of this. Was that a, a, a you know a deciding factor for you as well? Like wow, they're coming to the Netherlands. I have to be on this card, or was that part of the deal? Like once they announced they're coming to the Netherlands, it was because you had already resigned. Did they use that to try to? get you to resign you no, no 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 did they use that that's like that's negative negative talking no uh, no no the, the, the negotiation <laughs> have been very positive with the ufc okay we've we've come to a very nice uh, uh understanding and agreement and um for me you know again i have a couple of good years left in me do i want to uh, just fight or do i want to create a legacy do i want to be part of it and um i chose for the latter i want to be part of this bringing the ufc to my country and um everybody here is exciting excited about that fact. Everybody's excited that I'm in the UFC and I'm going to uh, battle these other 
top heavyweights. Um, yeah, and of course, you know, that title. That title is missing. I want to get my hands on that title. Somebody else is holding it for me right now. Mm-hmm. A man you know very well. Okay, so you said you're going to be fighting in Rotterdam. That's great news. Who are you going to be fighting? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I, um, yeah, we're still talking about that. I have no idea. Uh, I need to touch base on that. But, um, yeah, I will be fighting May 8th in Rotterdam, the Netherlands. Main event? I think so. Okay. Well, you certainly deserve it, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, well, who makes sense to me? You know, who, you know what makes sense to me, if I may. I mean, it seems like Verdum is going to fight Miocic, right? Were you told that? Our fantasy matchmaker of the UFC, Ariel Alwani. Yes, go ahead. Continue. Okay, okay so it seems like that's going to happen. Uh, ben Rothwell is fighting JDS. Uh, we already know this in uh, Croatia. What I would like to see is Alistair Overeem versus Cain Velasquez. What do you make of that? Cain Velasquez. Is he not injured? I believe I heard something about that. Well, he's, he had surgery. It's a four- to six-week recovery. Um, so he had it, what, two weeks ago. So we're already halfway through. I feel like he would be ready for May 8th. That's in three months. Uh, then he has two, a camp of two months. Yeah, how do you feel? You, you don't like uh, that fight? Uh, you don't like that idea? No, no, no. Listen, I'm... I'm optimistic towards anybody and that's an answer that i believe that i should have because you know i'm in the ufc i'm willing to fight anybody who's out there sure um listen if it's going to be uh, if it's going to be ufc's choice for Kane velasquez i'm all for whoever the ufc puts in front of me i think i have achieved a level that i ha- can find anybody i can beat every- everybody i will beat everybody I think I'm also in the right spot uh, currently at my gym at uh, Jackson's. Yes. MMA in Albuquerque. You know, the way we um, analyze and, 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 and train for people is, um, yeah, it just works for me. It's like unknown any other gym that I've, uh, that I've had the pleasure to work with. So I've, I believe I can beat anybody. So whoever I put in front of me, if it's going to be Kane, if it's going to be anyone else, who else are the options? That's another question, right? Who else is yeah. out there which is available, who is not basically booked to fight anybody? So uh, you come in with Kane, I'm going to say bring him on. Hmm. All right. It could be. I mean, there's some options. That's the one that I like. Um, I know Travis Brown is out there. You have a history with him. But let's see what happens. They haven't talked to you about anyone. Or maybe you're just not telling me. No. No. They have not talked to me about anyone. Um, I thought that maybe you had had an immense amount of power because you were a free agent on a winning streak coming off a huge win over a former champion, JDS. I thought that it would be a package deal. I resign. I get a title shot right away. Did you try for that? Ariel, why do you try to? I, I, I experience this as negative. This is not negative. I don't know what you're doing. This is well deserved. I don't know what you're trying to do, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. You don't like it? I'm, I'm saying, I experience it as negative. Okay, well, I apologize. I, I, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm saying it's well deserved, and you had a lot of negotiation. I know you're power. not trying to be negative, but what you're doing, I experience that as, as yeah, I don't know. You're being a. Uh, <laughs> Salman Hawani is something. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, I am sorry for that. That wasn't my intention. I was just saying this is a real thing. You have the leverage. You 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 just knocked out JDS. That's all. I'm giving you a compliment. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Um, you're in Holland right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm in uh, in Holland. When do you decide? Uh, having some lonely time here. So are, are you on break? Like, how do you decide when you're going to be in Albuquerque? Is it just for your fight camp and then you go back to Holland? Because don't you also live in Miami? How do you split your time? 
Well, I um, I actually um, I'm a little bit everywhere. Yeah, I like to travel, but um, basically I always train, I always stay in shape. I'm at gyms everywhere where I do my work, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm training right now in uh, in in Holland, of course, because you got to keep up. Yeah. Oh, one second. I need to. One second. I need to. Uh, I need to hang up because there's some cops here. Oh. <laughs> And you're not allowed to phone while you're driving. And I was parked in a really wrong spot. They caught you? Oh, are they going to step out or what? Yeah. Yeah, I got I to gotta hang up. There's cops. Oh, I'm sorry. I have to work with them. Okay. Talk to you later. Okay, talk to you later. There he is, Alistair Overeem. Um, well, that was an abrupt ending. Alistair, where did you go? I don't understand why he thought I was being negative there. But at least we got to talk to him. I was actually giving him a lot of credit. He had a ton of leverage. Um, he was on a winning streak. He had won three in a row. Uh, not, not out of the uh, the realm of possibility to say, look, what you know, we're, we're we're resigning. Where am I at in the title picture? Where do I sit? But he is going to be fighting in Rotterdam, so that is exciting. May eighth, and it makes all the sense in the world. Uh, you wonder if he's also going to have. Uh, or if they're going to have Stefan Struve in that, on that card, another Dutchman. A few of them in the UFC, but none bigger than Alistair Overeem. All right. Should we try to call him back or no? What do you think, New York, Greg? I think we got to, you know, let him sit with the cops there. But I had more questions. I think, I think the legal, I think the law uh, supersedes. Can we call him in case. like 10 minutes? I just had like three more. Let's call, we'll call him in 10 minutes. We'll call him in 10 minutes. I'm okay. not expecting him to answer, but we'll, we'll, hope, we'll hope for the best. Did you, did you agree with him? Those weren't negative questions. Uh, no, it wasn't negative. Okay, because if you said they were, I was going to go there and slap you. All right, let's answer some questions. We don't Excuse have a lot of time. Me, There's a lot going on today. Wow, what a show, huh? I don't like the way... I, I, I need to say my proper goodbyes. I don't like the way that ended. I'm sorry, Ariel. The, uh, the cops... The cops. Why is your head cut off? What do you mean? It's it's a it's I like to see your full man bun. Yeah, excuse me. We need to have the full man bun. Yeah. Here. Alex, take care of this. Thank you. How about I haven't been monitoring monitoring it, but it seems like we had a nice stream today, right? A nice flowing stream. We always have a good stream. Strong. It was it was dense, it was yellow. Healthy. Yes, a healthy stream. Um okay. Well, it was uh It was a good I I actually feel bad. I hope he doesn't get a ticket. I may have to pay for this. Well, that's the thing. I mean, and I've been know, known to live up to my. Uh, you're already my down <laughs> one for him, so. Uh, okay, what do we got? Anderson Silva, and Michael Bisping, yes. pre-fight scrum kerfuffle. I love it's a the, great word. Uh, yeah, I love the I love the kerfuffle. title already. What did you make of the exchange of words between the two of them? Is Bisping trying to build the fight as he usually does, or do you think Silva's failed test has riled him up? Well, I think it's a bit of both. Michael Bisping is one of the best at promoting his fights. There's no doubt about that, and I think he is a little bit annoyed at. Uh, Anderson's past, the way he dealt with it, what he's saying now still. I thought it was great. You know what was interesting about that? That was caught. You could see that on our YouTube page. It was very clear that at first Anderson was like, oh, we're friends, we're friends. And then Bisping kept going. And then Bisping seemed to have struck a chord. And then Anderson was like, oh, I understand that this is your title fight. Like he kind of, he, he, he threw a shot his way. Did you notice that? I think that, the nice thing was 
an act to start. Like, I don't think he was actually trying to be nice. I don't think he was like, oh, we're friends. I think the we're friends was the opposite of what he was. He was trying to convey that we're not friends. Um, and we've seen this from him before. So uh, I don't think it was like a shift in him being, um, you know, friendly toward Bisbing and then not friendly. I think his intention was to uh, to do that from the start. But then he got a little more specific. Um, once Bisbing started getting into his dirt a he little tried bit, to he, hit him below the belt. Yeah. Which was fine. Fair game. Bisping L- was literally. coming at him. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> Bisping's tweets have been great. I'm looking forward. I don't know if I announced this, but we're going to be at that event. We're going to be covering that event. Uh, it's a fight pass, but it's, it's a biggie. It, this is like his unofficial title fight. So I'm looking forward to going to London. Last time I was there, UFC 120. That was not good. A, not according to Anderson. Well. The same as title fight. Sure. Um, Will Brooks. With, with it being clear that Will Brooks currently isn't happy in Bellator and claiming he's fighting out of uh, out his contract, do you think there's a chance we will see him fighting for the UFC in 2016? I actually reached out to Will Brooks on Friday uh, just to get clarification on his contract situation. It is an interesting time. Uh, I thought Michael Chandler's words were very strong last week. And since then, Michael Chandler, by the way, has uh, re-signed with Bellator. The latest that I'm hearing is that he is going to, uh, they're targeting him versus Josh Thompson in uh, May. So it's not Will Brooks. Um, From what I was told, he has uh, two fights left on his contract or there's like a time period they have to book him within x amount of months so we'll see what gets done i expect him to fight at least one more time um and they can get it done maybe the the time period will come that's kind of how beltor's contracts are a little different that was the case for michael chandler's contract as well so you know he's the champ and we'll see if they want to keep him i think they should keep him i don't like this practice of letting your champions go i think it was a mistake to let ben Askren go that was a different era that was the bjorn rebney era but i still think as big of a pain as uh, in the ass as they may be, champions need to stay because if they lose, if they lose them, if they leave for whatever reason, if you even release them, it devalues the title in my opinion. Because now it's like, what are we doing? You're 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 choosing entertainment relationships over the champ. In my opinion, has to stay. Now I don't like champions clauses forcing them to stay, but I do think as long as someone's the champion, you should not release them. Our buddy. Tomas or, or Thomas Bost on Twitter is saying, Alistair will probably get a fine. Phoning behind the wheel is roughly no. uh, 255 US or oh 230 God. euros. But so he said Ariel, he was you're, parked. You're, you're getting in deep with Alistair. Jesus. All right. Just what I need, right? He was already getting mad at me, and now <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for this. Kimbo and Dada 5000 and the security issues. Just how much of the security issues we've heard mentioned uh, from the promotion and how much of it is genuine concern? Is there a fine line for Bellator to balance promotional-wise uh, that may, in fact, encourage security problems? Thoughts well, on this? Well, I, I don't know if this is the line, but uh, I think it's a real thing. I mean, why would... I, look, Coker is a promoter. He's a showman in his own right. Sure, he may be making this into a big deal, but I have no doubt. I mean, you heard Kimbo on this show. Yeah, there is no love lost there, and no. he Kimbo, you know, a showman in his own right as well. I don't. I, I got the sense he was being very genuine. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they do the old Lennox Lewis Mike Tyson routine where they have the line in the middle of guys of security guards. That was amazing. Do you remember that? I or, do. Uh, they had the, the 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 two fighters Tyson Lewis in the ring in Memphis, and they had a line of security. It was incredible. So you know, if they do something like that, that is a spectacle. That's a nice vision. You know, it's. Makes it into, whoa, I can't wait till they get their hands on each other. Um, but I suspect everything. 
you have to remember if they get into a fight beforehand, that risks the actual payday. They seem smart enough as businessmen to understand not to, to ruin that. So I think we'll be okay. Venator, Barnot versus Mayhem. Is this a mistake by Mayhem in coming back to fighting? We all know the issues he has had, but he's facing a legit guy here. What are your thoughts on Mayhem's return? Well, you know, to me, there's a lot to unpack there with Mayhem. Um, it's, uh, it's unfortunate what's happened, and uh, I really, truly wish him the best. One of my favorite people in MMA back in the day. Um, obviously, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to watch. And, and that's just putting it mildly. Um, I'm hoping that this Venator deal can help him see the light, get back on track, give him something to shoot for, as we've talked about with some other fighters who sort of lost their way. The unfortunate thing is, is that Mayhem Miller is the perfect Scott Coker Bellator fighter. If Mayhem was just, you know, regular Mayhem, he would be in Bellator no ifs, ands, or buts. You know this. His background with MTV, his, his stardom, his star... Mayhem is perfect, and so you just wish he can get it together and 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 just you know just it's fine to be um, eccentric, but just be sort of the old mayhem and not you know get in trouble as as much as as he has been as of late. So hope maybe Venator can be that outlet. Um, last week was not a good week, right after the uh, the announcement, and so that was uh, disheartening. And then how about Venator's? I believe president coming out with that quote unquote press release where he rips on the press for the way they've handled and covered mayhem, completely ignoring his past. And also you're sending out a press release to the press to rip on the press. I mean, it got attention, so I guess it worked out. But uh, that was, as someone who works in PR, I mean, I guess it made sense because it got attention, but that's not, that's not the stance that you should take, right? I mean, you, I kind, you feel like an enabler then. I don't think anybody's tuning in additionally for that. It got attention, but it's, I don't know if anybody's going, well, that poorly written press release where, you know, he's calling out the media um, is going to make me tune in. That's yeah. not necessarily the end goal. So, yeah, it got attention, but uh, not good. Not, not a good uh, situation with that press I release. I hope as he begins to prepare if this fight actually happens... Um, well, I, I hope that he's able to, to, to get on track and, and figure things out and get the right people around him that are going to help him get back to the, the old Jason Miller that we all love. Should the UFC be having more creative fun with the Cowboy versus Cowboy promotion? There's a picture of, a, of two Cowboys uh, dueling here Yes, with pistols. High noon, Battle of the Hats. What do you think about that? Um, is this? Has there, have we seen enough cowboy versus cowboy? I mean, there hasn't been enough time to promote the fight. It just happened. I mean, they they booked it. I think it was February fourth, and here we are. I mean, it's just been eleven days, and you know they they've had all this stuff going on with um, that fight night show, and they had a break. Uh, it's it's you know there's 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 Bisping coming up against Anderson. There's one ninety six. It's probably not at the top of their priorities. It's still still you know it's an FS one on Sunday, and I expect it to get a good rating because those Sunday cards do well for for fox sports one um it does kind of feel like they booked this fight this is just me completely hypothesizing but because his nickname is cowboy right sure alex Oliver. <laughs> uh and i guess i'm okay with that uh short notice fight credit to donald cerrone for taking this fight the guy just fought for the belt and now he's fighting at 170 against a relatively unknown fighter um for the battle can we officially throw out the stipulation though that this is for the cowboy moniker of course like not. The, why not because the winner gets to stay no, cowboy this is old school memphis wrestling no because there's one still left out 
And it's the Dagestan Cowboy. I feel like he's dropped that. Nope. Okay. Well, okay, so... You can't take that title away from him. Okay, how about this? The loser just has to drop it, and then we move on to the next Cowboy fight. I'm I'm in for that. You can't call yourself Cowboy... Could you imagine if Cerrone actually agreed to this and dropped, <laughs> and he was just Donald Cerrone and had to walk around without the cowboy hat? That would be that would be jarring, at to the, say the least. At the end of this, there only will there will only be one there cowboy. only be one cowboy, and it would be the Dagestan cowboy. I know they can't do it because of the Reebok deal, but imagine if they come out in the Spurs and the Chaps and all that. <laughs> Reebok can get on that, yeah. Quick if they Reebok if they branded hustle. It would be fun if they. You know, they played into this. That's all I'll say. This is interesting. Speaking of Reebok and Cerrone. Yes. What is your opinion on the resolution of the Cerrone flag fiasco? He recently took responsibility and apologized because he had no other recourse. Uh, then there's a bit of commentary here. Yeah. Sure wish that the fighters have more power over their own careers. Well, again. But what do you think about the, the, the situation with the flag? It is important to note that the UFC is the one enforcing this rule. I mean, if, uh, Reebok is a part of the story because they're the ones who, you know, signed the deal. But it's. People have this idea that it's Reebok reps standing there and saying like, hey, you can't do that. It's The UFC has a team that does this. So that's that's first and foremost. Um, I do understand that they reached out to him after he was on the show and talked about it. So that is great news um, that they at least tried to reach out. And he is turning the positive, excuse me, the negative into a positive because he came out with that shirt. Ranger Up uh, made that shirt that he tweeted. I retweeted it last week. It's more than a cloth. I think that's what it says. And, and the proceeds are all going to uh to veterans so i mean cerrone is a class act and 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 i wish that he could i uh, we've said this countless times i wish there was more uniqueness to the uniforms personalization guys get to pick one thing just one thing that they could put still wear the uniform still wear the case still wear the colors just one thing that separates them um and you'd have to think for cerrone that that would be the case so i feel like this is going to evolve I know they're coming out with new ones that I'm told are way better than the current ones. What has been told to me many times over is that usually apparel companies have 18 months to really put together what they're going to release. And, you know, Reebok says they had seven months, eight months, something like that. And so they're now really starting to get into it from what I understand. We'll see what comes of it. But I wish that they allowed, the UFC allowed just one little piece of personalization that let the fighters, you know, have something that meant, you know, some little momentum, something you could put, I don't know, or even if it's a sponsor, just one, one that you can get. So uh, I I hope it evolves and it's unfortunate, but I'm glad to see that he, you know, turned the negative into a positive by teaming up with Ranger Up. This is a big font. Okay. Marlon Marias. Yeah. We just had him on. Yeah. Do you see him ever coming to the UFC? Yep. And how does he fare against the top 10? Well, the problem here is that he gets really he gets paid very well. I think his last fight was 70 and 70. I'm not sure if the UFC is going to offer him 70 and 70. I mean, we talked about what that was Sterling. The bantamweights, and especially one that isn't proven in the UFC, might not get 70 and 70. So he has to balance, you know, pay, competition, pay, spotlight, pay, platform. Uh, it sounds to me like he's now leaning towards the latter. You know, just the competition. He wants to maybe roll the dice and... He thinks he could be champion, and then he'll get the pay. But he's in an interesting spot because he gets paid very well. But I, 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 I sincerely believe that you're only as good as your opponents. And what I mean by that is you only get the amount of attention that your opponent garners as well. And the respect, if you're fighting guys who just aren't known, you're, it's not going to come. You're, just, you're almost in these lose-lose situations. Everyone's expecting you to win. And if you lose, it's just like, what the hell? You lost to that guy? So, tough spot, but he is getting paid well, and at the end of the day, isn't the whole point of this to just get paid? 
I think you touched on the two most uh, memorable ones um, earlier. But yeah. uh, rest in peace, Kevin Randleman. What are your yeah. favorite memories of the monster? I mean, to me, the 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 Mirko Krokop, uh, Kevin Randleman has knocked out Mirko Krokop. The Mauro yeah. Ronaldo call of of that finish and the upset, the slam was incredible. But to me, that that finish, I, I remember, I used to listen to Mauro's radio show when he was on the Fight Network, Fight Network Radio, uh, with the great John Pollock, and uh, that was part of the opens. And, and it was five days a week that show. It was a great show, fantastic show. It was an hour, but. Amazing interviews that just had high energy like Morrow always brings to the table. And that was a part of the Open. So every day I would listen to that. Um, I remember even listening to that show when I was not working in MMA in an office. That call was there. It was just that was the best of Morrow and obviously the best of Kevin as well. Um, so incredibly sad. A legend, a pioneer, all those words. As Phil said, they get thrown around. 100% they apply to Kevin Randleman. Horrible. You have one. It's it's that knockout, obviously. Yeah. Um, but the Randall Plex is oh tr- truly special. Like oh the as, the Fedor yeah as one moment yes it wasn't an entire fight but as one moment um, actually it was almost an entire fight. I mean Fedor didn't finish him that much uh, after, but that that's that suplex was bonkers. Um, it's 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 one of those things like the uh, the Rampage Arona Slam that just yes. you you never forget it. It's it's gonna live forever. Um, and uh, it's just it's just a feat of like MMA of human uh, uh, athleticism. Um, one, by the way, check your G chat. Okay. Uh, there are some great clips on YouTube of those guys backstage, the Hammer House guys, Randleman, uh, Coleman, Baroni. Uh, some some really amazing stuff. I mean, thank God we have YouTube. That if you weren't around back then or you want to relive those memories, uh, amazing stuff. He he really was. This sort of larger-than-life character. I'm happy we got to play one of those clips prior to the Haja Gracie fight, and, and and that was you know sort of the tail end of his career, not the heyday of the UFC or Pride. But uh, wow, he will be missed, and it was it was really beautiful to see the way the fighters reacted to him, reacted to his uh, to his passing, and, and and gave him tributes. A lot of them that I did not expect as well. Legends, youngsters, veterans. By the way, I still hear you. Um, I think your mic is open. There he is. Uh, yeah, uh, old-timers. Yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, MMA sometimes does not band together as much as it should, but it was it was beautiful to see them come together and pay tribute to uh, to a man who went away far too young. I believe 44 years young, uh, had pneumonia, and uh, just horrible, really horrible. So, again... Thoughts and and uh, our, our our well wishes to the family of the late Kevin Randleman. Um, so we are just about out of time, but it's like bothering me that I can't say properly uh, goodbye to Alistair. And he just tweeted that he got off. Okay, Alistair, are you there? I'm here, oh. law-abiding citizen, right here. <laughs> Alistair, I gotta say, the way that conversation ended. Uh, you know me. I'm so anxious. I'm so neurotic. It would have killed me inside if we ended it that. Like, I felt it just wasn't right. It didn't. I needed to get you back on. So I, I appreciate you coming back on. It would have. I would not have gone to sleep tonight. It would have killed me. So I'm ha- everything okay? That would have been. That would have been a bad omen on your uh, <laughs> on your from your side. Eh? If I were calling with you, and then that would have given me a ticket. Oh, I would have felt. Look at I, this. I. Yeah. I know you don't believe me, but I would have wrote you a check 
for as much as that ticket and probably then some for the inconvenience. Pass like the iPad, right? Listen, the past is the past, and we can go into the archives. The And, and, and look, we're, we're on our way. The deal was if you become UFC heavyweight champion, you get that iPad, and we are closer than ever. I feel, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like... The only reason why you re-sign with UFC is so that you can see me cash in on that and, and give you the iPad because you can't. It doesn't work if you're the Bellator champ or World Series of Fighting or any. It has to be UFC, and that's the main motivation. Am I right? You know what? <laughs> I rest my case. There you go. I mean, <laughs> I just stopped. But um, okay, so you had another, another couple more questions. Shoot. Yes. Okay. And no, I'm not going to tell you how many fights or how much fighters or you know, I'm not going to go in that direction. So I'm just letting you know in advance. No problem. I, I, I just want to know a couple more things, and then I'll let you go, okay? Um, do you have a plan now, now that it's all out of the way? One fight and you get the title shot. H- how do you feel it's going to go down? End of 2016, you're going to be champion finally. H- how do you envision it when you think about it? End of 2016, uh, I will be champion. That is uh, how I envision it. Um May 8th, whoever they put in front of me, I'm going to finish that person. And then it's going to be a title shot after that. I don't know when that's going to be. It could be could be after the summer. It could be at the end of the year. Um, yeah, I don't know who's going to have the title. Stipe or Verdum, both are great fighters. Uh, both are tough, tough as nails. Both are, you know, okay, one is a little bit more attack. Stipe, Verdum is a little bit more tricky. Um I, I feel I can have I can take them both on, take them both out. So whoever is going to be is going to be put in front of me now for May, we're going to go through him, and then end of the year it's either Verdum or Stipe. And I, I know uh, you know Lorenzo thinks very highly of you. Did you get involved in the talks at all, or did you leave that to your management? Why do you keep asking me these questions, man? Okay, oh, I know. Can't you just be happy for me? I am so happy Can't for you. Can't you just be like, hey, I'm happy. I am so happy. You know. Okay. Uh, I, I, I gave you a mazel tov. Do you know what mazel tov means on Twitter? You keep sneaking up these, all these questions and details in there, damn it. Okay, okay. Uh, what's it like in Albuquerque with BJ Penn? Did you get a chance to hang out with him? Oh, man, that guy is awesome. <laughs> he's positive energy. He's funny. He's... You know, I, I, I've known him from Japan. Yes. Uh, and this is like, I don't know, 13 years ago. I think we both fought for uh, Inaki Bombier. I think he fought Machida. Um, that guy's been in so many different weight classes. Yes. But, um, yeah, it was just very positive to see him again. He fits in the, in the, in the team and the crew uh, excellently. Positive vibes. And, um, yeah, just a very nice guy. I mean, yeah, I, I, I didn't know him that well before. Just like, hey, hey, how you going? And that's it. But now I'm spending more time. I mean, he's actually sitting a couple rooms from, from me in my hotel. Oh. And, uh, yeah, we hang out. We, we play FIFA sometimes. Oh. I beat him, of course. Um, and uh, they have invited me to do some uh, yoga stuff, so I'm going to be doing that when I get back there. But he's, he's an awesome dude, and his crew is awesome, too. Has he played Frisbee with you yet? Uh, he has, but that. Um, that time I didn't play. Oh, all right. Uh, when do you go back to Albuquerque? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Should be uh, within soon. Okay. Within ASAP. You like it there? It's not Holland. It's not Miami, but you, you feel good there. 
I feel great there. I mean, and look at my results. My results have sure. been happy, great. And, uh, you know, I'm like I said, I'm 35. Results is what matters. Yep. So I, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I feel, you know, the team is great. Albuquerque, there's not much to do, but it's very good to stay focused. And, uh, yeah, Greg Jackson is, uh, together with Mike Wingdrum, is a, is a great team as coaches. Okay, two last things for you, and then we'll let you go. And, again, thank you so much, and I'm so happy for you. Congratulations on this. I feel like I'm at peace now knowing that you've signed a nice contract. Um, by the way, in that pic- And I didn't get tickets. You didn't get a ticket. Most important. Um, in that picture that you tweeted of you signing the contract, there's like a little baby on the side. Who is that? Who's that baby? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so <laughs> that's actually a very funny story. Okay. So um, my best friend, who is uh, actually a part of my management team, huge part of my management team, he's basically leading uh, the whole thing. He um, always, when a fan comes up to me, and that's how you can take a picture. He's kind of like always photo bombing that picture, always <laughs> in the most funny, horrendous ways. And uh, <laughs> for that picture, he had his. It was not himself photo bombing, but it was his lovely little baby girl. Oh, she's six months old, and she is photo bombing instead of him. <laughs> I like it. It's yeah, great. It's uh, another inside humor joke. I'm actually gonna gonna add that to my Instagram post because I didn't uh, explain that story. Yes, but it's, it's yeah, it's funny. <laughs> it's just you sitting there, and then there's a baby right next to you that doesn't look like it's your baby. Uh, clearly, um, but but I like it. It's uh, it's nice to know that because everyone was asking who's that baby. Who, I don't know if you looked at the comments, but a lot of questions about the baby. By the way, is the Reem coming out again? The 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 series because I saw Elder in uh, in Orlando. When's the next one? Well, we have some plans with the documentary, uh, but um, the next one should be within a couple of weeks, actually. Oh, okay. Very excited to uh, to keep that going, and uh, yeah, we have some plans with the, with the documentary. Okay. So, um, and and one one final thing, I know you mentioned him on on Twitter. Um, do you have any memory? We had Phil Baroni on uh, earlier to talk about Kevin Randleman, and I know you you were part of Pride together. Any memories that stick out? Did you ever talk to him? Did you ever share a moment with him? Um, it's oh all... yeah, yeah. That was that was very sad to hear about uh, Kevin. Yeah, it's very sad, and you know that's one of the realizations that uh, that I'm um, having a lot lately. You know, growing up, because you start to sport, you're young, you know, 15, 17, 19, 20, 20. You always have the have the feeling that the, everything is in front of you, but uh, yeah, recently I realized that you know we're all mortal. Time is precious. Um, you know, I'm, I'm 35. You know, you, we're probably going to see a lot more people who we uh, care about, who we love, uh, uh, pass. It's very sad. And, you know, it's, it's a part of life. And it just makes you remember you got to make the most out of now and pressure the times, times of today and, and the loved ones you have today. Mm. Um, with me and Kevin, yeah, it was, it was, uh, he was a great guy. Very positive, very optimistic. Um, you know, you had the feeling if you have an issue or you had a problem or you wanted to talk, you could always reach him. I mean, uh, lately I was not in touch with him a lot, but sure. always during the Pride days, he was very, very positive, very, yeah. You know, just a great guy. Hard worker, you know, had some, had some, had former champion, had great moments in Pride. Uh, you know, the knock on against Crow Cup was uh, was uh, was amazing. Everybody already fought yeah. that he would be an easy walkover, and then he came. So yeah, 
Yeah, it, it, you know, it's a shock. It's a shock to um, to see fighters like that pass. Fighters who at one point were invincible, and then all of a sudden you read it like, hey, shit, what's that? Right. Yeah, yeah, it's, and it's also going to be a little bit sad because, um, <clears throat> you know, I was, I was, I, I remember him from the Pride Days. I've not been too close to him lately. But, for example, there's so much news coming out, you know, in two years, it's just going to be another thing of the past. Yeah. So that's how fast that goes. That's a little bit sad, I think. Absolutely. You know, I had a little bit the same with the Ultimate Warrior. I, he was like my big time idol. And um, yeah, all of a sudden they're not there anymore. And I always, you know, with some people who always had the thing like, oh, that's a person I wanted to meet and take a picture with. And then it's like, yeah, you don't have that possibility anymore. And then before you know it, it's already old news. You know, that's, that's a little bit sad. And that's why I know it's a very small thing, but I hope he gets the uh, you know the respect that he deserves forever by being inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame. And if there's ever a real Hall of Fame, which I think it's long overdue, I hope that they put him in there as one of the first because he is a pioneer, in my opinion, of uh, of mixed martial arts. So thank you for for sharing those those thoughts, Alistair. I really appreciate it. I'll let you go because I know it's late over there. Thank you very much for coming back. Honestly, it would have killed me inside if that's how we said goodbye. But uh, I know you don't believe it. I'm very happy for you, and I really appreciate you coming on to uh, to talk about this. This is an honor for us. So, again, congratulations on the new deal. I look forward to May 8th, and it is always a pleasure to hear your voice, my friend. Yes. Thank you very much, and, uh, yeah, we'll be, we'll be seeing each other uh, around. Okay. You know it. Great. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, Ariel. I'll talk hey, to you thanks, soon. Man. And, uh, yeah. Congratulations. Okay, Alistair Overeem. Great to hear from him. Congrats to him. Congrats to Aljamain Sterling on their new deals back in the UFC. All right. We have run out of time. New York Rick, any final words? We've got a few more questions, bro. Oh, okay. Well, I thought we were out of time. No, 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 no. Okay. Okay. Wow. Um, Times have changed. No, we got a lot. Okay. Uh, let, we'll, we'll see how many we, we can cram in okay, before me, 5 o'clock. Okay. Let me run through this. Quickly, Fight Pass is clear UFC is making a push in promoting Fight Pass this year with bigger prelims fights, big fights like Silva Bisping, and now the addition of Glory and EBI, which is great. What are your thoughts on the recent advances that Fight Pass has made, and how do you see the product evolving over the next couple of years? Well, how about Eric Winter? Eric Winter, who we've talked about on this program before, the UFC signed him from Yahoo Sports, This man, and it's not a one-man show, you know that. Our good pal Ant Evans doing great things over there. And there are a lot of unsung heroes, but quickly, Fight Pass has become a real powerhouse here. I mean, now they're going out of the MMA space. Now that's on the table as well. Glory, Eddie Bravo. There's more to come, as I reported. This is uh, this is exciting. I think this is great. I mean, now we're getting what we thought we were getting from the beginning. It's not just you know six or so, you know. Uh, overseas events that are pretty thin some prelims we're getting legit cards here we're getting a legit um combat sports cards not just mixed martial arts and i understand that there's going to be a bit of a a a redesign if you will it's all very exciting so yeah i think i think it's great and and i tweet someone asked me what is the glory super fight series someone asked me about that and i said it's the prelims and then ann evans got all upset at me he's like oh there's gonna be two title fights it's not prelims but let's just call it what it was it it was the prelims up until this point it was the undercard and and glory does a fantastic job of separating the two giving it a nice name like the super fight series because then they can go out and shop it to the cbs's of the world to now, um, to now, uh, UFC Fight Pass, and now you remember when they were getting all that crap for leaving Spike? 
Well, now they're on the ESPN platform, and now they're on Fight Pass, and they're going to get that push. Things are looking pretty interesting for Glory, and I, I, I think that they're starting to figure things out. Now, now explain to me this, mm-hmm. all right? Two things. Yep. The first one is February 26th, right? That's Joe right. Schilling on that card. Um, part of this deal was that the K1 library would be included. Correct. K1 now coming out saying they don't have the rights to our library. What the hell is going on here? Yeah, as as far as that's concerned, you know, Glory's understanding is is that they're very confident that the library um, stands on its own. They own it. There's there's no debate. Um, okay. So that's that's. So they are going to get the K1 library because that's a big part of this as well. It's in process. UFC is uploading it as we speak. And in in uh, was it next next month? There are going to be two title fights. That's right. There's going to be two title fights on uh, the Super Fight series. So as you said, I mean, they sep- it's not unlike the UFC, in fact, in the sense that um, you know the UFC has fights on FS1 and then they have it on pay-per-view. It's very much a similar model where um, they'll build a card. And you know, like we've seen Uriah Faber headlining FS1 portions of uh, UFC cards before they go on pay-per-view um, and others, um, then that's a separate product. Um, that the UFC is now going to be carrying live. So Joe Schilling's fighting on February 26th coming up. Uh, that'll be the first one. Then in March, there will be two title fights on that, as well as a title fight. Rico Verhoeven is going to be fighting on the ESPN portion of that same card. Yeah, that is big. It's. I mean, as, f- as far as Fight Pass's overall uh, properties and just the idea, like I don't know if when we started thinking about Fight Pass, we had conceived that they m- would even go outside of MMA. It's brilliant. Um, I love but it. It's, the the idea that they could be the combat sports hub for like all these libraries is pretty impressive. Fight no, Pass has done some amazing things. And, and not only that, I mean, you're getting Bisping Silva on Fight Pass. Yeah. This is no commercial for Fight Pass. They don't sponsor us. Bisping Silva on Fight Pass. Um, the the uh, the the page uh, Rose card was fantastic, and that was all on Fight Pass. Um, and now they're starting to do this thing where they're having, you know, they're actually like putting. Fights that should be or were historically on FS1, like Crookshank against um, Crookshank against Paul Felder, very recently, they're they're putting big fights there on the quote unquote fight pass prelims. The the huge Mike Jackson versus Mickey Gall fight, stop from it. last week, tremendous. Stop it. Um, but yes, I mean, and you know, I I feel like fans are still not appreciating what they have with fight pass yet, but hopefully, you know, this can go a long way. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we're going to go over to Twitter questions. Let's let's try and hit these rapid fire. Bisping gets the number one contender spot if he beats Silva. Yes or no? Has to be. Yes. Okay. It wasn't touched on, but what are your thoughts on CM Punk picking you up off your feet last okay, Saturday? Well, this is this so is, ridiculous. This has gotten a lot of attention. This is, I mean, really? Are we really? Are we really believing this? I mean, look. This this reminds me of that interview I did with Dominic Cruz that we played before his title fight. Remember the interview where I was like, hey, Dominic, you're walking around. You don't have a torn ACL. Remember that? And he looked at me and like... he gave you the death glare. Yes, and I will kill you right here. Well, you know, the guy had a herniated disc, but he could still walk around. He could still do things. Uh, I, I'm rather svelte. So, like, for, for him, he could pick me up with one hand. Um, so, A, to all those people blaming me for the injury, or A, or B, the people who are saying that he was a moron for picking me up, it had nothing to do with the injury. It didn't make it worse. It didn't cause an injury. It didn't do anything. Um, I mean, it's just a non-story. It's, uh, you know, a, as he called it, a bump in the road. It's the same injury that, that Kane uh, that, that Kane had, the same surgery that Kane had. 
and and he maintains that he will fight in 2016. I'm not going to call him a liar. And, and I think I, I was pretty taken aback by the reaction to the injury and the surgery last week when we reported it. I mean, the vitriol that went his way was mind-blowing. And a lot of people, including his Twitter handle, in. So they wanted to send him that. Uh, I have a feeling he saw of that, and I actually think that it did the, the opposite. I, I think he's pretty motivated now. So we'll see what happens. I also don't think it had anything to do with seeing Mickey Gall in person. The guy's just, you know, he's he's up there. He's close to 40. He's a pro wrestler. And, and, and hopefully maybe, as King Mo very astutely pointed out, and this is a man who knows, being a pro wrestler is no joke. Uh, they put their body through hell. And in your in your late 30s, you're going to be banged up. And, you know, it's unfortunate that he couldn't have started this this journey earlier. I say more power to him. Hopefully he could get relatively healthy and fight this year. There's, there's, there's going to come a time where we're going to stop saying that people are scared uh, as oh, professional God. cage fighters. At this Ho- point, Hopefully yeah. that, that day is soon, but there will be a day, and, and I'm waiting for it. I don't know if that's ever going to happen because this whole thing is built on like alpha males, this man better than this man. And if someone pulls out for whatever reason, he's scared. John Lineker is scared. I bet that's being said yeah, I'm somewhere. Sure, I'm sure John Lineker is, is yeah. terrified. But, with the, his but when you right think now. about it, it's like that's why people hate the CM Punk thing because MMA is so alpha male that it's like how dare this fake pro wrestler but guy come like into our world i feel like he's an alpha male I, I think it's it's a different kind of no, thing no but that's him. why people have this reaction to the news because it's so like puff my chest out i'm the tough guy in the room and this guy's a fake pro wrestler and he doesn't belong here and all that and that's why people feel so like they, they get uncomfortable at the thought of a pro wrestler walking in there and actually fighting in the ufc and oh maybe having success it's like this this is no 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 no, no. i can't handle this it's like you didn't see an I know this is on a completely different level. Please do not say that I'm comparing it. It's completely different. Like, if if the same happened where Kevin Hart, right? Kevin Hart Uh-oh. did a three. Here listen to me. Kevin Hart did a three point contest. You didn't see Larry Bird coming up. Being, How dare he get in on an NBA court and do the three point contest? It's not the same. I know it's not mm-hmm. the same. It's but they're like the the, the 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 sanctimony stuff is like, oh, how dare he? He didn't take anyone's job. In fact, he added two jobs. Mickey Gall would not be in the UFC now. Mike Jackson, of course, is probably gone at this point, but he would not ever. He added two jobs. He's not taking anyone's spot. I can assure you Luke Rockhold is pissed that he's not fighting at 199 because that would have bumped the pay-per-view buys up. Let's call it what it is. It's one fight out I'm, of 1,000. I'm firmly in the camp of CM Punk should do whatever he wants. I, I don't agree with the people who, who are you know bashing him. But that analogy was piss poor. No, if, see, that's what I just put, said. I just said don't compare. I, well, I'm then don't saying, make the analogy. No, no, no. If we put Kevin just, Hart in the actual three-point shooting contest, there no, would be is, people complaining. But the point is that these fans – but it's it's totally different because in the three-point contest, there are eight slots. Okay, I'm sorry that I brought it up, but you get my point. In, in NBA, they're, 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 they're comfortable with who they are. In other sports, they're comfortable with who they are. And, and let's not forget – that mixed martial arts, as it is known today, Ultimate Fighting, NHB, was sort of built on this. Sure. Right? I mean, Ken Shamrock is fighting Hoist Gracie, for God's sakes. That It was kind of built on all that way back then in 1993 and beyond. I don't think I don't think there's much logic in the people that— Muhammad Ali, Antonio Inoki, it was built on that. So, yeah, times have changed, I know. But it's not going to change. This is not the fall of the UFC. It's yeah. not the rise of the UFC. It's just—it's it, what it is. And I want to repeat what I said on the MMA beat— the UFC signed CM Punk in December of 2014 at the tail end of maybe their worst year ever, financially and, and, and luck-wise. Would they do the same in December of 2015 after their best year ever? 
is CM Punk or was CM Punk a product of the times? You know what I mean? Bellator is sure. making a little run. They need something. They're getting worried about 2015. Is our luck going to come back? Do they do it? I don't know. It's a question that will never be answered because we can't go back in time. But you have to look at the landscape. You have to look at where the UFC was back in December of 2014. A much different time, a different spot than they're in today. Hey, Eric, this is definitely not something I can answer, but maybe you can. Can you and Ariel discuss where to watch In the Clinch? This person missed episode one. Where where can they find it to, to well, catch up? I, I actually tweeted a whole bunch of replay times. I don't know. Uh, I think those are gone. But uh, you know, most most cable networks they have a search function, and you can just search for the the. Um, let me see. I have it right here. The last one was January twenty eighth on my little sheet. I will ask. I will let you know, and uh, I, will, it, I will get the word out there. It would be on Fox Sports one or two. It would be on Fox Sports one or two, and uh, you can hopefully search. And they, they tend to replay, and that's why it's called an evergreen show, so that they can they can play it whenever, and it's not tied to a certain time frame. We don't talk about anything happening in the moment. And uh, hopefully, sooner rather than later, we'll have some new episodes, so you don't have to just look out for that one. But yes, Fox Sports 1 or 2, and I would assume at some point, once it has run its course, they'll put it online, but I don't think that time is now, because they want people to watch the show on TV. The time is not now. Time is not now. Our last question from our yes. friend Brandon Gibson. Oh. You brought up the NBA. Yes. Now let's go there. Oh. Best dunk of the dunk contest. I am still buzzing over that. My favorite non-MMA, non-MMA, MMA, get all, uh, everyone getting all up uh, in my grill when I said it was my favorite. My favorite non-MMA sporting weekend of the year is All-Star Saturday Night. And it kind of reminds me of when the UFC put uh, a card after UFC 189 on the Sunday. Like the game is actually sort of the afterthought. To me, it's all about Saturday night. I love Saturday night. When I was a kid, I used to have parties. Everyone would come to my house. I would print out the the, the field, whether it's the three-point contest, the dunk contest, later on the skills challenge, the rookie, all that, and we would pick our winners, MVP, all that. I love it. And this one, this was the best All-Star Saturday night. And in 1988 is the other one because of Larry Bird beating Dale Ellis and having the finger up as he walked away with the three-point. And Didn't of course, Kevin Hart compete in that one? No. He was just like four. But uh, Michael Jordan... And Dominique Wilkins, what, see, Dominique Wilkins and Michael Jordan in 1988 can't compare it to Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine, even though the dunks this time around were more spectacular because that was two all-stars and two future Hall of Famers. Like, we knew they were going to be tremendous, but they were, they were all-stars. Gordon and Levine aren't all-stars right now. So there was something a little more special about these two legends at the time. And, of course, we're looking in hindsight, but it was, it was Jordan and Anique. It was unbelievable. But this time, with Carl Towns winning the skills, that was fantastic. And all the big men jumping on him and celebrating. And then Clay Thompson beating his teammate Stephen Curry. And it went into overtime. That was great. Uh, James Harden screwed up, by the way. He put the money ball rag on the third when you only have 30 seconds in overtime. What the hell are you doing, James Harden? And then you have Aaron Gordon, who was robbed. He was robbed. You agree with that, right? Don't, don't say robbed. no. He was robbed. 48-47, Aaron Gordon. The judges screwed him. 100. So what's the best dunk? Okay, to me, the best after all that. Uh, Gordon had the three best. Gordon yeah. had the three best. The, the, the one, I have maybe watched it a million times, the one of the mascot twirling on the, what is it called, the funky duck? Uh, hoverboard. I don't like when people call it a hoverboard because it doesn't hover. I think it's actually called a funky duck. I had no idea that there was a funky duck, but yes. I've called it a hoverboard. So the one, the mascot twirling, because you have to actually appreciate it. And by the way, small, subtle thing about Aaron Gordon, 
Did you notice after most of his dunks, he was actually trying to explain to us what he did because it was all happening so fast? Oh, that's like part the of it. That's that's brilliant. I love that. Um, that guy is great. I didn't really know much about him. I went to a Magic game in December, and I don't even think he played. Anyways, um, the one where he's twirling because he has to time it and grab it with one hand and catch it as the guy's twirling. And just the visual of the mascot, that one was tremendous. Wrong. Wrong answer. Under the legs. Under the legs is number Fantastic. one. Fantastic. How does he not win off that? And, he, and, and by the way, even... Uh, this one, the one behind the his back, he touches his name and then brings it down. That was Harold Miner-esque, 1993. Baby Jordan. 1993 Harold Miner and 2000 Vince Carter up until this point was my favorite. And still 93, I loved Harold Miner. I loved them. My goal in life was to get every single Harold Miner rookie card. They, they're now worth like 10 cents combined, but I got every single Harold Miner rookie. I love them for some reason. Anyway, uh, that was tremendous. And even the one where Peyton uh, shot it off the, the side of the net, the backboard, sure. and he caught it, Zach Levine kept going back to the well. It was the same thing now, over and over it's again. It's one hell of a well to go back it to. It was one Jumping hell. from the free throw line b- between the legs. But kept going back. And then even his first dunk was great, but it was like kind of the same as last year. I'm with you. So I, Gordon deserved to but, win. But the under-the-legs dunk is, is bonkers. That was, that was the one. Incredible. Good for him. I hope they do a rematch next year. The dunk contest is back. Kenny Smith every year <laughs> says the dunk contest is back. <laughs> now it's finally back. Um, it was beautiful. I loved it. Big All-Star Saturday night. Uh... And now we had a big MMA hour, and now it's we're time back. To, uh, the to MMA go. hour is back. We never we are left, back. <laughs> as Alistair Overeem said. We it never is left. back. Wow, beautiful. All right, we are done. Let's go home. Uh, what a show! You can hit my music. Woo! What a relief this is. I have been terrorizing everyone here at Vox Media uh, for the past week, saying we need to get this stream back on point, and we are back. Now watch something happen next week. But for now, it's good. Two in-studio guests. That's the thing. Every time I feel like I let you down, I try to make up for it. Two in-studio guests. One announcement. Alistair Overeem almost gets arrested. Phil Baroni. What more can you ask for? So I hope if you head off today, whether you're celebrating Family Day, whether you're celebrating President's Day, whether you're celebrating Islander Day, whether you're celebrating Luis Real Day, Nova Scotia Heritage Day, or just Monday. I hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you very much to Aljamain Sterling. Congratulations to him on his new contract. Thank you very much to the great Damian Mai for stopping by. What a pleasure it was to learn more about him, his background. Really enjoyed that interview. Thank you very much to the great Phil Baroni for coming on. Not the best of times, but I really appreciate him joining us today for a few minutes. All the best to Chris Holdsworth. And good luck to him this weekend. Hopefully, Cody Garbrandt gets a fight against someone he wants to fight. All the best to Marlon Moraes on Saturday. It's Bellator on Friday. It's World Series of Fighting on Saturday. UFC on Sunday. What a weekend. After one weekend off, we now get three. The three big dogs. And, of course, thank you very much to the great Alistair Overeem. Congratulations to him on his brand new UFC contract. That is it for us. Back next week, same time and place. Happy birthday to my son. Love you. Until then, I say peace. Somebody out.